Okay, that sounds good. Cause that way you can sing your song. Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia. You could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Oh, Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling. Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling. Everybody, it is Saturday night, October the eighth, year two thousand sixteen. You know, I don't know how many other co-hosts in America has at least three songs with her name stamped on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, who do you know who has that? Uh, of course, <laughs> it, 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 it's the adorable one here. Who else would have three? Not one, not two, but three songs. You know, I mean, we, yes. Walden has a city in, or has a town in Essex in England. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, well, I I mean, I I, I have a bookstore. We said you have a bookstore. I told you that last week, and you forgot. Well, I mean, I'm getting old, you know that, but we (laughs) probably... (laughs) Oh, you're no longer a little whippersnapper, but you're right, we've got Walden's books. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're still even open, I don't even know if we even still have Walden Books. Oh dear. We still have Walden. Okay. We still have Walden Pond. Look it up. <laughs> 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 I 
Now, does Patricia have a pawn? I don't know if Patricia has a pawn. I have a pawn. <laughs> I don't know. Patricia's puddle. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, Patricia puddle versus Walden pawn. What? What? You know, we, we, you know, what can I say? Well, the past tense is used here. Walden Books was an American shopping mall-based bookstore, which is really sad. I have not been in a mall in heaven only knows how much time. Only only when Barbara comes to visit you is when you go to a mall. (laughs) Yes. That's about the only time. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> you know, I sh- that's not really true. I slept through stores with her. And yeah, but 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 but, it, but she's in the he she's in the shopping hall of fame, isn't she? Boy, if she isn't, she ought to be. <laughs> How do we nominate people? We don't have any any system. Wait a minute. Like wait a minute. Writer for the hall. Wait a minute. I got it. Uh-oh. Someday when someday when we get a mobile app. We'll create, <laughs> we'll create a shopping hall of fame, and we'll nominate Barbara to be one in the first flag of shoppers to be inducted into the shopping hall of fame. What do you think? Maybe, maybe we could make her president or chief poobah of the thing. <laughs> what do you think? I love it. She, she, she could have this, a shoppers union, a shoppers union. <laughs> Yes, she could. Yes, she could. Uh. They're building a Publix in the the town where she lives, and it's right across from Walmart. Mm -hmm. I have said so many times, if something happens to her shopping ability in Walmart, their stock is going to tank. Uh (laughs) She's there three or four times a week. But they also have a very large grocery section, and Publix, the supermarket that we have here, is expanding. It's only in the southeast. And they are going to draw people who are accustomed to customer service or prefer customer service over two or three cents a pound on the meat. It is just a wonderful place. So what am I going to do with her shopping? Gee whiz. She's not going to be in Walmart. Well, at least not for food. She'll be there for everything else. Yeah. Never mind Walmart. You're safe. Couple interesting things. My my mom, <clears throat> she liked the brows, whatever that really means. You know what I mean? I mean for years. And my mom thought was she, for for a woman, shopping is sort of like inexpensive therapy. You know, so could mom could. <laughs> <laughs> We may have to revisit the inexpensive part, but I agree with the therapy. And the way my mom does it, and I bet that she's not the only one, everybody. She used to bring home stuff. I mean, she knew what having living with three boys uh, were not the most patient people standing around in stores, you know? That's just not Mm -hmm. our DNA. And so Mm -hmm. she would go shopping, and then she would bring home stuff for us to try on. And then if it, whatever didn't, then she could take it all back. So that's generally the way she looked at it, you know, inexpensive therapy. That, that, was, that was a triple mission. She got to shop. Mm-hmm. You guys got to stay home. Right. And she got to go back to the store Sorry. whenever she wanted. That is true. Triple therapy on one dice roll. Woohoo. Anyway, the, uh, <laughs> anyway, the other uh, 
thing I'm noticing, especially out here in California, they're building, out in the valley, they're building brand new, a bunch of new shopping malls. Really? But, Ooh. but, it's really most of, most of the places now are not stores anymore. They're restaurants and things. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's getting tougher, I guess, for them to find uh, the traditional brick and mortar to be able to be stores in, in brand new shopping malls. So we'll see what the trend looks like over the next few years, everybody. So. Yeah, and I think the big box stores have just gobbled up every opportunity for the smaller retailers mm-hmm. by this time. So really we'll sad. see. Yeah. We'll see. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll have an anti-revolution. Okay, or else maybe we can stand up for the okay, oil. Or, yeah, or else we'll stand up for the little guy, you know? Yeah. It'll be our mission. Yes. We, we are for the little guy. I wonder if we ever will see a reversal of the big box trend. I think, that, I think you will. I hope so. Yeah. We have so many absolutely charming downtowns that for the most part, are abandoned. They've got secondhand mm-hmm. stores and um, the kinds of things that you did not expect 20 or 30 years ago in a downtown. And if they were refurbished and revitalized, what a wonderful experience that would be. Well, that will be... And many pat- of them are. That will be Patricia's new mission. Yeah, well, they're, they're working very hard yeah. to reestablish, revitalize, and resurrect downtowns, mm-hmm. especially the ones that have charming histories. But boy, are they up against it with places like Lowe's and Home Depot and Walmart. And well, I know I can, s- I know I can certainly say like Omaha, and I imagine that it's not the, they're not the only one. They are converting a lot of old office buildings into apartment complex. Mm-hmm. So that way, people who could love the idea, not driving to every place, are right there. Hear that? Yes. We'll see yeah. what kind of concept how that um, works whichever, out. Whichever turns the dollar more quickly. Mm-hmm. I guess you can get, and and you really can in the apartments. The yep. situation. <laughs> yeah. I looked at an article the other day before I went up to renew my lease, and it said rental. Prices soaring in Southwest Florida. <laughs> I thought this cannot be happening to me. Where am I going to go? Live in the woods. I need the woods. We need the woods. Go live with the alligators. Okay, if you have indeed, a, if if you indeed, have my rent my rent did soar. If you mm-hmm. have if you have a wood that's very inexpensive, uh, email Patricia at floridawriterhotmail dot com. She's interested and, in buying a wood. If it, with, if it comes with a treehouse, I'll pay premium. <laughs> Doesn't even need running water. Just a brook. I'll go down and drink a brook, in the brook. Yeah, yeah. A really, a really nice. Has to have plenty of trees. Okay, why else you would you not call a forest without a forest? So, uh-huh. if you have and no raccoons, no raccoons. Yeah, no raccoons. Mm-mm. So, if you have a forest available, uh, email Patricia. <laughs> Need a little corner. That's I don't true. need the whole forest. Just a little corner. Okay, call and corner. hope that somebody's not going to show up with a chainsaw. Good grief! Even our forests are going down. Anyway, well, I have. Oh, do you have stuff? I do have stuff, but you should do your stuff first because I got plenty of stuff to do, and this, my stuff can be spread through our opening segment. So, show down. 
Okay. I don't know what I said, but that's okay. I think I figured it out. Uh-huh. Okay, I have a theme for tonight. Good. That was generated by, I think it was a Sam Spade. I was listening to stuff this week, and when I find the people like Pat Novak and Sam Spade, I stop there and say, okay, we have to listen to that one. And it occurred to me that we have words and expressions that we no longer hear. We understand what they are. And the term that came up was bedclothes. We always call them blankets, sheets, something. But bedclothes is a phrase I have not heard in a very long time. I, I've never re- meant, uh, never recall ever never hearing heard it. it. Yeah. You never heard it. Well, it refers to all of the bedding. Wow. And, and bedding is, is used, contem- yes. is a contemporary term. Right. But bed clothes, that means sheets and blankets and pillows and pillowcases and whatever. And they mm-hmm. said the bed clothes were all messed up, meaning that's where the murder took place, I guess. I don't mm. know. And it struck me that we must have many others that were common and we know what they mean, but we don't use them anymore. So that's my theme for tonight. What kinds of words and expressions do we no longer hear? Or, I have an alternative. Stupid expressions. <laughs> like, like in it, for a very short, for a few short years. Well, do we have a few long years? <laughs> it, it, it just, and an untimely death. That one has always rattled my cage. I do not know what a timely death is. So, Very stupid good. expressions mm-hmm. or words and expressions we no longer hear. So that's our theme for tonight. And it was prompted by Sam Spade. Is now the time to talk about spam? Sam? Yes. Spam. 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 Sort of. Oh, I, I, thought you, I thought you were doing Sam Spade. I was going to do your impersonation of Sam Spade. <laughs> no, no, no. Spam. Not Sam. <laughs> Spam the stuff that comes in a can. The, the can. The can. The can and the ham the spam, tastes like Spam, which is Spam, eat by Sam. There you go. My goodness, are we going to have a long night? Yes, yeah, Okay. Spam. <laughs> I, I get Dan. <laughs> spam from Dan. <laughs> yeah, this is great. Dan in Indiana was keeping track of the hurricane here, and I'm on the opposite coast, so we got zero while the poor East Coast is still cleaning up the mess that the storm left in its wake. He asked about Spam. Did anyone ever eat Spam? And I said, yes, I tried it about a year ago for the first time, and it's a pretty good product and especially nice because it stays almost forever in the closet or in the cupboard. So if you run out of something and you need a quick snack, you've got Spam. You open it up, cut it up. It's a soft ham product. And we got to talking about why so many of our troops came home after World War II and said, if I ever hear the word Spam, I'm going to run away from home. They, it, it, it was just awful. And we were talking about why that was so. And my guess was that they had so much of it to eat over there that even if it was a good product, if it were a good product, if it was a good product, I'll have to talk to Celeste about that. (laughs) If it were a good product and it tasted good, there's just so much of this stuff you can eat. 
So I found out how much actually got shipped over to feed the troops during World War II, and it was 50,000 tons wow. of this stuff in 12-ounce cans. 50,000 tons. It comes in 12-and-a-half-ounce cans today. I don't know how it was packaged then. But I'm looking at this number and hoping that maybe the Yanks shared it with the Brits. What do you think? Oh, yeah. yeah I bet oh, yeah, you're apt so. to. I, yeah. I hope so, because the, 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 the Brits could not get any kind of food at all. Something like this would have been considered thousands of dollars worth of a gift to get a can of Spam because it was a meat product and they had none in, in the in the civilian groups. Right. I don't know how they how they fed their military groups. But anyway, that's what I found out about Spam. 50,000 tons. And I am doing my part to buy it occasionally when it's on sale. And um, it's pretty good stuff. So that's my ad for Spam. So instead of Maxwell House, maybe we could get the Hormel people which is the company that produces Spam. Maybe we could get the Hormel people as uh, our sponsor. You think they're throwing a, ban a can of chili? I mean, Hormel makes pretty good chili. Do they? Oh, yeah. And they, and they make hash, too, don't they? Is that hash as well, Hormel hash? I never thought about that, but you're right. They do sell hash in a can, don't they? Yeah, and it's good. Oh. I don't Everything has salt in it. <laughs> if, you, if you may not have salt or you must limit your salt, ignore this conversation. Yeah. Chewy. Well, the scary, okay. the scary thing about the salt thing I read one time a few years ago, I heard on the radio, mm -hmm. that traditionally most of your cereals have more salt, mm -hmm. have more salt than potato chip do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all hidden, and it's all there to enhance taste wow. that isn't there to begin with. Really crazy stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. So after after you get finished, I've got Winnie the Pooh Good. and Burma Shave and some useless but fun and stuff for Celeste. I hope she calls in tonight. How are your phones? Are your phones working? No. We're still at the same thing last year. We have more more equipment did it come this week. But <laughs> but we um we ordered, it cost $63, but we ordered two Radio Shack mixers on eBay. And so Bill and Jerry, are, are, I'm going to ask them to work to, once the other one comes. That way, just in case one of the new mixers are not working, we can just go to the other. Make, try to mm -hmm. save it for one trip. So we're waiting for one more mixer to show up. So we have one mixer. We have the cords here. So we're ready. So tonight, the way it's going to be... You'll have to call 714-545-2071. That's our traditional number. And I will answer this off the air while Patricia does a, a, a gig, you know. <laughs> and, and I will get your phone number. I don't do well by myself. Kim Bragg felt the same way, too. I, you, 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 you ladies are very talented. You could do this very easily. We need guys to pick on. I guess so. Two. Yeah, so, I see you when you're not there. So, so. You're all asleep. And, you know. So when you, so you give me my your phone number. You give your phone number to me, and I will call you back on Skype. And that's why how we're gonna carry the conversations tonight. So, 
So, Patricia... You have to be part of this adventure. Yes. So, please call in. When, but I have the phone off the hook at the moment, figuring mm -hmm. I wanted... I wanted time alone with Patricia. You know. Mm. <laughs> okay. Everybody knows it, too. Yeah. Okay. I think I'll over... Who, who we had... Who we recorded some of the guests this week. And some of the future guests. And stuff like that there. I thought it would be fun to get to hear a little update. What we've been doing this week. Um, on Monday... Larry and I got the chance to interview Paige Perry, Hal Perry's son, and we'll run this on Friday, November the 4th. It's an hour-long, wonderful conversation uh, about Dan, and we're talking in great detail about uh, the business side of craft food, what happened to his dad after the radio days, what, how, how his dad was at home. A lot of intimate, personal stuff that you and just fun stories, and and so that will be. For example, I mentioned it to, I think on the year with Patricia that uh, Paige was telling us that his dad in 1949 was making 6,500 a week. <laughs> That's pretty good money, right, Patricia? Oh, oh my little heart! Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> 6,500 a week. But because of taxes, he didn't wasn't able to keep most of it. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, the business side, and this was built, this was a building up over a four year period when they finally had the breakup. Um, so we will uh, be a, you'll find out stuff and how it's affected the show. Then once Patricia goes to bed or else she reads her book, we're going to run the interview that. We had on Monday that I had with Joe Syracuse, who is Spike, who was Spike Jones' drummer. He's only 94. On Sunday, he played the harmonica at church. On Wednesday, he the comedy relief at at the Jewish retirement home. On Tuesday and Friday, he he is the assistant dance instructor, and he likes to make noises. So what do you expect? You know, the drummer in Spike Jones' band. It's still up at Adam. Played for Spike for six years, so that will be later tonight. Run thirty-five minutes. On Wednesday, Larry and I got a chance to interview Camille Quinn, the singer on the Archie Godfrey show, who's leaving for Iowa next week. Age ninety-one is still performing. Oh, I love it. She's her website, CarmelQuinn.net. C-A-R-M-E-L-Q-U-I-N-N dot com. And she basically just sings Irish songs. And she's Irish? She's Irish, yeah. 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 So that will be heard on Sunday, November the 6th. Last night, we had Bill Owens on, and we didn't know until we had Bill. Bill has a brand new book out, his 10th book. And he and a co-author, Frank Buston, were the first one to write the first book on old-time radio back in 1964. And I think uh, he, he was telling us last night, um, he found out when the big broadcast was success, because the, the, the morning after Frank was, Buxton was on the Johnny Carson show, they went down to the New York bookstores, and they were just 
they could keep it on the shelf. And then the following day, he said the very proper, very, very uh, British bookkeeper would say, Mr. Owen, I just thought you would like to know that Miss Dorothy Lamore came by to pick up your book. So he knew he was big when Dorothy Lamore bought the big broadcast. So that's, that's how come he... So Bill has a brand new book out, and he is selling it to you directly from him. It's $7.95. So if you like his address, email me at waldenshoes at yesterdayusa.com, and I will send you Bill's address. And you can, uh, and it's basically a list of the top 10. The top 10 radio announcers, the top 10 authors of all time, the top 10. It's sort of a top 10 list that Bill, 10th book is all about. Tomorrow, Milt Washington will be with us. And Milt got a new show. Of course, most people know him as the owner of the Magic Castle. Monday, Betty Johnson, the senior of the Breakfast Club. Larry and I will record that. And then on Futures, um, Friday, this Friday, October the 14th, Richard William, one of the Quake kids. He's considered the most well-rounded of the Quake kids. He was our ambassador to China during the Tiananmen Square incident. We'll we'll run his interview on the 14th. On the 21st, Bob Rothton, the uh, organist for the Lawrence Welk Orchestra for nine years. On the 28th, Harry Langdon Jr., who is 81, still working today. He just wrote a book on his dad, the, the famous film comedian of the 30s. And then I just got a note uh, here the last 24 hours. I'm looking forward to this. Ron DeFord is agreed to come on. Ron is the son of Don DeFord. So if you're a fan of the Ozzy and Harriet TV show. You remember Thornberry, the next door neighbor? That was Don DeFord. And so uh, his son will be on with us. And one of the things they did, they, they ran a barbecue stand at Disneyland. Not. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Boy, oh boy, you talk about a departure from <laughs> mainstream here. Wow. So, well, what's fun. Yeah. yeah. Those are some of the stuff we have coming up. So. With that, I'll put the phone on the hook. You can call me while Patricia do her stuff. Our number to call me is 714-545-2071. Now, here's Winnie the Pooh's best friend, Patricia. (laughs) It is Winnie the Pooh's best friend, yes. And allow me to mention, there is a series, Pooh's Little Instruction Books, that were inspired by... Milna and Winnie the Pooh. So some of the really fun stuff that we talk about, fun stuff, that'll make Dave in Rhode Island feel good about that one. (laughs) This is fun stuff, Dave. It is from the little instruction book, Pooh's little instruction book, and that's what this one is for or from. And Pooh said, when looking at your two paws, as soon as you've decided which one is the right one, you can be sure that the other one is left. Ah. Like oh, I that. can tell you're really excited. I about like that. that. I like that. <laughs> when you disappear and I hear, oh, <laughs> I think maybe I should have made a better. No, job. that was a good. One. I really like that. I could have my microphone down just in case the phone rang. Oh, all 
right. Well, that's good because you sound good to me. Yes, when you decide which one is the right paw, you can be pretty sure that the other one is your left paw. And then, of course, we had Spam. Mm -hmm. And we have Useless But Fun is the cement and concrete question. I asked you the other day, what is the difference between concrete and cement? Do you remember the answer? You don't even remember that you have a town named after you in Essex. Well, anyway, I, remember, I, I, I remember the question, and I remember my first answer. I think you like it. was? They're both spelled differently. Mm-hmm. You know, you giggled the last time. You didn't giggle this time around when I said that at my answer. No, I just rolled my eyes. Oh. <laughs> I said he's, just, he's still at it. <laughs> yes, they are spelled differently. This is true. What is the difference between the substances? Cement and concrete. Con well, I think cement <laughs> is a compound. No, no, concrete is a compound. Cement is the one element. Um, that is absolutely correct. Cement is the chalky substance. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called gypsum, and it's the kind of stuff that your your chalk on a on a blackboard is made out of. And that is part of the mixture that creates concrete. The other parts are gravel or sand, plus water. Hooray for our side! Oh, very nice. Very good. May I ask a question? <laughs> May I ask a question? Oh dear. No, I'm. I I get to ask the questions. I don't. I don't like coming up with answers. What What is the question? What gave you the encouragement and the what about you to look up c cement and concrete in the first place? Well, I knew it because when I was teaching a creative writing class, there was an engineer in there, and I used the term cement. And he said, no, you mean concrete. And he was the one I learned this from. Ah. And then I found the word cement used incorrectly in something that I read the other day. It wasn't Nero Wolf. We cannot blame that on <laughs> Nero Wolf. And that's, that's when I put this together and said, oh, maybe, maybe other people besides me <laughs> didn't know that cement and concrete are not interchangeable. Cement is an ingredient in concrete. And I learned that from one of my students. And I thought that was pretty cool. Very nice. The end. So you want your Burma shave? And then a request. Oh, Celeste, you have to call in tonight. I've got a backlog of stuff here for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and we have we have to talk about this stuff. Okay. <gasps> Around the curve, lickety split. Beautiful car, wasn't it? Burma shave. Ah. Very poetic. I miss... I think we should have a resurrection of Burma Shave. When they're redoing the charming downtowns of communities and little cities, mm -hmm. we ought to re resurrect the Burma Shave signs too. Yeah, whatever happened to those things? Are they they are they put in some storage unit somewhere? You know, maybe uh, we just take them all out. What do you think? I don't think so. Oh, is Burma Shave even still made? Look it up. I don't know. <laughs> but I know Barbersaw is, because I'm hearing radio commercial for Barbersaw. Really? Yeah. Let's see. Burma Shave. Burma Shave. Well, $12.99. Yep. You certainly do. Oh, no. It says, was an American brand of brushless shaving. 
Burma shave, Burma shave. Where are the Burma shave signs? Somebody else was interested in that as well. It, it doesn't look like we have Burma shave anymore. Most people, yes, there's a great sentence. Most people of today's generation have not even heard of Burma shave. Ask anyone who lived from the 1920s to the early 1960s. Well, excuse me. Anyone who has lived from the 1920s to the 1960s, we have not had anybody on the show who was born in 1920. Have we? All right. Well, well that was Dave. He's going to call us back. Oh, gee. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have I have been had. But anyway, so we don't have Dave yet. Well, that will be a future call here down in a little while. That when will he... be a future call. It yeah. looks like Burma Shave has bitten the proverbial dust. We do not have vermishave anymore. And the signs, they must be worth a fortune. They must be worth a fortune. They went the way of Lady Bird Johnson. Well, part of the beautification. Yeah. Well, so, I guess don't be a little, but I guess probably was part of the whole time period, that'd be my guess. Yeah, she took down many of the billboards mm -hmm. and road signs and things that were stuck in the ground and uh, it we, we lost part of Americana we, I realized that we have things in return we have very pretty roadways and lovely landscaping but things like Burma shave were part of the American culture culture are you over there with Dave? Not yet. So I'm just sitting okay. here. I am. <laughs> I didn't hear you breathing. No. <laughs> Your ears are so good. All right. Well, um, I have. Oh, please, Celeste, call in because I also want to know. Now, you've got a drummer. Tell me his name again, please, who played with Artie Shaw. Uh, for Spike Jones. Spike Jones. Oh, yeah. excuse me. Yeah. Joe. As soon as I said Artie Shaw, I knew I was wrong. Yeah. Joe. That's spelled yeah. J-O-E. Mm-hmm. Syracusa. Syracusa. Yeah. Okay. I should remember that. It sounds like Syracuse, New York. Syracusa. Okay. Now, we know how he wound up with Spike Jones. I want to ask Celeste, in the industry, when her husband was really at the apex of the drummer group, I mean, he was, he was really hot. And I want to know how drummers were auditioned and how they were chosen for a band and how they were they chosen for individual gigs or trips. Or so I want to know about drummers, and Celeste is the one to let us know. All right, we got Dave. So let me let me hang up on you and call you right back, Patricia. We'll get Dave first, then oh, you. Oh, we have to do that. I routine. know. I know. Okay. All right. Jaws Professional Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg, Edit. Alt Tab, Skype Trademark, Left Bracket 34 Tab, Agua Tab, Walden Tab, Search Edit Tab, See Up Tab, Call Mobiles and Ship Tab, See Update Ship Tab, Search Edit, Active Favorite, Dan from Fred from Mike, Ron Ma Martin, Ed Clute, Patricia from Bill Bragg, Enter, Bill Bragg, and Call Button.
Alright, everybody, stand by. We're gonna call Dave next. And get that figured out. Alt tab, Skype trade tab, Audio tab, Walden Hill tab, Search edit tab, See updates from your tab, Call mobiles and left space, Call phone 401, Dave uh -huh. Kane, Other plus 61149. 65. Okay, can't buy. 04. 67 plus 14s, Enter plus 1 tab, Clear tab, Call button tab, Write SMS button tab, Add Skype credit link. Shift tab, right SM, shift tab, call button. Tab, right SM, shift tab, call button. Shift tab, clear phone, shift tab, enter number edit, plus 1401965 tab, clear phone tab, call button, tab, right SM tab, add Skype credit tab, get another tab, view my tab, see all right tab, connection tab, enter number tab, clear phone tab, call button. Alt page down, menu bar, Skype. Put on gold music. Alt tab, leaving menu bar, call button. Someone who kissed me and held me closely. Then stole my heart Wanted Someone I trusted Who gave no warning We'd ever part She was last seen Hiding out in someone's arms He knew nothing Of the danger in her charms a jury may find her guilty, but I'd forgive her if I could see a signed confession that she's repented and really wanted no one but me. Someone who kissed me and held me close. All right. Do do I ha I have Patricia? Dave, are you there? I guess not. Hold on, Patricia. Okay. <laughs> Let me call you back, Patricia. I, I was trying. I was going to try and shortcut. Ah. kissed me and held me closely, then stole my heart, wanted 
someone I trusted Who gave no warning We'd ever part She was last seen Hiding out in someone's arms He knew nothing Of the danger in her charms A jury May find her guilty But I'd forgive her If I could see A signed confession That she's repented and really wanted no one but me. Someone who kissed me and held me closely, then stole my heart. I was going to be smart, and I think, boy, I always got Dave's cell phone in my contact list, but that didn't work. I had to go back to the old way and just type it in. Hi, Dave. Peekaboo. It's only me. Is this going to be a fun show? I have no idea. I just joined you guys. I just uh, got off stage about a half hour, about an hour ago, actually. Oh, and, and uh, I mentioned uh, your name just two minutes before Walden said, Dave is on the phone. And, oh, did you? Well, you're not supposed yes, to be talking. I, did. I about thought you were <laughs> responding to my misuse of a word. No, I would, no, I would never criticize that. Are you kidding well, me? Well, not, not necessarily criticize, but certainly highlight it. Well, what, what was the word? The word was fun in an inappropriate place. Fun in an inappropriate have, place? Such as we're going to have fun stuff tonight. Oh, or, I see. That, yeah, yeah, you know, not stuff that <laughs> will be fun, but fun stuff. And I remember you know what, that was... You know, hmm? you know what would get, what gets me, uh, my attention with things like that, speaking like that? When people, when someone's name ends in an S and they add the ES on top of it, like Jesus's house, mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of just elongating the S, the Jesus However, house, you know. Yeah. The, associ- the Associated Press. Um, well, so like my last name, my last name is. For the Associated Press manual says if you can say it. Correctly, but uh, you know, and it's an easy one to to say. You can add the apostrophe s okay. on the end of it. Yeah, but my last name is spelled E S. So what? What the Hughes's go? How do we do it, Patricia? <laughs> As Hughes's go, no, yours would be stuck with Hughes. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, well, that's what that's James what I'm talking James about, though. Is that Hughes's? Yeah. Yeah, the word the the name James would be one. You can say James's car. James house. James's, James's yeah. house. That one's easy. But when you get to Jesus's, no, that that's not it. But according to the Associated Press manual, as long as you can say it easily, you can use it. 
Now, doesn't that shoot you down? But what the hell do they know? I know. I agree. They know nothing. What do they know? Yeah, the Chicago Manual of Style is even worse. I threw that one out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'm, listen, I, I, I don't mean to be jumping ugly here. I just it just drives me crazy when I hear people well, use that uses as you know, like they use as yeah. That's that's a good example, Walden. Yeah, well, when you when you when you said es, then I always I got thinking about my name. But you know, it's so funny when we get sales call. It's how many people now have no no idea how to pronounce shoes. When Howard Hughes was alive, really? when Howard Hughes was alive, no problem. <laughs> Everybody knew how to pronounce shoes, but I can't tell you how many times shoes get butchered from a sale call. They just they have no idea how to pronounce it when they see it. Well, well what they what do you hear? What do they say? Shoeses or hugginses? Mostly hugginses. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's pretty hard. Well, Kane is your is your professional name, but it's pretty hard to mess that one up. Kane is my real name. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what is she? Huh? I can I can tell fibbers from a long distance. (laughs) Well, no. No, no, I used to have the name of a famous person. I changed my name. My my name used to be Helen Hayes. But <laughs> she kicked up a storm, didn't she? <laughs> no, no, no. Dave Dave Kane is my name. Okay. I mean Kane Kane is my real last name. Okay. What did you think? I'm not going to say. You can say. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't say because I disremember it. Oh, okay. You like that one? Alrighty. Is that a good word? Dave sure. is, by the way, our our son DJ from Rhode Island, and he lets me come out and play on his show once in a while. And yeah, you haven't been on in a while. Star. It's about time you came back. Do you know I came across? I think it was the first one we did. You've never come across for me. <laughs> <laughs> around Sorry. the newspapers this week, haven't you? I know, I know. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> I came across a recording. It must have come in from Larry or Walden because I don't have recording capabilities. And I listened to our show, and we had a really good time. Well, erase that. I had a really good time. I don't know if you did. You mean in, in the show you did with me, you mean? Uh-huh. The, first, the first one. Oh, yeah. The first one. When, yeah, you, yeah, when yeah. you only had it on for an hour. Back in the yeah, early yeah. days. Longer than an hour. Well, that first one. Yeah, I had to run for, I had to run I for a while. Yeah. Well, the second one you did for three I hours. You to go home. The first one was only an hour because you only had a two-hour show back in those days. Just, That's just right. Seemed, That's right. Yeah. It just seemed like two hours. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like two hours. <laughs> for poor Dave, it just seemed like two hours. But anyway, well, you, we talked you, about a Well, you're going to come back, we, though. Yeah, you better come back and do it again. We've got to do it again. That's, I'd I love to have you anytime. I'll knock on no, your you... door. Dave, can I come out and play Let again? Absolutely. Let me know anytime you want. It, it, it was really right fun. Up. I had a good well, time. I had a good time. I, I oh, had fun, too. Oh, I okay. Can I, I, can I, I, I'll, you, have, you should both have your calendar up. I can figure out one. You can figure out one what? 
when when he can be on your show. Well, you you tell me. I'm uh, April no, I'm a- April April. Please tell me. April twenty second, two thousand seventeen. I know, but we. No, we do something. We do something We do something around Christmas, maybe. That's true, but I'm just saying that's when I'm up. That's when I'm up in Seattle, because that's when the last time Patricia was with you, when I was up in Seattle. Oh, okay. So the next time I'm in Seattle. An anniversary show. That's right. You know. I've been keeping. I've been keeping her from going from going crazy. Right withdrawal. Right, Patricia. Oh, yeah. I got you let you be on I let you be on the radio that weekend so you wouldn't look yeah, through girl and not being very on. Nice I remember do that. He was so considerate. He said, We don't well, want I, you ill. Would you <laughs> would you be my guest? Exactly right. And I will make you ill. Want you well. <laughs> oh, he didn't say that. He was very gracious and we did have a good time. Yeah. I we covered a lot we covered a lot of you. stuff too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did we did cover a lot of good stuff too. Or or our, our Pacific Pioneer broadcasters next month are going to honor a friend of yours, Dave. Who's that? Reese's Philbin. You know, I'm I'm interviewing him next week. Do you, are you? Yeah. I know you've been working on it. Through. Okay, finally. Good. I've been, oh, what a pain in the neck. Yeah, he, <laughs> was, he didn't have anything going on in it, but he's coming oh, to Providence. Okay. I was, was, he's coming to Providence. It was amazing that the, the publicity on the Pacific Pioneer Broadcasters website has said they count, they figured out for the last few years he's been on network TV it averaged out to one hour a day for over the few years. He's in the Guinness Book of Records for the most television time. Yep. Wow. Television FaceTime. Yes, he is. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, because he did local TV and regional TV and and, and cable TV, and and uh, and of course, you know his his shows just terrific. And um, and I told you my Regis Philbin story, Walden. Well, tell and, it to the audience, just in case they forgot. <laughs> this is kind of a fun story. Yeah. And I think Patricia will appreciate this. Um, I um, I was first of all, I had I had I had interviewed him twice. He had a cable show before he had Regis and Kathy Lee. He was on, uh, I think it was USA Network, um, and he had a cable show. And I called him, and we, I interviewed him with his new cable show. And at that time, they were getting a new set. And so he and I hit it off right away. And so I told him I didn't know if I, I hadn't approved the new set, and I wanted to see it. <laughs> so he said, well, I'll send you a tape of the new set, and you'll let me know. So he sent me a tape of the new set, and then he called me on the air, and we had a whole conversation about that. So then I left that station as usual, and then a couple of years later I was going to interview him again. And the night before I was going to do the interview, I got fired from the radio station. (laughs) So I called the number I had for Regis because I was going to, you know, dump the interview, and I called him, and it happened to be his, his own number. It was his number, and I called him, and I told him, listen, I can't do the interview because, you know, I could bounce. So he said, well, listen, when you get a job, you know, call me. We'll do it again. And the next day, he was on Regis and Kathy Lee. And he said, you know, he said, yesterday I was supposed to, today I was supposed to do an interview with Dave Kane, my friend in Providence. He said, but Dave got fired. <laughs> and the whole audience went, oh, yeah. 
And he was on with his wife, Joy, then. He said, well, Dave, he said, whatever. He said, when you get, you know, settled, you get another job, you call me and we'll do the interview. And that was, I thought that was nice of him to do that, you know. So close, go to black. Several years later, I met back in Providence at PRO. And I said, oh, I haven't called Legion. So I called his girl Friday or whatever. And we and I tell her I want to do the interview, and she calls me back the next day. She says, "Well, first of all, Regis says he remembers you. He said, and he oh, wants to do the interview. Yeah, he said he wants to do the interview. He said, but she said, but he's just going to go into doing this pilot that they want him to do for this game show thing. He doesn't think it's going to last more than 13 weeks, so they're going to shoot it like in about four weeks. He said, and after that, we'll set up the interview and, and we'll do the interview." Well, the game show turned out to be Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And he ran it for like a year and a half, or two years. Yeah. And then I never talked to him again. And this next time I talk to him next week will be the first time we spoke since that time. Wow. Oh, hold on to so, your job. This is great. You're finally getting together. And finally, yeah, we're having a reunion. Oh, my goodness. This is like yeah. a love story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was a very, he's a very nice guy. He really is. I'm so glad, and he yeah. sounds like a very pleasant person just from the way you're talking yeah. about him. Yeah, he is. He's very nice. It was nice of him to mention me on the uh, the next day. I thought that was cool. And he I, could have ignored I it completely. Station, I hope the station that tanked you was listening. Oh yeah, but they, that's no big thing. I mean, I've, I've been fired so many times. It's, it's part of the <laughs> part of the program. That's nothing. <laughs> Who, okay, that's a great. That's that's a great question. Well, who? What was the nicest firing you ever had? Well, um, I think the nicest firing. Well, I've been fired very nicely several times. Okay, okay. I had one guy call me and call me into the office and sat down with me and said, "Dave, it was just him and I. He was the owner and me." And he said, "He said everybody that works at WICE, raise your hand." I raised my hand. He said, "Put your hand down." Oh no. <laughs> Um, another nice. time. What were the other ones yeah. like? Well, at the end of my show, I always play Groucho Marx. Hello, I must be going. Mm -hmm. That's my closing theme. Uh -huh. And I had an owner that called me in on a Friday afternoon after my show and sat down and looked at me and he said, hello. I said, I must be going. He said, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good grief. Um, oh, you're, and, you're uh, so... Yeah. You're such a good sport about this stuff. I'd still well, be in the corner somewhere. No, 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 no. Your first hello is the beginning of your last goodbye. You know, I mean, it's part of the job to get bounced. I mean, in this business, that's the way it works. Somebody comes in and somebody's cousin needs a job, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's nothing. It doesn't, it's never the end. The trouble is that so many people have been brought up in the real world where you get a job and you stay there for 20 years and you work hard and you get promoted, you know, that's yeah. not broadcast. That's well, you not know, broadcast. I, I, you're right. I'm looking at this from a different perspective. Freelance is good stuff. No contract, <laughs> no boss, no. <laughs> you do a job, they're happy, they come back, say, would you do this for me now? And yeah. that works great. It's not a permanent relationship. I mean, my clients who stay with, I've been with one for, geez, 15 years at least. And so you develop those relationships, but it's a come and go. It's not like you go to work every day and you 
to these people and you're but, reporting uh, to a boss. Yeah, but so I think it's a whole different animal. But I think typical America now that's that's not really the long term job anymore per se, anyway, almost in all fields. Yeah, you're right. You know. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And what I used to do is I would just wait for the guy who fired me to get fired. And then I'd go back and work for the new guy. I love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it happened more times. Oh, sure. Are you kidding me? I've been, I've been fired at least three times from at least five different stations. Oh, sure. Three times different. per station times five? Oh, sure. Easy. Yeah, oh, my yeah, yeah. Gosh. Okay, I so. I worked at this radio station that I'm at now. I've mm-hmm. worked it there. I've worked there four times. So what do you do, play musical? M- musical? Yes, yeah, musical personality. That's about it. Yeah, so what, what's it? You, you, go, you get dumped from one, so you go back to the one that is the longest away from you? <laughs> <laughs> you well, not necessarily it? because, well, listen, stations change hands. They change ownership. Of they course. change management. Yeah. They change format. And... Uh, Somebody who, you know, comes in from out of town and just can't stand what I do on the air, I'm gone, you know. Somebody else comes in from out of town and thinks, boy, this guy's terrific in the eye, isn't he? Who knows, you know. Okay, so what was it like, what was it like the first time you kicked upstairs and you were on the other table running the station? Was was that a weird feeling for you? Um... Well, it was it was a fun feeling for me because I knew how they felt. So I knew how to get the most out of them. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I did was the ownership. I, my, my deal with the, when I ran WARA, which was my favorite time, um, I said to them the deal was that I ran the station, period. If he had a problem, he'd come to me, and I, we, he and I would bang it out, but he wouldn't interfere. Uh, when he had had enough, he could fire me. But until that time, I ran the station. So he'd call me and complain and gripe about this person, that person. And I would not tell the person that I got that call. I would figure a way to, you know, talk to them and make a Mm -hmm. suggestion. But I would never allow them to feel threatened or, or because as soon as you did that, they would second guess everything they were going to do on the air and they wouldn't be spontaneous anymore. So I never, I made it, made sure that they didn't pay a price for making a mistake. They would be asked to change it for the Can next I come time. Can work for you, please? <laughs> and I would just say to the people, you know, well, here's what you did. And usually, especially on talk radio, you know, it would hit the fan and people would be screaming and yelling or whatever it was. And I'd say, well, you've learned never to do that again, right? <laughs> so let's move on, you know. Yeah. Let, let it go, you know. Yeah. And and it also helped that I was the manager and people couldn't call me because most of their complaints were about me anyway. <laughs> was it hard off for the first time you had to let somebody go? Um, the only time, the only time I let somebody go, it was my fault. Mm. Um... I had had, this This sounds weird, I'll make this a short, I was in a very severe car accident in, in uh, 88, and I, uh, a guy climbed into my butt doing 105 miles an hour on 95, and I was out of work for like three months, 
and I had had a closed head injury and didn't realize it. Oh, and it wasn't diagnosed until several months later. Oh my god. In the meantime in the meantime I had personality problems. I was sure. you know, I was angry, I was and uh, one of the people that worked for me kicked me off and I practically tossed him down the stairs. I said, Get out, you're done through okay. And maybe three or four years later I found him. I saw him and I apologized to him. Because in the meantime, I had been diagnosed and straightened it up. But that's the only time wow. I really found somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, any other time, usually it was just, a, listen, we're going to make a change and, you know, give them some time to find a little something and then move on, you know. But that was the only time that I really, and I was a jerk about it. I was, I was wrong. You weren't a jerk about it. You were sick. Yeah, well, and, and of course we didn't. And then when I realized later, of course, we became good friends. That guy and I. And as a matter of fact, yeah. I had my on the air a couple of times, yeah. and, uh, and I recommended him for people who have asked me about stuff. So, but it, it, it's uh, it's a different position, you know. Yeah, I want to take a right turn here. Okay. Oh, thank you for the permission. When you first got on. I think you said you were performing tonight, and you got home and you called us. Is that correct? Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Would you give our listeners a little bit of information about Father Misgivings and what you do and where you were tonight? I will. Um, Thank you. Tonight, I did, however, I did the game show tonight. I do Good. I do another yeah. show called Just for Fun. It's a game show, uh-huh. and I bring people up on uh, I bring people up and we play little games, and we give them a chance to win some prizes. It's all fun. It's a lot of laughs. We have a great time, and it, it's just a fun night. Just a fun night. Uh, but Father Misgivings is the other show that I do, and it is an evening with an Irish Catholic priest, Father Patrick Yellow, which is Misgivings, and Father Misgivings is an old Irish priest. He has bingos. But he calls the numbers out of Latin, so the Protestants can't win. Um, there's a collection, a raffle, a bingo game. It's lots of fun, very respectful to the church. And I've been doing it for about 20 years. And um, I do it all over New England. And so I have a great time. So, And when I get off the air, I'm driving home. When I get off stage, rather, I'm driving home. And I'm thinking to myself, can I get home in time to hear Patricia's theme song? Can I, get, can I make it home in time? And I didn't tonight. I was so poor. But, Aww, um, and so, so I tried nice to get it this Saturday night. And I called Walden. I called Walden coming home one night, right? I called Walden just to say I was on my way, but I wasn't going to make it in time. But I'd be listening. That's so cool. Thank you. What gave you the idea? What idea? I know how you, the father was created, but what gave you the idea to make him a stage show? I was down my I was down my beach beach house one night one afternoon, and I picked up the Providence Journal, and there was a big ad for nonsense at the Providence Feedback, <laughs> and I said, "Wait a minute, there's there was nonsense." There was uh, um, late night catechism. There was Sister Angelica who explains it all, but there were no priests. 
nobody had ever done a priest show. And I had done this character, as you know, all the night Father Misgiving started on radio. I was producing a radio show for a, a friend of mine, and he wasn't getting any calls. So I called in on one of the lines as an Irish priest, just ad-libbing, kidding around, and it, it built quite a following on the air. And so that day I said, geez, you know, maybe this could be a dinner theater. And my friend Charlie Hall, who had the Ocean State Follies, which is a, it's like the, you know, like the Senate steps, you know, the the Washington. Right. Um, is that the Senate steps? Is that what it is? Anyway, um, you know, they're, they're a parody. Capital troop. steps, yeah. And so, tr- what is it? Capital steps, isn't it? Capital steps, capital steps. And um, and so Charlie Hall did one in Rhode Island called Ocean Sea Follies, which was very similar. Anyway, he helped me put the first dinner theater together. <clears throat> and while we, it was funny because I had decided to do it with talking about it. And while I'm in Charlie, Charlie's place, and the phone rings, and it's a local restaurant that Charlie has done business with. And he, he said, you know, we're looking for a show maybe for the Christmas time. Well, we have you. Have you got anything else? And Charlie said, yeah, I've got a brand-new show, Peaches an Irish Priest. He said, and, we, and so he booked the show for three shows at this restaurant, and we hadn't even written the show yet. <laughs> well, enough said, like... are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. And so we had to write the show in time to do the three shows at, at Christmas time. So how do you... And how... Our, well, I just want... The horrible part of it was I did stand-up for years. When you do stand-up, if you're dying, you can say, well, my time's up. Thanks very much for being with me. Goodbye, right? But in a dinner theater, they're coming to see you for an hour change, and you can't just stop and walk away. So if you're dying, you're dying for an hour change. And that was the most frightening part to me. That was my question. How do you write... That show out for dinner. You you actually write. You just block this this concept, this concept, this concept, and just rely on your ability to ad lib. Or did you write all the dialogue out the first time around? No, no, no. Yeah, I wrote it all. I wrote all dialogue. I wrote it. It's all. It's all. It's scripted. It's completely scripted. But within the script, there are uh, opportunities or openings for people to be messed around with. You know, uh, mm-hmm. I bring a guy up on I bring a guy up on stage to do the collection. You know, and so whatever yeah. he decided what that guy does or how he responds, or any trouble that he decides if he wants to be famous, so then I'll ad lib on that, or I'll ad lib on something else. But basically, it's it's a dinner theater show. It's scripted. It's got yeah. an open and a middle and a close and a, yeah. and you know. With some flexibility yeah. in there. Okay, so what happened? Yeah, yeah, right. What happened when you come across somebody who really know how to handle the laugh and you know, almost can go with you what toe to toe? You let them on the, you leave them on the stage a little longer, or how do you? Oh how? yeah, I, no, I let them. I let them. I absolutely. Mm-hmm. I don't care if, there, if there's a laugh in the room. I don't care who gets it. So so I let them. If, if they're funny, they can go. Okay. You know, I let them go ahead. Oh, absolutely. I'm no, I'm not. Uh, but the, I can only. But the only thing is, I, I I can only go so far because it's scripted and it's there's a storyline, so to speak. Yeah. You know, there's 
you know, you can't get too far from where I was because i got to bring mm-hmm. them back. So I let them play a little bit, and then I move on. Um, and Robin Givings character, when I first did it, if I was going to add something, there were like three steps. Because first I decided I wanted to ad-lib, then I decided what the ad-lib had to be. But then I had to think of how Father Misgivings would do it. You know, I was limited in my language. I was limited in what he might say. So I had to do it as the character, and I had to think about it. Now, after all these years, I don't have to think about it. I know exactly what he would say and how he would say it, and it comes out a lot faster. So do you have one basis, after 20 years, you still have the one basic script, or have you created different versions of it over 20 years? It's been slightly modified over the 20 years, but only because there might have been one or two places where it wasn't worth the walk to the punchline. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I have a piece of that, okay, I can take this piece out of the desert and it's not really worth the walk, you know. Um, and I have taken, uh, to get serious for a moment, I have taken out any references to altar boys. Oh, yeah. Um, just even, I, yeah. I, had, I had a line in there that had nothing to do with any problem. It was just a line about young, young yeah. men. Yeah. And yeah. I took it out because I didn't want the audience mind to go to that pro- that problem. No. No. So I just take all. So the there's no reference at all no. to the to the figure of an altar boy of any kind out you, of it. You have to shape your work around what's happening in the world and changing in the world. Yeah, you have you have to be you know you have because um, first of all I I've had people say to me well do you talk about that and I say to them no because I'm a comedian and that's not funny. Yeah. You know. So great you know, great response. I, I, Thank you, and and um, it, it's so much. I have a couple of lines, and I there's someone uh, Walden mm-hmm. about ad libs. I mean, there are ad libs that happen, and then they stay in the show. Ah, so ad lib will happen, and now I say, oh okay, and now it stays in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I the guy one guy pulled up one time to do the collection, and I said, as Father Misgivings does, he says, are you Catholic? That's his first question. And the guy said, no. And I said, what are you then? He said, you really want to know? I said, yeah. He said, I'm a Jew. And he hit it like that. And the whole audience went, <laughs> you know, like, because. And I said, oh, no kidding. I said, my boss is a Jew, Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know him? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so now I always pray that I'm going to catch a Jew someplace. Uh-huh. I pray that I'm going to do that so I can have the line. Uh, and one night, um, there's a line in the show about atheism. Can there be anything dumber than an atheist? You show me an atheist, I'll show you a man that fell out of a stupid tree and had every branch on the way down. <laughs> um, here's a guy who spends his whole life trying to disprove something he didn't believe in to begin with. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and every once in a while, somebody in the audience will point to their friend at the table like he is an atheist, they point to him, and I'll walk down. I'll come out of. I'll walk down, and I'll ask him, "Are you an atheist?" And everybody starts laughing, and I say, "Well, we have a test for atheists in our church. First of all, as an atheist, and where's your girlfriend? Where's your wife?" And I say, "And I say, and all the time you've been married and making love, has he ever once said, 'Oh my God'?" 
And if he has, he's not an atheist. And if he hasn't, he's not very good in bed. So that was the line. And, and so it would stay in. So it would stay in. Yeah, yeah don't, exactly. Don't bring the kids. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the kids, it goes over the kids' heads. They don't want to go there. But, oh, but it, yeah. isn't, it isn't for kids. It isn't for kids because of the dogma. The kids aren't going to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, and, I mean, and how they got there. Yeah. <laughs> it's old-time church. No, but I mean, generally speaking, they're not going to appreciate a lot of the references yeah. that I make. I don't know what I'm talking about. But uh, but the show is clean as a whistle. I mean, a couple of little lines here and there, but the show is very clean. So how did he come up with the game show idea? Well, I used to do game shows for malls and shopping centers. I, 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 was a, I, I ran, ran mall shopping center work. I was a, a marketing director for a large uh, regional shopping center in New England. And when I left that job, I um, devised uh, this thing called, I called it the Great American Game Show. And uh, I sold it to malls and shopping centers on the East Coast, and I got national sponsors like Fran and several other companies, Gillette and um, Arm & Hammer, to uh, give away product in my show. So I traveled and did the game show. So that was 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so then when we were doing misgivings, people were loving misgivings and bringing it back. And then they were saying to me, have you got anything else? Have you got anything else? And uh, my wife said, why don't you blow the dust off that game show thing and do that? So I revamped it a little bit and turned it, you know, toned it down a little bit because it was a big wheel and deal thing. And um, so I've been doing the game show now for all the places that have had misgivings at least twice are now bringing the game show back to do that. So I've, re, you know, regenerated all that all that work for those people. So is that scripted too, or is that a whole different format? Well, the games, the games are scripted. Yeah, it, 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 there's a format of games. We do it in a certain order, games in a certain order, etc. And then we have a certain close and so on. But again, you're dealing with people coming up on stage and being, you know, being contestants. So you you mess around with them there, you have some fun with them there, you know. And, and usually the if they're funnier than me, I love it. I absolutely love it. There's a lot of them that will come out and they'll decide they want to play, and so they do. <laughs> you know, we have a good time. So what happened when the audience is totally dead? <laughs> well, usually, you know, usually they're not. One of the things that's very, one of the things I learned about misgivings was that I don't do the show unless they're coming to see misgivings. Like, I don't do it, I don't have the, that character in another show or as part of another show. They have to be. I pre-qualify my audiences. So the people that are coming are coming specifically to see either Father Misgivings or the, or the Just for Fun, the game show. And most of them in the game show have seen Father Misgivings so I pre-qualify them. They're already ready to have a good time. You know, they know me and they know... And so it's really about pre-qualifying your audience. They're, they're paying money to come and have some fun and some laughs. So usually they're not dead, you know. 
they're not dead. They're ready to do it. Yeah. So when you're when you've been a warm up for a headliner though, is that a different audience because they're really not coming to see you? You they just think you're there to get there. Oh yeah, but that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's different. I don't do the game show as the I don't. The game show and Miss Kaling's are separate shows. Right. In and of themselves. That's what. When I'm, I do warm up, I I do stand up. Right, and I that's what I'm. Th- I do stand up. So that's what I'm thinking. When when oh. you have an audience who could really want to, they they want the the headliner to show up, not Dave Kane to be there for fifteen yeah. minutes. That yeah. that can be a tough job, wouldn't wouldn't it? Well, it's a tough. It's only a tough job if I if I'm expecting to that anybody cares that I'm there. Okay. Because no, you have to know exactly why you're there. Yeah. And I and I'm and I'm there. What you can hear is what you can hear when I do opening when I do opening acts. Uh, and, uh, and I think I told you the story about when I opened for Jerry Vale. They called me. I had just opened for him like three months earlier in Warwick at the Warwick Musical Theater. And they called me back and they asked me to go back to the PPAC in Providence to open for him and uh, Al Martino. And, uh, but they said, Dave, I need you to do eight minutes. <laughs> eight minutes. So I said, okay. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can't imagine yourself being the headline. No, no, no. You can't imagine yourself being the headline. My job is to go fill the eight minutes, you know. Nobody cares that it's me. Nobody's going to be, oh, look, it's Dave. Nobody cares. And all during my act, this is what you hear. Pardon me? Excuse me. Pardon me. Pardon me. Excuse me. That's my feet. Excuse me. Pardon yeah. me. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, we went to, you know, excuse me. Pardon me. Yeah, please, pardon. I mean, the people are just sitting down. They're just getting settled. You know, they're all excited. They don't care about me. And, and, and I, but I don't go in thinking, oh, well, here I am. I'm the great I am. I'm going in there just to, you know, Get everybody, get everybody's attention, and that's it. And um, and the last time I did it was um, that eight minutes I finished, and I did I did, I did pretty well. I mean, they they laughed and applauded, and when I left, I got a good round of applause, and I'm leaving, and I'm going by the curtain. I'm going stage left. I go up the curtain, and Jerry Vale is standing just inside the curtain when I walk by. And he grabbed my arm, he stopped me, and I turned. I looked at him, I said, yes, sir. And he said, you work very neat. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, gee, thanks. It was great. And I left. And I was like, and I went out of my car and went home. You've done good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. So listen, guys, I hope I haven't taken up your entire show. I well, no, 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 no. I think we, there's one other thing we need to talk to you about, because this is your annual season your Christmas program. You want to talk about that? I mean, here you are in the middle oh, of October. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. We have a program called Christmas is for Kids. This is going to be our 33rd year. And um, we get um, toys for kids at Christmas and, and clothes and things that they really need. And the way we've done it is letting people know that these children who they don't know need something special and the people call they pick the child they go and get the specific item i'm talking about color and size and whatever the toy is and then they bring it back and we see to it that it gets delivered in time for christmas we do an average of 800 to a thousand children every year and have done so for the last 32 years 
and it's called Christmas is for Kids. And uh, it, it's it's a wonderful program that's self-sustaining. It is 100% volunteer. Nobody gets a buck. It all goes to the prisons. And here's the cool part. At 1,000 at a kids last year we had, think of how many thousands of people it takes because all families take kids. There are families and people that work at in factories and people who work in offices and they all get together and they all chip in to get the, the toys and the pajamas and the nice warm coat or maybe some boots, etc. for these people they don't even know. So thousands of people every year celebrate the giving process and making something better for somebody. I think that's so cool and I'm very proud to be part of it. So where are you right how now? Are you, are you participate? Yeah, how do they participate, what? and where are you right now? Are you still gathering the toys, or what are you here October? Yeah, well, what we do, well, what we do is we we um we interview the, the families, we interview the kids, we ask the kids specifically what do they want. The families uh, are 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 vetted in the sense that we make sure we that they have help. Uh, we have programs that the parents attend to learn about how to handle money and how to save money here and how to do this. We have we have five or six different classes that the parents, at least one of the parents, is asked to attend so that we teach them to fish, if you will, rather than just giving them a fish to eat, you know. Uh, and we have all kinds of programs to assist them. And so we, once we get the kids' information, we put it in the form of a story. We say... You know, Patricia is, is eight years old, and uh, Dad's gone, Mom's alone, and Patricia would really love a Barbie doll. You know, and Patricia would also could use some pajamas. She's size four or whatever it is, and or maybe some crayons. She loves to draw. And we, we have those stories. People call up. They say, I'm looking to, to do a little girl or a little boy, or I'm looking to spend this much money. And we, uh, we, uh, we have elves who answer the phones and guide them and help people pick out a child and then assign them to get the stuff. It, it's astounding so, to see it coming in. So did the local newspaper give the rundown what look what you're looking for, or did yeah, people know? The local paper also, yes, the local paper also runs lists. Uh, when I started this, it was in uh, on the radio. And we used to, we had a musical bed, and we would read the story about Patricia, an example. We would read the story, and we played music. Um, Kenny Rogers has a song called Christmas is for Kids. So we played that under, and we would read the story. People couldn't stand it. <laughs> they couldn't stand it. They were, they were crying while they were driving. They were pulling the car over, calling the number. I want to take Patricia. I'll get that Barbie doll. It's always wonderful. I mean, we motivated them every way we could, you know. And it's been successful because they know that everything they spend goes right to that child. There's no operating cost. There's no nothing. So it's been very cool. Nothing like dead air. That's good. Oh, no, I, I thought I lost you for a second. <laughs> and, uh, 
I know. I know how they love. I know how they love dead air. So I thought it was good to give them three oh. seconds of dead air. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> great, I, great, I lost them. That's great. I almost said a bad word a minute ago. Yeah. I almost said a bad word. Almost. Yeah. I'll fill your dead air for you. There you go. And I appreciate that. Old Bill Black will love you for that. What can I say? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, well I thank you Let me for letting me plug that. I appreciate it. No problem. That. No problem. And I'll be talking to you guys, I hope, soon. Yep. And Patricia, let me know when you want to come on the air. I'll be there tomorrow. With me. Oh, no, you're not. All right. <laughs> That's okay. You go ahead. I'll I'll be listening. You you can you can catch up with me. I'll I'll be in Rhode Island tomorrow. All right. Great. <laughs> will, will. Everything will be cool. That oh Patricia, how did you make out? You were in Florida. How did you make out? Oh, I did fine. Are I'm you? on the opposite coast. I'm on the Gulf Coast. And oh okay. Some right. um, tropical storm type warnings for us, but because the storm veered out a little bit into the Atlantic, we got nothing. And the next day oh. we had this lovely breeze yesterday that just went all day. Oh. So we were one more time for the 11th oh, year okay, in a good. row. Okay, we paid our dues in 2005, but boy, we sure have been fortunate since then. Well, that's great. I'm glad you're safe. That's Thank terrific. you for asking. You're very well. I'm sorry. I just realized where you were. And uh, Walden, thanks again, pal. No problem, Dave. Thanks for calling us a call. Okay. All right, God bless you. You bet. Bye-bye. There we go, everybody. Dave? Okay, that was Dave in Rhode Island. I've got an email that says, who are you interviewing? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't didn't repeat Dave's name. Yeah. Kane is in Rhode Island. He calls in periodically. Mm -hmm. Thank goodness. He's such a fun guy. And um, Dave has his own radio show. He's a disc jockey from Rhode Island, and he invites us to join him on his radio show and periodically, then, and that then, is a lot of fun. The next, time we, the, the next time we'll be doing an all-nighter with him is Friday, is Friday night. Patricia can put this on the calendar, February the 10th. Oh. Because his, okay. his, wife, his, wife, is, his wife is leaving him for a weekend, so... I'm going to get the call and get the phone number, so you go ahead and vamp while I get the person we're going to get ready. Um, it's the 10th, right? It's the 10th of February, did you say? I don't know where Walden went, and I don't know if I'm still here. But just in case I am. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We did this one other time. Well, then disappeared, and I was here all by myself, and I didn't know I was here all by myself. So, um, I've got Walden's stuff, and I've got other stuff. Let's see. What have we got here? Hmm. It says Mount Everest is the tallest mountain in the world, and that is not correct. There is a mountain in Hawaii. If you measure from the bottom of the mountain to the top, the bottom of this mountain in Hawaii is underwater, and it is the highest in the world. All right. So we, there. we're going to call. Oh, s- I, I wasn't alone. I just kept talking. I didn't know if, <laughs> if, if I were still on the air. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to call you back. Cause you guess who we have as a request of yours? Celeste will be, our, will be the next person up. Mm-hmm. Celeste from Dallas will be our next person. Oh, oh 
hang on, Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Patricia, I'll hang up and call you back. So everybody stand by as I put a little music on. And we'll be getting Celeste and everybody else. <laughs> You start to light a cigarette And all at once you love her You've scarcely talked You've scarcely met But all at once you love Like her eyes, you tell her so. She thinks you're wise and clever. You kiss goodnight, and then you know. You kiss goodnight forever. You wonder where your heart can go Then all at once you know Yep, stand by, so I'm going to get Patricia, so stand by. And we got Patricia. All right. Two terrific ladies at the same time. That, that's good. <laughs> what a compliment. <laughs> so, did you, did you hear me saying, oh, Celeste, please call, please call? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. I, I want to ask about drummers first, and then we can go to the stuff that's going to give you goose pimples. Okay. All right. What do you want to know about drummers? I want to know how drummers wound up or wind up associated with particular bands or gigs. Do they have to go through auditions? Is it word of mouth? How does this happen? <clears throat> well, it happens just by reputation. Uh when my husband was young and and growing up here in Dallas, there was a famous music store downtown called Klein's Music Store. And Paul was just beginning to play the drums in uh, in junior high, I think, which would have been about the ninth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. Now, his father was a musician, so Paul had a lot of... Um, his father taught him how to read music, which is really important. And um, 
one day when he was, I think, just about 14 or 15, in the summertime, of course, he'd hang out in the music store, and he he was too young to be in the musicians' union, so he had to play with some hillbilly bands, I call them, and my father-in-law went and sat by his side every night so nothing would happen to him. But anyway, one summer he was hanging around in the music store, and somebody came through and they said, Judy Canova's coming to town, and her drummer, she needs a drummer. And uh, they all thought Paul was too young, but he he went to work for Judy Canova, Canova just that summer on the road while he was in, I guess, going into high school. And he was so good, they wanted him to stay. But my mother-in-law was just beside herself that he wouldn't come back to finish school and all that. But he did. He only stayed the summer with Judy Canova. But what happens in the drummers and musicians world is your name is out there. So if somebody comes through Dallas, they're going to say, hey, I know a great drummer there if you need to pick up a drummer. And that's the way his career started. And he just started playing with bands. Um, Then he went to the Fourth Army Band, and Vic Damone was in that, the Fourth Army Band, too. They were in San Antonio. And, of course, uh, Vic Damone did Paul a lot of, you know, recommended him a lot. And Mm -hmm. then... If somebody's band would come through town or some drummer was dropping out, he'd get a call, and he got a call from the Woody Herman band and went on the road with Woody. Then he came back home to finish his master's degree, and then he went on the road with Stan Kenton for a while. And he just it's just reputation, and uh, you just sort of, you know, it's like acting. If you're an actor, somebody recommends you for a part if they've known mm-hmm. you doing something else. Yeah. And that's that's the way it works out. It just, You just sort of build a reputation with yeah, that. Yeah, it starts out with a splinter and grows into an oak tree. Yes, it, it, yes, it, it was, yes. It was the beginning that had me asking questions because... You have you have to have some you have to have some kind of a reputation before you start moving into the larger and well known bands and other venues. How do right. you begin to get that reputation? You have yeah. it's in the early stages that is so so difficult. Yes, in the very early stages, and that's where you really have to be successful because if you're not a good reader and if you don't do well when you first go out with other people mm-hmm. it, you can still survive as a drummer but you won't you won't survive oh, uh-huh. and yeah. I'll tell you something else that happened to Paul he was such a lovable wonderful person all the older drummers in Dallas that were settled here and around the area Dallas Fort Worth and all that they would recommend Paul all the time. They just loved him, and because uh, he was, you know, and he had great respect for them. I was telling Walden the other night. One of the people that just loved Paul was Ray McKinley from, and he lived in Fort Worth. And you just sort of build a reputation, and if you're 
if you're good at your job and if you get along with other people well. And a lot of musicians do not get along with other people very well. Sometimes sometimes that gets real tricky or they don't get along with the leader or somebody in the band, you know. And uh, that can that can really do your reputation in. Sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he had a lot of people that really loved him. If we have a beautiful symphony hall here in Dallas called the Mort Meissen Symphony Center, and if you go to the beautiful mezzanine part, there's a wall dedicated to, hall, to Paul there in the symphony hall. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when so he was teaching, be. when he was teaching, what would he teach? Would he be just drums, or would he teach structure of music? Well, he taught, <clears throat> he, when he was teaching, he taught music theory, and then he also taught drum lessons, you know. And he had his own, uh, the University of North Texas is real famous yeah. for its lab band. And uh, they would go compete. One of the things that really helped his career when he was in college they would go compete. They would have band festivals. The most famous one was the Notre Dame Band Festival. And then they would have the Stan Kenton Clinics and all that. And each then they people come from all over the United States to go to those things. And each time Paul was there, he won the Best Drummer Award there at those competitions. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was good, yeah. too. Celeste, I have to jump in here. We we talk about Paul, and we know who Paul is. Would you please tell people a little bit about Paul, about his beginning, your last name? Can you can you share your last name on the air? Guerrero. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So we're talking about Paul, Paul Guerrero, Guerrero mm-hmm. who was one of the premier drummers in the big band era and other areas. So. Yes. Now, sadly for Paul, and I guess in a way for me, he came, he was a little younger, and um, he was in the last part of the really big band. The bands were beginning to play less and all that, you know, when, mm-hmm. when he came along. The real big band business was from 1940 to about... Mm, 55 or something like that. But there were bands like Stan Kenton, Woody Herman, um, Tex Beneke. And you know what? Tex Beneke was a wonderful person, too. I think I talked to Walden about that, about how I don't know what happened, but, um, you know, um, oh, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here. Tex Beneke um, and Glenn Miller, or... Uh... Glenn Miller, yeah. Glenn Miller's wife, or I guess the people that ran that estate, they didn't like Ray McKinley, and they didn't like um, Tex Beneke very much either. And both of them were just wonderful, wonderful, upbeat people. I don't know exactly how that happened, but um, um, they just, you know, we knew them later on, and they were just both wonderful drummers and low-key and could tell the funniest stories and just wonderful to be about. Yeah, I'd, I don't know exactly what happened between them and the, and the um, 
Glenn Miller estate. Now, one thing Glenn Miller did that no other band leader did, if you, Artie Shaw was kind of bad about this too, if you play the trumpet solo or clarinet or saxophone solo, each time you played that, that piece, they wanted them to repeat that exact solo. Well, when you do a solo, you're using improvisation. And sure. players don't like to do that. I mean, they want their solos to be unique each time. But if you were on the Glenn Miller Band, you had to repeat that solo just exactly the way he wanted to hear it. And that's, what I, and that's why it's only just that friction, right? Because musicians want the creativity while the uh, sure. the leader of the band said people are paying money, they expect to hear it done this way. And so there's, uh-huh. that, there's that friction involved with uh-huh. that. Yeah, because when you're playing a solo, <clears throat> you have the chords going on behind you, but you're improvising your solo, you know. And uh, that's, that's what makes a jazz musician a jazz musician. And yeah, a lot of, you know, I don't know why, uh, but there were, I think Artie Shaw was a little bit that way, but Glenn Miller was strictly that way. And when Tex Beneke sang with the, with the um, Glenn Miller band, they had to sing each note exactly the way it was on the record. You know, and uh, that that stifles creativity. People people don't like to soloists don't like to do that. But anyway, I have a go on. I have a I have a theory on that. Why Glenn Miller was that way? Because in the thirties, before he got going really big gun in thirty eight, Hitman went butt several times. So once he figured out the the formula for the money, he wasn't going to give that up. You know, I mean, he, he struggled uh-huh. until he mm-hmm. figured it out his third try. And I imagine, mm-hmm. I imagine from that on, he figured, this is what get me the gravy train. I'm not going to get off of it. That's probably, that's probably, what, that's just my analysis of what happened, you know, once he, you know, figured it out that yeah. what people wanted, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, you know, he clashed with Johnny Desmond and lots of people. He, oh, yeah. He fired a lot of people. But Ray, Ray, Ray Boy, you know, a lot of people were just yeah. gone. Yeah. 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 Uh, and he was, uh, when he was in the Air Force there at the end, you know, nobody ever went up to see him and said, Hi, Glenn, it had to be Mr. Miller. And when he became a captain in the Air Force, you had to say hello, Captain Miller. Ooh. Very strict. We had a personality quirk here, didn't we? Yes, we did. We were very controlling, weren't we? (laughs) You Oh, dear. I I think it really stifles your, your, uh, oh, your ability to improvise and all that when you're around a really controlling person. We've all known them, haven't we? <laughs> yes. In, any anytime you're in a creative position, a creative job, a creative uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. profession, you're toast when you get somebody who's doing with a a garage, you know, <laughs> yeah. this way or yeah. else. Yeah. How do you, 
how are you going to do that? If, if you know how to do it, why are you asking me to? Yeah, that's right. And, you know, uh, I, have, I have taught with people. Um, of course, I always taught Spanish, but I've been around teachers who taught English, and they wanted you to, they would give you an essay to write or this or this or that. And if you strayed from their formula, they would mark you down for that, which really stifles even creative writing. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have to admit, though, I would tell my students when they would be all over the place and off track, and, and these were people brand new to writing. They, they oh, just yes. were starting. Uh, yeah. and, and I would look at them and say, and they would say, well, it, this is creative. I can do anything I want. And my answer was, yes, you can, but you have to know the rules that you're breaking before you break them. So That's right. That's you, right. You need to know the rules first and then break them as part of your creativity, but you have to well, know what they are. When you're, when you're, it's the same thing with music. You have to know the melody first. There you go. You, you have you to know how to read the notes before you can. That's can right. You have around. to know yeah. the rules and how to, you know, and and the, you have to know the melody and you have to know the rhythm and everything. And then mm-hmm. when you know, then you can improvise. And I sure. think it's. Don't you think writing's the same way? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, any any creative field is, has the same basic challenges in the center. I was so hard-nosed about the rules. I don't care if you use them or not, but if you're going to break them, you have to know what you're breaking. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But anyway, that's that's the way Bible got started here in Dallas when he was just very young. Well, um, I, I appreciate your telling me all of that. Um, yeah. Because it really has, especially for a drummer, how how do you audition for the position of a drummer. My goodness, and I'm sure many of them had to, and probably even Paul at one time or another would have to have come across something like that. Oh, sure, but But the thing that saved him for auditions was what drummers do, there's rarely a drum book for a big band. Um, They don't have their part written out. And what my Mm -hmm. father-in-law, who was a good music teacher and a trumpet player, he taught Paul to read music off of the trumpet part, and he would always tell Paul, when you set up your drums, get by, you know, get as close as you can to the lead trumpet player so you can look over and read his music, and then that's what? the way you'll play your drums. Is that so good? Wow. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because there's rarely ever a drum book. On a big band. Sure. Well, what would happen? Would Paul ever ask to play in a non-jazz setting, in other words, rock and roll mm-hmm. or something? What? How would he handle that request? Well, he did. He did. He made a. He made some com- commercials that were uh, that you had to just read the the commercial the way it was. Right. One of the ones he did was a cigarette commercial that was national. We still we used to get residuals for it. It was you've been a long way, baby, and you still got a long way to go. It was a cigarette commercial, I think. Uh, 
Virginia and Slim, you've come a long way, baby. Yeah, yes. yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. But uh, it just, when you go into a studio like that to cut commercials, you, you have to be a fast, fast sight reader to do that. And that's one thing Paul really had on his side. His daddy taught him to be a fast, fast sight reader. So, um, so he had when, and when he made albums and things, um, yeah. you know, when you're cutting a, a record, an album and all that, it yeah. was rarely ever, uh, he always, his part was always okay. Usually it'd be a, saxophone player that'd mess up or a trumpet player or something like that but they never did they never did stop a cut because of Paul because yeah. he was a fast sight reader I, I know so. in, the, in the old big band days of the 30s and 40s generally for the audience a recording section was three hours and they would try to get foresight done that's generally with the rule of thumb uh, so I, I have no idea if he was doing a commercial I imagine you're looking at maybe a one or two hour block, I, I would guess, that, that they wanted to get it done. Uh, I'm, I'm not too mm-hmm. sure. So no wonder you had to be a fast sight reader. You get time and money in those, in those situations. for. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you're paying a lot of uh, money per per hour, you know, to have people come in record commercials yeah. Yeah. like yeah. that. And the most amazing thing to me, I used to go in and hear a commercial being cut every once in a while just because I wanted to hear it. But I'll tell you who's absolute, who absolutely used to catch my eye, too, because I was used to hearing. I knew Paul could do all that. But those they would bring in women and men to sing the parts and to stand there and sight-read that fast. I'll tell you that is something when you're a singer to be a good sight-reader. So they had all the best sight readers come in and, you know, do commercials. But I was always amazed. They'd run over it one or two times, and then they'd take the first cut. And usually, uh, unless something really went bad, they would be there. You know, by the second cut, they had done it. There's a lot of money involved in those things. Yeah. For yeah. for audience sake, I don't know if we're going to ask the question, just... Um, Pam, that was a famous music situation in Dallas that made Pam, all, yeah. Pam's, Paul, Paul recorded there hundreds that's of what times. I, that's what we're, we're going to ask. And for our audience, that was the place where all radio jingles throughout the country sure. were, were created practically. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. They, and, that, and I'm thinking that's probably the singers they used for Pam. It's probably for commercial. They probably used those same singers, I, I would assume. They were used to yeah, doing it. They did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There was there was a little dead end street uh, in Dallas that's gone now, but Pam's had a big uh, building right there, and boy, they worked night and day. They they cut hundreds of commercials, you know, a year. And uh, you know, one of the one of the lead singers was named Tinker Rottenberg, and she could sight sing anything. And you won't believe this. She was from North Texas, from the college we from the university we went to too. When she moved back to Dallas, she married the president of of the family of Dr. Pepper. 
so she never had to work a day in her life, <laughs> but she went in every day to record because she loved it. I have I've had her on the show twice. Huh? I have had Tinker on twice. You have? Yes. She is one original Moon Maid of the Von Monroe Band. And uh, and we right. had and we had yeah. we had all four girls on because three of the original girls from the forties are still with us, Tinker being one, and uh-huh. and so I I've had her on the show twice. Well, did you know that she had married the doctor? I have nope nope never did. Yeah, I she never didn't did have to do that, but she did it because she just loved it. And I'll tell you, um, to sightseeing is really because you're depending on your voice. Now, you know if you're playing an instrument and you hit the note, it's going to be okay. But with your voice, that sight singing is really, really hard. And I'll tell you who else could do that. Joe Stafford could oh, sight yeah. sing yeah. anything. I mean, anything. Tell me what sight sing is. It's well, a term I've never they, heard before. Well, you put the, just put the, the uh, paper, the score in front of you mm-hmm. and you read it but you're singing just like a saxophone player would read his part but your your voice your your okay. singing. and boy it's hard to do you know when you're in a chorus you have to sight sing you have your part in front of you and mm-hmm. all that but yeah tinker was just one of the very best and she didn't have to do that at all she she did go with Bon Monroe yep. and then when she came back home she married into the Dr. Pepper family so she really didn't have to do it but she did it because she loved it she yep. loved to sing the, 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 yeah. the, 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 the moonmates still get together the two of them live in the Texas area and one lives in Washington but they all get together you know 70 years later they like to get together at least once a year down yeah. there, down there in Texas, and I think it's still neat because all three of them still love to sing in the churches. You know, part, they're still part of the church choirs and they're different yeah. places. Yeah. But you know, yeah. oh yeah, you know, part of. The and Bron Monroe was very strict with them. No fraternizing with anything. He really was. He really took care of the moon maids. I'll tell you. Because you can imagine being being on a band bus with a bunch of unruly jazz players out there, <laughs> bad things could happen. But he was no, no, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he took care of the moon mates, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah, he really Good did. For him. Yeah, he was pretty strict on the no fraternizing. <laughs> no fraternizing. Well, I have a sentence. I imagine some. I imagine some went on behind his back, but he was pretty strict with those girls. Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's nice to know. Yeah. That's nice but, to know. Uh, but uh, I'll tell. I have one. I have one roommate story though. I think so. I have to get a kick out of this. Uh, they would tell me one time. Generally, for the people, the show might be you know ninety minutes or something, and the Moonrays would have a couple of songs, but be spread out. And so what they the girls would do the four they would go back behind the stage and play cards, to wait to wait. <laughs> and they missed their cue. They were oh they were late and so Vaughn had a little discussion with them for being yeah, late. I bet. I bet he did. <laughs> 
they never uh, they never I forgot they never forgot that you know, the time they were late when they both be up to for the next song. So that's one of the stories that's they something told. something that would be hard to forget. <laughs> yes, very hard to get that lecture from Von Monroe, I bet. <laughs> now, what sight singers can do, um, you know, a lot of times uh, there's nobody with really perfect, perfect, perfect pitch. The only way you can get a perfect pitch is with a tuning fork, or, or now they do it electronically, but you know what a tuning fork is. Mm-hmm. But there are singers like Joe Stafford, Tinker Rottenbell, uh, Tinker Rottenberg, and all of them. If the they pointed to them and said, "Give me an A," they could give you an A with their voice, just like hitting the piano. Hit an A, yeah. they could hit it with their voice. Now that is talent. That's why Joe Stafford retired because once she she thought she lost her perfect pitch. In, in her mind, there was no sense in, in continuing her singing career. Well, yeah. You know. Yeah. That was her, yeah. in her mind. That you know, what she, and probably only her would have known that. But that, and for her reason, in her reason, that's part of the reason why she gave it up so early, in the early sixties. Well, yeah, and when Frank Sinatra was with the Pied Pipers with Tommy Dorsey. When they were, when the band would be tuning up, she'd stand there and, and Frank Sinatra and everybody else, she'd hit an A and then that'd give them their pitch. That was, Joe could do that. Yeah. Yeah. She was wonderful. Yeah. I love to hear her sing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyway. I think Patricia has words of the day. Go ahead, Patricia. All right. Oh, what have, is it? I have been waiting for two weeks. Two weeks, Celeste. <laughs> this, this is from the website firstladies.org. And there is legitimate information up there. It is a pretty well-written site, except for things like captions under pictures. And I read this one, and I thought, I don't know your phone number. <laughs> it's just, I wanted to call you with this one. It is. It was... It, oh, dear me. It was a picture of the Eisenhowers, and the caption is that they were sitting at the dinner table with their grandson, and the caption is, Mamie Eisenhower looks on smilingly beside her grandson as the president carves a Thanksgiving turkey. Smilingly? Uh, looks on smilingly beside her grandson. I think we could probably uh, deconstruct it. with a smile. Yeah, no. Um, Mamie Eisenhower smiles at her husband while she and her husband watch the carving of the turkey or some stupid thing like that, but looks on smilingly, and I thought, Celeste is going to need a drink when she finishes with this one. Smilingly. That smilingly. You like that. Uh-huh. Well, I was, you know, I'm a great newspaper. I love to read newspapers, and every yeah. time if I have to sit and wait on anything, I'll pick up a newspaper. And the other day, I was reading the Dallas Morning News, which is a good newspaper, reading on and on. And they were talking about this candidate for an office, and they went on and on and on about him. And then finally, they say. They started a sentence with, additionally, 
Additionally, he did bad, 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 this and that. And I just thought, I can't stand it. <laughs> I can't. Which I just one? can't stand it. You, you know, when, additionally, uh, yes, comma. Yes, of course. When, yes. when, I was, when I was a kid, a family, um, an acquaintance, I mean, she wasn't really a girlfriend type thing, but she was a friend, and her family had a custom. When they got so sick of hearing the kids sing a particular song that was popular at the time, they would say, okay, it's time for a funeral. And they would get out, they would get out a shoebox or something similar in size, and every kid had to sing part of that song into the box. And then they buried it. And once it was buried, that was it. It was finished. And I thought, you know, as I grew up, I thought, how clever can you get? I don't think the kids violated it in particular, but so they buried the song. They had a funeral for the song. So I think we ought to start a box just for Celeste's adverbs. (laughs) And we will bury them forever. Yes. Additionally, I'll keep the box here in my room. (laughs) (laughs) I want to tell you something, Sugar. All this time, my eyes have been glued on what you know, the the uh, Florida. Yes. And I would know you were okay because the first thing I do is look to the left and see Fort Myers, and I thought. For being concerned, and yes, thank you for doing I kept that. looking at Fort Myers all that time because I knew you were on the west coast instead yes. of the east. Yes, on the and coast. I crossed my fingers all the time, and when I'd come back in, I'd turn it back on, you know. But I was Aww. so okay. Oh, so, thank you. Okay. That really means a lot. Thank you, Celeste. Yeah, I would look at the. TV and you know they kept showing. I I I didn't want to hear everything else they had to say, and I kept sitting here saying, "Pull up the map, pull up the map," and finally they pulled up the weather map, and I see Fort Myers was okay. Yeah, yeah. we were fine. We yeah, were very fine. Originally they had set out some tropical storm warnings, which means it's coming, and tropical storm watches, meaning. Be careful because this might change. Mm-hmm. And it, gradually the lines just backed up, and we didn't have anything, nothing. We had a lovely breeze Wednesday night. And you didn't get any water at all? Nothing. I can't. That is almost, it's almost unbelievable the way, you know, being from Texas. And now we do have Gulf Coast, has, our Gulf Coast has had bad uh weather yes, yes. <clears throat> but um i can't believe you didn't even get any rain out of it nothing the bands but they it had moved just far enough offshore it was oh, about 50 miles offshore yeah. and not even the stray bands came through our neighborhood yeah well my granddaughter was here and i was she said you're just looking at that you're looking at that weather map you know, she was telling me, and I said, I have a friend that lives in Port Myers, and I want to be sure okay. And she was fine. Thank you. I had to put my peanut butter back in the cupboard. One of the things I thought, too, when I was so glad to hear your voice tonight, because I thought, well, maybe if you didn't 
get the eye of the storm or anything, your electricity would be off. But no, huh? No, not not, not I, anything I, more than a spring breeze. I cannot get over it. Well, the, you know, it's just amazing. Just amazing the way it those is. things It do. is. And I keep, yeah. I keep telling people we paid our dues in 2005. We oh, got yeah. hammered. Oh, now, is that post- when you were in the closet? <laughs> that was when I was in the closet. <laughs> that was only one of them. That was one I was in the closet for. That was the year we ran out of the alphabet and had to start with the Greek alphabet. I remember that year. With, yeah. Oh. We finished with Hurricane Wilma, which was brutal. And that came in just about 10 miles south of me, um, was the direct hit. So we we got quite a bit from Wilma. And... After, the, after Wilma, they started with the alphabet. They had to go to the Greek alphabet. Wasn't it like 30 some, 33, some, some gigantic I number stormed that year? It was, yeah, it was a huge number. They yeah. don't use the entire alphabet. They don't use X, for example. Um, they don't use Z. But the letters that they use, they ran right through every single one of them and then went to the Greek alphabet. And they were, they were huge hurricanes that year. I mean, they, they, these were not tropical storms that wound up with names. These were hurricanes. And the state was a mess. So we took some really hard hits on the West Coast. And this is now the 11th year since we have uh, been affected in any way at all. We have been so fortunate. So oh, fortunate. yes, yes, yes. Gosh, when I saw that those pictures of that wind just taking the palm trees and the bark mm-hmm. and the roofs off the house and everything. Yeah. And every time I'd get yeah. here, I'd check, check my television to see, to see the map of where the storm was. Yeah. And I said, oh, right. okay. And, was doing. Okay. and the east, yeah, even the east coast wound up with far less than what they were braced to take. This was such a squirrely storm it, it's just doing everything it's not supposed to do and once it finishes in south carolina it's going to make a u-turn and come back to the islands oh no oh yes it, it, it's oh, just my. poor it's haiti just, oh, oh i know i know goodness, and that's so sad, sad sad yeah you know people from out of the area and i used to do the same thing i didn't live here my whole life You'd look at the palm trees and say, oh, big deal. You know, we've got oak trees that bend better than that. With palm trees, because the fronds are full of these long strings, they're not solid leaves, then yeah. there's a lot of give. And so when you see palm fronds parallel to the ground, even though the trees aren't coming down, that is one heck of a wind. Oh, one yeah. One heck of a wind. Take a big strip off like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw a lot of that hurling through the air when they, you know, they were showing pictures of hurling through the air. I'm not a very good one for talking about storms. I slept through a tornado one time. (laughs) Where were you living then? I I was living closer to the beach, about 10 miles from here, and we had a a water spout that turned into a land tornado. It wasn't huge, but it took the roof off the marina next door. And oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was powerful enough to do some damage. And I got up in the morning and had no idea anything had even <laughs> happened. I just, I, when I go to sleep, I stay asleep. 
So <laughs> if you're asking, well, I guess the I guess the moral of this story is if you live in if you live in Florida, be a sound sleeper, right? This is true. <laughs> this is true because if the bad stuff comes, there's nothing you can do to reverse it. So yeah, enjoy your yeah. sleep. Have a good <laughs> yeah. Have a good rest. Well, I was going to tell you all, sometime when you get a chance, um, Paul used to represent Sonar Drums, which is a a German drum company, and they're really Uh just Sonar Drums, S-O-N-O-R, Drums. He used to represent Sonar Drums. And if you go, if you just type in Paul Guerrero, jazz drummer, you'll see a a sort of brief history of his life, and then you'll see a picture of his drum set. Cool. Yeah. All right. And thank you. Thank you for letting people know that. Because we hang up, and I say, by golly, we never really... We we talk about Paul, we talk about what he did, we talk about the big bands, but we uh-huh. never really had any information about him. And so you fixed that tonight. Thank you. I'll tell you what happened to me at North at, when I went to the University of North Texas. When Paul walked, I was going to my first music theory class because I was a music ed major at that time. And this good-looking guy walks in the room, and all these people get up because Paul had just come back from the Fourth Army Band, and he had just enrolled again at North Texas. And all these guys got up, oh, Paul, you're back, and blah, 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 this and this and that. And here he was talking to everybody, and he came and he sat down next to me. That's how we met. Oh, it's a Never romantic story. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, before you, you go, could I give imagine. you one more sentence? Could I give you, you one more imagine. sentence? Uh, go ahead. What? Go ahead. I, I interrupted you. Oh, no, that's okay. You can imagine <laughs> when I went home for the holidays for Thanksgiving to tell my mother and daddy that I was dating this drummer, and they looked at me like, this is not what we had in mind. You know, they gave me that (laughs) parental look. I said, and he's Latino. And they looked at me, (laughs) and, you know, I thought, oh, boy, this is going to be rough. But he had the most wonderful personality. And the first time my mother and daddy met him, they just fell in love with him. They just loved him the beginning you know yeah yep they loved him from the beginning now i will say this uh in my in my dormitory uh where i lived i had a sweet mate from san antonio who was not latino and um when she heard i was dating paul she moved out <gasps> wow yeah. mm. oh yeah, my moved. She said, oh, we, have, we have to eat lunch with them, talking about being in San Antonio. And, gosh, I don't know how you could be so anti-Latino being from San Antonio, such a Latino town. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she said, we have to eat lunch with them, but we don't date them. And she packed her bags and left. Well, 
So you know what the big joke was after that? All my friends would tease me all the time, and they'd say, oh, well, we know everything that's happened to Paul because then he used to get write-ups in the paper and everything all the time. And everybody would say, whatever happened to, I want this girl's name was Frankie (laughs) Joe, whatever happened to Frankie Joe, and my friends would say, nothing. (laughs) Way to go. which is always the biggest put down when you don't like somebody you know. You say, well, whatever happened to old so-and-so? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, that's, what a <laughs> well, great that was line. Our show. I'll, I'll that have was to remember that. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to remember that. One night we're going to have great lines. Yeah, maybe we're going to have Maybe to next do... week we can do that. I had a friend who has passed and she had a sense of humor. She was from Virginia so she had one of these really soft southern sounds but boy when somebody crossed her or made her irritated, <laughs> that lady could take off on a broomstick. And she had, when the telephone solicitor called and as soon as you hear how are you you know that's their attempt of course to engage yeah. you in conversation mm-hmm. you know exactly who you're mm-hmm. talking with and she would stand there and say State your business. Uh, what a great line. Don't you know, I have never remembered to use that. I'd hang up with a telephone solicitor and just say goodbye and yeah. hang up and, and then say, oh, Now, I'm going to remember that. Oh, I'm going to remember I missed goodbye. it again. Yes. State your business. I really like State that one. State your business. That's a yes. good one. Oh, that's yes. a good one to remember. <laughs> We're going to have lines, good lines one night. But before you go, I have one more sentence for you Mm -hmm. that set my teeth hurting, my hair hurts. We have in this country, and perhaps you know about it, there is a clown scare. People are dressing up as clowns and threatening kids, and it's turning into a mass hysteria. It started on social media. Yeah, it's been. Yeah. I, I saw that in our newspaper here. They they had people. They had pictures of people dressed up like that. Yeah. And they're terrorizing kids. The schools are going into lockdowns because they're sending messages and threatening kids. Well, the last I read, they had 12 arrested, and some of them are being charged with terrorist activity, which I think is just marvelous because they really are terrorizing people. Oh yes. They interviewed they, the big they, this was in a newspaper, one of the police officers or police spokesmen Uh was interviewed, and the sentence he put out is, it's odd, it's crazy. Hopefully we don't have kids and juveniles running around terrorizing people in clown suits. We have a misplaced modifier there. We've got hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) I, I thought that one would set your hair on edge. Oh, I know. Don't yes, you know, I thought I'd feel that one dead because for a long time, do you remember we went through a phase when people, politicians, spokesmen, people everywhere on television, hopefully, Bubba, don't you remember when that was so overused? I thought we'd oh, it gotten still over is. Yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Nobody hopefully. ever says, I am hopeful. They always mm-hmm. say hopefully. Uh-huh. So. 
But and, well, and there is an appropriate place for the word. It just isn't at the beginning of a sentence and the way they're mm-hmm. using it here. But I thought kids and juveniles running around terrorizing people in clown suits, meaning the people have the clown suits, not the kids. Um, <laughs> right. So, yeah, we, we have a little, just a little bit of a prepositional phrase misplacement here. <laughs> so, anyway, now, that's a good I, one. I don't have it. The only thing I saw this week was additionally, and oh. I thought, oh, my gosh, that's like hopefully. Yes, mm, and positively. <laughs> and perhapsly. We, we can have perhapsly. Yeah, we'll make up a couple of words. Well, Celeste, it has been so much fun talking with you, and thank well, you. Yes, for the... and I'm going to let you all go so you can talk to somebody else. And I you love you so both, patient. and I'm glad you're safe, honey. Thank you so much, and thank you for okay. being an adventurer with us tonight and the phone. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Good night, Celeste. Good night, Celeste. Good night, Celeste. All right, everybody, so I give us a call? You can call me at 714-545-2071. Give me your number, and I'll call you back on Skype. And thank to Dave King and Celeste for following the rules of the game. It's really simple, you know? <laughs> Just call, and we'll take over. <laughs> Walden's got all the buttons. I got the buttons, and hopefully I by next next week we, we should be back to normal because we got most of one of the major equipment here, and... I assume the next day or so. Now we got thinking yeah. maybe Monday Columbus Day. Maybe I think it's Monday. If that's the game, then oh. we don't get mail until Tuesday. So it might be Tuesday. Oh. So you know. I forgot about Columbus. Day. Columbus Day. And they even hung a sign. On <laughs> they didn't even hang a sign. I did through the the drive-through. Mm-hmm. You get these canisters that you put your stuff in and push it back in the tube and hit send. They've got this message on the canisters. Attention for our customers. We will be closed on <laughs> Monday. And my goodness, you know, they they really want people to get these messages. I, I'm they surprised. Tell, they won't tell you when they're open. They'll tell you when they're closed. I'm surprised. They were closed on Monday. That's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. On Columbus Day. Yeah. yeah. That's a holiday for them. So I have a nomination for words and expressions that are stupid. And Steve sent a note. I couldn't, the the incorrect way is to say I could care less, meaning I care some. And if I, you know, if if you really hurt me, I'll, I'll care even less. The expression is I could not care less. This is the absolute bottom. I do not care, period. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and that's that's the correct way to say it. I could not care less because this is the least I can possibly care already. So he's right. I could care less is not correct. It makes my hair hurt, and it makes his hair hurt, too. I could not care less is the correct statement. So, yes, he hit one of my hot buttons. Thank you, Steve. You hit one of my hot buttons. I, I get the hair on on the nape of my neck sort of tingles when I hear that one. So <laughs> You like to... If you like to email Patricia throughout the show, and you know what? It's a miracle. It does work 24-7. So when, even though when she's not on, you, she can still get your email. At the only time it doesn't work is when CenturyLink doesn't work. <laughs> at FloridaWriter at Hotmail.com. At F-L-O-R-I-D-A-W-R-I-T-E-R at Hotmail.com. 
Now who else? Now who else would? You sound like the Cresta Blanca commercials. You know, and you know who did the arrangement for that? No. Well, his name is Bernie Katz, and he was Mill Blank cousin. Not yeah. really. Yeah, yes. That's a wonderful little great little jingle. Boom, boom. Boom, It was so simple, and how long has it been since we heard a show with Cresta Blanca? Oh, a long it's time. Been, yeah. It's been years, at yeah. least two or three years since I've heard a Cresta Blanca. Yeah. Advertisement, and I remember it. It goes to How simple can you get? And it's so memorable because of its simplicity. All right, now let's see. Now let's go over Patricia's topic of the evening. See if that might generate a call. Once again, you're looking for phrases that we don't use or words that we don't use today that we might have used. In the past. Correct. And, or stupid. And now, my, my mm-hmm. example was bedclothes. Mm-hmm. I heard that in two different shows this week. Bedclothes. Instead of bedding or sheets and pillows and blankets and stuff like that there, bedclothes. And that's a phrase we do not use or hear any longer. Now, or, in my mind, when, when I was thinking, when, the, the first thing I thought about, and I don't know... If it's true, maybe it's for the younger generation to be younger. I was thinking about the telephone and the rotary dial. And mm-hmm. so you used to say, I'm going to dial somebody. I don't know if we yeah. even used that expression, I'm going to dial somebody. And we still use it. Yes. We don't say, I'm going to punch <laughs> a number for somebody. We say, I have to dial a number. Right. We still use it. We still use it. When was the last time you used a dial phone? About 35 years. Did I lose you? And we still and we still use dial. Yeah. It, it's it's the best we have. There are a couple of other. I should have put some thought into this. I never even considered dial. Dial the phone. Mm-hmm. Did you dial the phone? Did you put it back on the hook and dial again? Yes, I did. And those darn numbers won't move. Um, now, you know, now, here's an expression that we use, uh, this modern expression that, it, with the phone, ringtones. I mean, whoever thought of that, coining that phrase, ringtone? I mean, people use that because they make their cell phone have a different ring. So that, that uh-huh. colloquialism is now in our vocabulary, ringtones. I mm-hmm. mean, before then, whoever yes. thought of that? And if I hear the William Tell Overture one more time from a corner in my doctor's office, <laughs> it's going, it's, I mean, really. Oh, and people have barking. I told you my doctor has a quack. <laughs> and he's, got, he's got different sounds. Um, very few people have his cell phone, but he carries it in his pocket. Now, twice it has gone off with a quack. A quack. Quack, quack. And I thought... A doctor associated with the word quack is probably not the best message <laughs> to send out. My doctor is a quack. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, a beloved friend of ours. Well, I'm going to grab that phone, so you, you talk for a second. Oh, I have to go back to my computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was sneaking away. I can keep 
doing that. Okay, so we've got some nominations here. We've got dial and stuff like that there. Okay, um, and we did spam. Oh, my goodness, we did spam. Okay, I have got, or I have, the Brits hate when we say I've got. I have a list of support characters in shows that are very popular. And I want to be able to give people the names of the support characters, and you can tell me who the real person is. Um, not only the person, but, for example, I would say Rochester, and you would tell me either Jack Benny or the Jack Benny program. All right. I have had my... What? Do I have uh, to hang up? Uh-huh. Okay, you know who we're going to call next? Who? Ron from Hawaii just called. Oh, all right. Okay. We'll okay. Right, right back. back. So we're gonna put we'll put a little music on, and we'll be right back, everybody. Don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back. Yep. Bye. Up to do, up to do. I hear a polka, and my troubles are through. Up to do, up. This kind of music is like heaven to me. It's got me higher than a kite. Hand me down my soup and fish. I am gonna get my wish. Hoop-dee-doo it tonight. When there's a trombone playing, I get a thrill. I always will. Concertina stretched about a mile I always smile Cause that's my style When there's a fiddle in the middle Oh it really is a riddle How it plays a tune so sweet Plays a tune so sweet that I could die Lead me to the floor and hear me yell for more Cause I'm a hoop-dee-doin' kinda guy Troubles all through. Hoop dee doo, this kind of music is like heaven to me. Hoop dee doo, hoop dee doo, it's got me higher than a car. Hand me down my soup and fish, I am gonna get my wish. Hoop dee doo in it tonight. When there's a trombone playing, he gets a thrill. And we should be getting one here soon. Stand by, everybody. Do I got you on? Oh, tab. 
app, Skype trademark, left rat app, online app, Walden News app, search edit, act blank, page down, Michael, all con page, page, page down, Charlison, Char page, 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 page down, Ira Fiscal, Ivan, Ivan, Evan, Jack, page down, Jim Dop, Jim, Unread, page down, Karen, Lur, Carol, Carol, Kathy, page down, Laura, Left, Lavis, Leapy, Leap, Lennon, Leonard, Lisa, Unread Messages, Lori, Martin, Mary, Master, Unread Messages, Matt Rock, Melina, Melina, Melinda, Michael, 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 Mike, 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 Nam, Nam, Neil Rock, Nicole, Unread Messages, Bolin, Bolin, Patricia, 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 Patrick, Paul, Paul, Mac, Peg, Peg, Peggy, Penny, Phil Reed, from a very production, Radio Once More, Radio Once, Radio Once, Unread Messages, Randy, Unread Messages, Reps Club, Richard A, Rick Scary, Rick, Ron and Gloria O, Ron from Illinois, Phone, Ron, Doc Hawking 7, Unread Messages, Ronnie Wisher, Sam Brown, Sammy Jones, Favorites, Top of File, Blank, Tab, Online, Tab, Walden News, Tab, Search Edit, Tab, See Updates from Tab, Call Mobiles and Landlines from Space, Call Phones at 8, 0, 8, 5, 3, 8, Yes, about you. You're gonna grieve me. Three, if one, you one, ever two, leave me. Two, enter, plus one, eight, zero, eight, five, app, insert a mo- app, call button, app, app, approve, call button, enter, plus one, eight, zero, eight, five, three, eight, three, one, one, two, Bill Brad. Now, see if we get one. Well, we can fix that, fairy boy. Let's go! Hello. All right, Ron, hold on. Let me get Patricia. So stand by. You stand right there. We are back here. Hello, Patricia. And hello, Ron. Who do we have on the phone? Ron from Hawaii. The legendary Ron. Ron from Hawaii. (laughs) Oh, it is so good to hear. It is so good to hear from you. How are you doing? We think you're doing great. How do you think you are? I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm doing fine. I know you are. Are you still doing um, your physical therapy? Yeah. You are? Are you? Uh, are you doing a couple times a week? What's, the, what's your schedule like? Well, I go once a week okay. to the YMCA. Okay. And I work out and to see how well I'm doing. And, um, it seems to be doing fine. Do you do stuff when you're at home, Ron? Yeah. I knew it. I know. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I have not done mine. When's the last you time? Have it. What's the last time you've done yours, Patricia? I don't want to talk about it. 
don't you think the family has a uh, right? Don't, don't the family have a right to know? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> we have a right to know. You have a right to know. Um, well, do you do you consider hauling groceries from the parking lot to the to the second floor? Is that exercise? Okay. <laughs> I, I do. I count that. Oh, good. <laughs> okay. Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now wait, Ron. I think we should, Ron. I think we should ask her the really big question. Uh oh. Patricia. What? Patricia. What? Yes, Walden. When's the last time? Uh oh. You have done. Uh oh. Your floor exercises. Oh, the last time you asked me. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, you consider doing it maybe one time this week for us. I think I should consider doing it more than one time because the the particular one that is so important to me, mm -hmm. you know, getting up off the floor. You know, if I squat, I'm fine. I can get up. Yeah. But if I am sitting on the floor, I cannot get up. And it's because particular muscles are not working properly. And that's the one that I really need to do every single day. So you both can stay on my case. What do you think, Ron? You think we could have a week do at least one time this week? What do you think? Once uh, a day, all week. Did we lose him? No, he's here. He's thinking it over. He's trying to be really kind to you. I know, but, you know, there are some things. He's so good. He does this at home. I know. He goes to the Y, and what do I do? I sit here on Saturday night and say, no. Okay, okay. Well, By next Saturday, Patricia. By October the fifteenth, oh you set you, <laughs> you set the goal. How many times can the family expect you to do your voice exercise by oh in a week? I have to tell you now. Well, that's your goal. Your goal. How many? What's your goal for the week? How many times? Five times. Okay, we'll put that. Everybody, put that on the list. <laughs> Five times. Yep. Five times. That's I have to do just just. This one floor. That's exercise. right. Just, just Anything the else one. will be extra, but this one particular one, I have to do at least five times a week. Okay. Toast. Okay. So that's what that, that's what well, so that's what you said five times. So we'll check what we'll mm -hmm. a week from tonight how you do. Yes. Five. Yes. And I'll, I'll do it near a chair. I can haul myself up <laughs> just in case. Or or or, or case. take a phone with you and have the phone on the floor with you. So. If something goes wrong, you can call. I do. Okay. Yeah. And I have one of those, one of those callie button type things. Uh huh. And oh, yeah. they were supposed to pick it up a month ago, but they didn't. So I'm just hanging here with it. And ah. if I push the button, then this this appliance has a real person on the other end, gives me my name, and says, "Do you need help?" And I can say, "Yes. Do it now." That's a, that's a, I, 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 I wish I had one of those. You do? That's a good thing to have. Yeah, I think it, it is. is. It is, and it's connected with the hospital here. It's not part of the hospital routine, but this company, Lifeline, has an association with the hospital, and that's when they sent home, <laughs> sent me home with physical therapists. They sent well, this anyway, yeah, right. before I hang up. Uh-huh. No. I and I just like to tell you that I really enjoyed the last call. You like Celeste? The last. Yeah, yeah Celeste was good. Language. 
she really did a good job. Yeah. In the she, she, is, she is a good lady. Have you have you been listening to any music lately, Ron? Are there a certain music you've been enjoying listening to? I am enjoying the things that Pat Pat Patricia had sent to me. Ah. Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington. And you know what, Ron? You have changed me. Because uh -oh. <laughs> I, you, and it's for the good. I was never a big band fan. I was never a jazz fan. But when I started looking for the earlier music for you, you know the big set that that I, I yeah. sent a long time ago, I started listening to that stuff and Duke Ellington, and I am just, this is a whole new experience for me, and I wouldn't have had it. Except good, good, you, good. You made me do it. Maybe well, we anyway. maybe maybe we can have Patri Patricia take piano lessons someday. She oh boy! Oh, I missed that so much when I was a kid. I wanted so I know you much, so much to be able to play the piano. Yeah. Well, anyway, I shall see you guys. Thank you, Ron. Uh, Ron so we I shall we hang up. Okay. Goodbye. We love you so All right, much. Ron. Talk to you soon. You bet. Bye-bye. Aloha. Aloha. All right. You can talk to us by doing the routine. It's fun. It, <laughs> I'm it's no, an adventure. It, it's what I do to work. So call me at 714-545-2071. And, you know, we'll have, we'll have you on there with Patricia. I'll call you back, put your number in. Stuff like that there. And stuff like that there. And it, next month is November. <laughs> and and Jim Jordan would have been 120 next month. So I'm going to try to round up a member of a family to be on with us. So, uh, oh, Janice and maybe her. Well, her, I, her, her sister Peggy's around. I think she'd be fun. If not, I'm going to call our friend Leo. He was okay. so he was so good. I oh, thought. Oh, he was wonderful. Yes. So, so I'm gonna pick up the phone and you 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 scammer without me here. I I have to keep going. Oh, oh, Walden has left me alone again. Well, at least he left. Me. Oh gosh, you know I've got old wives' tales too. We have to do that one night. All right, it's, it's, it's Dan, so I don't have to do anything. I'll just bring him in. You stay right there. Okay. okay. Really Jaws Professional here. was wow. 1800 Children Alice and Phyllis, Judge Hooker, Homer Brown. Hello. There you go, Dan. Hey. Oh, wow. How about that? Hello. Here. We're here. This is Dan in Indiana, who kept telling me, what's your weather? It's supposed to be awful. Are you getting 39 inches of rain? And the answer was no. We did fine. And thank you for being concerned. I really appreciate that. 
I think you were. Well, concerned. I didn't. You weren't, make, you weren't making fun of me, right? You really were concerned. I didn't want you swimming with the fishes. <laughs> that's that's a very New York term. <laughs> well, they were saying you were. They were saying Florida. They said, you know, what they were saying: evacuate Florida, do this, you know. And it's like, okay, now I know Patricia's in Florida, so that means must mean she should be evacuating. <laughs> evacuating. They were telling people to get off the coast, and the only. The only really bad thing that comes from a situation, as we had this week, where people were really prepared for what was coming, and because it was such a fickle storm, it was doing zigzags and jags, and it wound up about 50 miles offshore, which, of course, lessened the blow, and there was no direct hit. And it means that people will now look at it and say, sure, they told us to get out the last time and look what happened, and some of them aren't going to evacuate when they should. This is air well, on the side of caution, and a lot of people did. A lot of people got off the coast because if that thing had come in at a Category 4, it would have flattened the coast, just flattened it. And so well, I'm, I was... hopeful. I'm hopeful that they will understand that they were so fortunate that this didn't happen as as intensely as it was supposed to, but please don't let that affect the next warning when you're told to get out, get out. Well, I was worried it was coming right toward you, um, but no, like you I said, it seemed like it was hugging, yeah, it hugging the coast the, more. Yeah, it, it hugged the East Coast, and you're right. there. We've had some that have crossed the state. We've had some that crossed from the Atlantic into the Gulf and then from the Gulf back to the Atlantic. So it crossed the state twice. And, you know, it, it has happened in the other day. It's rare, but it happens. So you get the same hurricane crisscrossing and making landfall in two different places. It's horrible. It is just, these are well, just dreadful, dreadful storms. There were several forecasts that said that we go up the coast and we go back out to sea and that it was then it would turn back around and then by Tuesday it would be just a few miles east of where it was uh, on Friday. So yes, it's, it's like, okay, Tuesday. you know. I didn't check mm -hmm. the, uh, let, me, let me check, you and Walden talk for a minute and let me check the site because by Tuesday it was supposed to be back down in the islands that have already gotten hammered. I mean, it just, the death toll, the last death toll for Haiti that I saw was over 800 people. Wow. I, I, I've seen 300, but... Yeah, I, I can't imagine mm -hmm. that these people can handle anything more. They're underwater, their houses are gone, it's what little they had. Well, they, they never... Have, they never recovered from the earthquake, you're right. Exactly, uh, you know, uh, but, uh, yes, it's horrible down there. Yeah. And um, I think I saw a report, was it 400,000 people were without power? That sounds about right, because even before the yeah. storm mm -hmm. came in, it was up to almost 200,000. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I'm looking at the map. This hurricane is now, it, it's down to a Category 1 right now, and it will go down to Tropical Storm after it leaves North Carolina. But the curve is much more gentle, and it's not going down to the islands, according to what I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is it on land? 
now? No, it's is it not. over land? Still offshore. Uh-huh. Still offshore. Has not made landfall. Now, it made landfall this morning, I think, about 2 a.m. down near Savannah, I believe. And that that would be about right. I haven't. Let me see. Um, towns of southeast with record storm surge. Record storm surge. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made landfall it, at 11 o'clock this morning, about 25 miles north east of Charleston, South Carolina. So it did hit. Mm-hmm. But it 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 was so close to land, it was uh, reducing in intensity because it yeah. was so close to the yeah, land down, um, to without making landfall. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a, what it makes a me wonder. It, it makes me wonder just how it how its effect. Uh, I mean, you know, I, of course, you know, the closer land, the the more it's uh, reducing in intensity. It, I just wonder, you know, just how that how it once it, how once it's, it crosses once it crosses land, it stops getting fed from the heat mm-hmm. coming up off the water. So it almost always de escalates if there's such a word when it goes over land but this hasn't it, it's still out in the ocean right now it's on the coast mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. so i don't know so it, it, this has just yeah. been the weirdest hurricane i've ever seen and i think well i, I was wondering it were you thinking that maybe you'd made a mistake when it started turning to the west no no not at uh-huh. all yeah it, it was definitely mm-hmm. an east coast catastrophe here mm-hmm. and because it was traveling north it wasn't it wasn't coming directly into the state in which case it might have been a concern for us but it was traveling north it was just bumpering along the whole coastline it was it was just so mm-hmm. strange and it's still strange and with the curve that it's taking well that's why i'm wondering you you acted like you knew it was heading north but it seems like with these hurricanes they can turn east west back yeah. you know backtrack yeah, it, it was <clears throat> excuse me it was too far north and on a, a, a well-plotted course that mm-hmm. it clearly wasn't for this particular one it was not going to affect us on this side mm-hmm. um, well i know there was a, <laughs> there was a coming around i'll let you know <laughs> <laughs> i mm-hmm. know there was a cold front coming uh from the north because it passed through here we uh went from the uh, upper 80s with uh, our temperatures, uh, it got down uh, into the more fall-like uh, 70s here today. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is quite a drop. And that may that may be why it's uh, turning back out to sea, you know, with this uh, front coming through. It's probably pushing yeah. it, stirring it back, you know, pushing out to down. the east yeah. and maybe, you know, pushing it down. Yeah. So. I, I wish I understood the wind shear. They talk about wind shear. When there is wind shear, it it mm-hmm. lessens the power of a hurricane. I don't mm-hmm. know how that interacts and even what it is. I just know wind shear takes airplanes out of the sky and makes them crash. Um, but mm-hmm. when it comes to hurricanes, I have no idea what it is or how it, and why it affects it. I just don't know, but that's what they talk about, wind shear. I think it, I think it takes some of the – it takes the power out of these uh, hurricanes it does. Uh, from the – the up from the upper um, parts of the storm. Yes, yes, that is mm-hmm. correct. I just don't know I, how I, or why it happens. I'm just mm-hmm. happy when it does. 
I don't know if it puts cooler air into the upper uh, parts of the storm, which cuts off the energy. But I that, don't know. That would be, Did you have would, a that would be my guess. Did you have a homework assignment for this week? Because if if not, I'll give you one for next week. <laughs> Gee, let me guess what that could be. I don't think I had homework. Well, then did we give him a homework assignment for this week? I thought it was two weeks ago. Did we get him? Did we get his report? I don't know what we gave him. I'm gonna have to start. I don't think I called. I I don't think I called two weeks ago because I fell asleep because I was listening to Celeste. Oh, uh, oh, whenever, whenever, three weeks ago, whatever, we gave you some homework assignment. You were gonna come back with the answer. Yeah. Mhm. I don't know what the answer. I don't know what the question was. Fine teacher, I am. I don't even remember what I asked my student to do. All right. You have to email me these questions. You know. I have to email. I have to remember them. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. We've got Dan. Okay, Dan. I'm I, going to write this I, one down. I have a proposal. I say we send you to Hawaii where you and Ron can exercise together. He would outdo me. That man is so wonderful. <laughs> it was so good to hear from him again. Yeah, he is yeah. Just so stick to And I am yes. such a wimp. You know, I walk around and I say, okay, I'll do it. Let me get my coffee first. And by the time I get my coffee and do all of the things, I say, oh, it's time to go to bed. I'll do it tomorrow. And I cannot do that. I mean, I can't. That's just so stupid. I worked so hard to get to a point where I could do what I wasn't able to before, and now I just sit uh-huh. there like a lump. Yes. Yes. Well, you don't have to agree with me so quickly. Me? Yes. I, I am been, a lump. I was just agreeing. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I sit around here like a lump, and he says, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here is here yes. is your assignment, and I'm going to write this down. Oh you boy! Have, you have access to resource material that none of us have. Has have resource material singular has. We don't got it. You we don't going, got it. We don't got it. So you will yes. come back and let us know how what wind shear is, and how mm-hmm. it affects a hurricane and why okay all right i will i will try to remember that no, but I, I, remember I, I will because gosh darn it this time i'm going to send you an email <laughs> i will and i will make sure that you have your assignment in writing what the most Maybe. difficult what the most difficult homework assignment you ever had dan from anybody my most difficult homework assignment from anybody any time. Yes, right. Oh gosh, there were there were several back. You know, I had a um, I had a um, science teacher back in mm, sixth grade who would have us write out definitions to words, and every definition had to be thirty words in length, <laughs> no matter what. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. No, no. Every oh. every definition had to be at least thirty words in length. Now, you know. Who got the word are... the? The? Yeah, who got the word? <laughs> Give me a thirty-word definition of the. Well, it's an article. 
and it's like, you know, A and and. <laughs> you know, usually it's the combo A and and D. You know, so but uh, and, and then, I don't know. It's, this is true. You, if you gave a lot of examples of correct usage, that would have gobbled up a mess of words. Would have, yes, it would have. But can you imagine being in sixth grade having to write out 30 words for every definition? I can't imagine. I mean, that could get into volumes, you know, several pages. Sure. Sixth graders, 30 words for a sixth grader is a lot. That's an entire paragraph. And it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of thinking and a lot of writing. For the average person, Mm -hmm. a sixth grader is still muddling through the system. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. We had a math had a math teacher in sixth grade that if you missed your math problem, he would have you make he would have you do push-ups. Push-ups. Now, could you tell me, please, how doing a push-up is going to relate to getting an arithmetic or a math problem correct? I still oh, cannot understand that math? concept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sixth grade was not a good oh, well. time for you, was it? Mm. Well, I don't know. It's still with it's you all these years, haven't they, Dan? Uh, it's, it's been several years, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. But, but it's, it's maybe been... gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> all right, Patricia, what's uh, the hardest homework assignment you ever had to work when on? When you asked that, I started to think. We had an unruly class one time. Uh I believe it was seventh grade. I do not know what we did as a class, as a group. It certainly was not 100% participation. However, 100% of us were sent home with a homework assignment that seriously would have taken probably 12 to 14 hours to complete. It was everything. You had to write an essay for English. You had to study and come back with something for history. You had to do an entire program on Paul Revere. I mean, it just went from one subject to another. And this was one we had one teacher for all of the subjects. We did not move around. So she had everything. And I came home, and at midnight, I mean, this is... I guess maybe we were in sixth grade. Uh-huh. At midnight, I said, I just can't do anymore. And we all had to turn it in the following day, and I was a wreck because I couldn't finish it. And I got unwrecked because nobody else could either. <laughs> <laughs> but, boy, we, we came in with a pile of stuff, and that will stay with me forever. Wow. That, I think was one of the cruelest things anyone ever did. Well, my parents were uh, had the foresight uh, to purchase a set of World Book encyclopedias, and I, I, that saved my bacon because you know back then you just couldn't run down to the library at you know seven o'clock at night. That's I mean, right. we were had no internet. we were exactly no internet. No, uh, I mean we had a very old set of encyclopedias. I think there were like Collier encyclopedias from like mm-hmm. I think the 40s that we bought at a uh, yard sale or something but uh, I, I remember know, it, I think I remember as a kid one of the neighbors I seen those inside 
took like almost like a whole shelf in somebody's living room. Uh-huh. Those, yes. those things were mm-hmm. mammoth. Yes. Where in the world, did, world books were? Where, where, mm-hmm. where did you store them, Dan? Were they downstairs in the living room, or did they have them up in your room? Where did you guys store them? <laughs> you know, for many years, they were uh, kept in the box that they were shipped in uh, <laughs> behind uh, <laughs> behind a, uh, behind a, the chair behind the uh, chair that we had in their front uh, in our living room. And, uh, yeah, I remember, you know, going back there and pulling out, you know, we had... So, was each box the, out? Was the, each... Left, the left half uh-huh. The left half of the box had A through uh, N and O, uh-huh. and then uh, the right side had P through Z, and, you know, it was like, okay, pull out the encyclopedia you needed and go from there. You know, we we didn't even have a bookcase to put in <laughs> put the book, wow. the books up there. For many years, so yes, but we had it. Yes. How but, much? Uh, how much you, of those things? You know mu- how much of those things must have cost your parents? They must have cost a few hundred bucks or better, Dan. I mean, it probably was not cheap, right? I know for many years they were right in the neighborhood of about seven hundred dollars. Wow. For a twenty-two set, oh. so I think they probably got. I probably, I think they got them in probably seventy. Let me think now. It probably would have been in about 1976, uh-huh. 77. They were a beige, beige set of uh, books with uh, brown trim, and I still have them today. Do you? But, uh, you know, yeah. And we got the uh, every year they would send the annual book, you know, uh, for you know, covering the, the that yeah. year's. Yeah, they had updates. So yeah, do you have to uh, pay for those, or would yeah. that would that given to the to the uh, Without a free gift to for buying the set, I think it was probably another twenty dollar. You know, do you, they would send you a card and they would say, "Do you want the update?" You know, uh-huh. for twenty bucks, we'll send you the, uh, you the uh, annual. Stupid, yeah. yeah they they had such <laughs> wonderful selling techniques on those things. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, mm. Yeah. One. One. One of the. I remember a quiz to this day. Um, our teacher had us bring in a small, like, flashlight light bulb, mm-hmm. and um, he had us have a piece of paper, and he had us with, uh, we had the light bulb. That's all that we could have taking this quiz, and he started saying, question number one, and he'd read off the question. Now, we, we couldn't even have a pencil. I mean, that's all we could have on our desk was the light bulb and the piece of paper. Was this in sixth grade? <laughs> this was in sixth grade. <laughs> and we're like looking. He said, you know, some of us started reaching for a pencil. He said, I didn't say you had to have a pencil. You just have the bulb and you have the piece of paper. Question number one. And he read off the question. Question number two. I think it was like four questions. And we're like, Dumbfounded, like, what? 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 <laughs> apparently, apparently, there's enough lead or graphite or whatever in the tip of the flashlight bulb that you can write and make a mark on a piece of paper. Am I impressed but, or what? <laughs> <laughs> Are you impressed? These guys, he must have made kids ill by the end of the year. 
I'm just telling you the experiences. You know, it was like, well, okay. Well, I believe you. I think the guy was a little <laughs> short on the, you know, ate fruit loops for breakfast or something. Mm, yeah. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I mean. And you're able you know, to sit up and take nourishment? Well, it wow. did make you wonder just. How am I going to get through this day? I mean, you know, just yeah. what's next, you know? So, but it is not, anyhow. You're not at liberty when you're in sixth grade to say, you're sick. You okay. You may, may not do that. All right, let me ask a great question to both of you. Yes. Dan? Yes. What was your favorite? Yes, how may I help you? What was your favorite grade in school? My favorite grade in school? Hmm. That's a very good question. Graduation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. Um, you know, some Co- teachers... College can count everything. I, I'm open. Whatever you decide, Dan. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, yes. Um, gosh. That's a very good question. Um, I think... I had some great grade school, elementary school mm-hmm. teachers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think high school was maybe a little bit, at least in high school you could see an end coming. You know, you could see the light at the end of the The light school. of the end. And, uh, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, but then you're worried about, you know, okay, can I get a job? You know, can I, you mm-hmm. know, you, you know. So I don't know. There were there were some teachers who did make uh, you know the whole experience much more pleasant. Um, I yeah, think but fifth grade was a nice year. Fifth grade, um, yeah. You know, yes, yes. All right, Patricia. And, uh, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Dan. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I just my fifth grade teacher now is, uh, has run has been running for the school board, and uh, you know huh? that. I think it shows her dedication to the uh, to the effort of education. So, I think I have an. I think mm-hmm. I know Patricia's answer on this one. Patricia. Oh boy. What? I don't think you do. What was your favorite grade? And what do you think my answer will be? I think you you probably enjoy. <laughs> I think you probably enjoy college, the best. Well, see. It's good you're not a betting person. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I was just going to say, but you are, aren't you? Yes. First grade. Really? I loved going to school. We had a bunch of teachers who wrecked that along the way. <laughs> I loved. I just could never wait to get to school. I loved first grade. I loved the teacher. Uh-huh. I loved learning. I finished my reading books before other kids got started. Just, <laughs> it was just one of those wonderful experiences that got wrecked somewhere along the way. I don't know who did it, but um, yeah, first grade. First grade, that's a good one. I have, yeah. I have a question for Patricia. Mm-hmm. Did you have any teachers who were who? Uh, did you have any teachers? Uh, during your uh, educational career, who were, who uh, taught in one-room schools? Not that I know of, no. Okay, no. yeah. Well, well, 
I, I, I had some, I guess, older teachers, and mm-hmm. you know, they did teach in one-room schools, you know, just like, uh, uh, you know, they had, you know, yeah, Walden they taught about more that. than one grade. Yeah, I think my, yeah. gra- mm-hmm. I think my grandmother, my, my mom, mom, she taught in a country school for different yeah. grades. Mm-hmm. Um, my yes. my mom, King got into twelfth grade was all in the same building. Yes. That's a, that's a pretty mm-hmm. small town, right? Everybody, you can have kindergarten to your senior and high school all in the same building, right, Patricia? Oh yeah. That's a pretty small. <laughs> 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 yeah. When everybody goes out the same door. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's a small school. <laughs> That's right. Pretty small. I guess I had teachers who had been teaching probably 50 years. Wow. wow. We had some teachers oh. we were sorry were teaching at all. <laughs> <laughs> when and you I... say we, do you mean the role we? or? <laughs> no. I mean the collective we, we. in the classroom, yes. In the yes, classroom. Collective noun. Collective mm-hmm. noun. <laughs> you know, looking back, why were they still teaching? Did, could they not do anything else? Were they in it for the pension? Was it an easy paycheck? Were they un? Were they unsupervised? They were un. <laughs> I think they were un. Un was a very good word. Yes, un. un. Oh my goodness. Oh my mm. goodness! I really don't know. There, there were truly people who never should have been part of the teaching community, and they mm-hmm. stayed. Yes. I guess they had made a commitment. You put ten or fifteen years in, even if you hate it. What are you going to do after fifteen years if you say, "Oh nuts, I don't like this anymore"? I, I think they, they never did. I mm-hmm. think they, I think they did for the money. My 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 dad's mom. Um. In 1940, she lost her husband. My dad, my grandfather, passed away in 1940. Mm-hmm. And so she went back to school to get her potential. So she was 44, and she had four kids. And, and back in those days, for for women in the 40s, there weren't that many opportunities. So uh, she taught school, but what she did, the next part killed her retirement. She worked for whatever was the best paying position. So she, for every year, she moved to a different school district, just for a five dollar raise. Wow. Just for a five dollar raise. And so she taught different grades. Well, no, she was different pr- levels. Yeah, pretty much English was her strength. Uh, oh, and yeah. wound up being high school. But and it was so funny. Years later, in retirement, she would get a different retirement check from a different school director, and some of them were just five dollars. But wow. but in those days. Sure. For a woman mm-hmm. trying to support four kids. She had to do mm-hmm. what had to be done in order to, without any consideration to what was going to be happening 20 years down the line, right. she needed to raise her children now. Right. Yeah, and so uh, I think in some, in some position, for some people, that was probably the, the best money they could make. You know, yeah. uh, but others... I think, I think I'm wondering. To, we live in a culture today. If you're not happy with work, you it, it's acceptable to jump. 
do try something else. I think in mm-hmm. past generations, I don't know if that was that was even thought of. Well, one no. somebody thought of a profession, they were glued to that profession. Any kind of a job, if you worked in an airplane factory or you were a college professor, you went there, you stayed there. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any difference. And and maybe that was the the problem that we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago, Dan. Once you made a commitment, mm-hmm. that was it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think I, I don't think there was the uh, the career mobility like there is today. Well, yeah. number one, you didn't, you know, if your access to other jobs were just what was printed in the local newspaper, mm-hmm. at least yeah. now you can get on the internet and you can yeah. find jobs and. Yes. You know, and there, there was a time when an employer would look at your work history and say, well, you were here three years, you were here four years, you stayed here two years, and not mm-hmm. hire the person because the thought was that the applicant was undependable. And now, mm-hmm. in today's environment, if you don't have five years, four years, one year, two years, you are not progressing. You are not interested in learning. You are not excited about new experiences. You're, you're not. You're not motivated mm-hmm. to try and move up the ladder. Yeah, that cor- exactly. If you come cor- in with twenty mm-hmm. years experience, you're toast. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. twenty years experience oh, I, I, place. I think you're right about that. If you stay, yeah. I think yeah. you can and stay too long at a job. They mm-hmm. want to see mobility on a resume. And we're talking generality. There's all, there's all, there's all, you know, there's exception to all the rules. But it's just, we're just, yeah. But, but we're just talking general. But it's just a a different mindset, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? It is. It's Mm -hmm. an entirely Mm -hmm. different ballgame out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, now that we have fixed the world. (laughs) Have we fixed the world? Yeah, I don't think so. You're right. We, we have not. Well, you know, uh, another thought is this. Let's just face it. When people grew up in a community, they generally didn't move out of that community. So if, right. it, if it was a factory town, they worked for the factory. If it was an agricultural town, they worked in some form of agriculture. Mm-hmm. So sure. uh, location and where you grew up was a big, mm-hmm. a big indication well, of we, your we, job market. We, we talk about the Statler brothers. Right. They are doing something, and when we say the Statley brothers, we mean Don and Harold Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, Ron. Hello? <laughs> yeah, Don, right. I, yeah, I, you, know, you, you had both right. Don yeah. and Harold Reed, Reed. Uh-huh. live in the same town they grew up in, married women they went to school with, and their children are growing up in that town where their parents lived. This is small-town America. Right. They've managed to get their arms around, and there's a stability there that we don't have in other places. We can get on a plane. We can get in a car. We can, answer, as you say, on the Internet, find a job on the Internet and apply for it without even leaving, putting your shoes on. <laughs> 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 um, it, it is. It's just so different. So different. We're well, looking back, back when, the, we're never going to get back there. Looking back, I would have probably worked for the local grocery store or the bank would have been, you know, where I would have thought I would have been at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. I never would have, I never really would have dreamed I'd be doing what I'm doing today or, um, still doing it after all these years 
but uh, you know things keep changing and keeps uh, keeps me interested and well I guess I think it's the beauty of what of the country that we live in that Patricia can be a writer today you know Dan can be working the right. library today we have so many opportunities because mm-hmm. where we live and well, it, yeah who, who would who would have thought? You, who would have thought that you would have a little magic box on your desk no. you know, with a keyboard where you can you can go and you know with a certain uh, type of code be able to attend a seminar or a yep. uh, webinar or yep. get tr- be trained. Who who would have dreamed you could could dial into a conference in San Francisco and watch it for four hours, you know, mm-hmm. without flying there? Yeah, you know, so I'd have to put your shoes on. Exactly, exactly. I mean, I attended a conference from my home, uh, just, you know, in my den right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could answer, I could ask a question over over the Internet. So, you know, pretty That's interesting. It's amazing. Never would have dreamed it would have ha- happened. But and, then, and who knows where we're going to be in another 50 years. Well, and just think of it this way. My, my dad's grandmother... So it'll be my great grand mm-hmm. didn't get electricity until yeah. after World War Two. So just, oh, exactly. just think, exactly. just think in seventy mm-hmm. years, how far have we come in rural America from places that didn't have electricity? Now they have the internet, and can, as you say, you can log in and be in Siberia or whatever, hosting mm-hmm. some meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, just look at what we've been doing this week. You know, yeah, a friend in Florida who may be. A- Yep. Who who may be having a hurricane come to her doorstep? She can pull that up and look on the internet and see how it's. Uh, she can get hourly updates on where the storm is going, yep. and no, being followed by another friend in California, being followed by another friend in Indiana, yep. and then you know here tonight mm-hmm. we are talking to a friend in Hawaii, and yep. Yep. we've just gone completely international. Yep. And even know that the hurricane is coming. There's always hurricane information history that mm-hmm. emerges when a major storm is coming. And the one that comes up over and over and over again is Galveston. That happened in the early 1900s. I'm so sorry, I can't remember the year. It might have been 1920. But they, there were so many people gone. They don't even have an accurate count or even a near accurate count. It's somewhere between 6,000 and 12,000 people died in that hurricane, mm-hmm. and it was exclusively because while they knew a storm was coming, they had no idea how powerful it was. And it just I saw There was a good uh, documentary on the Weather Channel about that, uh, you know, that uh, they really laid a lot of fault at the um, meteorologist uh, down yes. there in Galveston because... He was uh, not. Uh, you know, he he was not really giving the warnings like he should. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happened in I think it was Massachusetts. Maybe mm-hmm. Dave one night when he calls in can help me with that. It was in New England. Uh huh. And there was mm-hmm. a breakdown in the communication there as well, and it, it was mm-hmm. an equally horrific event. Although it did not have as many deaths, it was equally horrific. Um, that, and for that me, interview here with, I am. I'm sitting here. I can look on the internet. I can. If your electricity goes out, you know you've got a bad storm coming. 
there are so many <laughs> benchmarks that we have or so many resources that we have to prevent that kind of stuff. And you're right. I had everybody checking on me. If I didn't answer, what would you have done? We would have been all worried, Patricia. Yeah, well, worry isn't going to get me out of a hurricane. I know, <laughs> but, you know, if we didn't hear from you, the whole family would have been a nervous wreck for the whole week, you know? Okay. Well, don't you think... Nobody was going to come rescue me. Yes, we would have. I, my, I would have been hung by the tree by the family. You know that. Yes. Well, you yes. know my, you know, you know my first the email to you was, hey, don't you think you ought to go see Barbara <laughs> in Alabama? <laughs> That's precisely what he said. It's a time to go see you. <laughs> right. Oh. And it wasn't. It wasn't. Hey, I wanted to tell you, that was a great interview uh, from Dave up there. Uh, his uh, show seems to be very popular. Yeah, Visa Feldman next week, so good, good, Dave. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah. We'll expect a report. That's true. That's right. One thing that I wanted to mention, uh, he was talking about, you know, uh, really uh, keeping... He was keeping in mind the father, you know, father, what was this oh, father, fellow's father name? Misgivings. Misgivings, yeah. Misgivings, yes. Uh-huh, yes. And, you know, he, what he said reminded me a lot of what Andy Griffith said about, uh, you know, the Mayberry characters. They never made the character the, the butt of the joke. They always tried to put the joke in context with the character where, you know, it was believable that the character would say something, you know, mm-hmm. to make the joke. You know, it wasn't at yes. the expense of the character. And and that's just exactly what he's doing. So that's probably that's why exactly Father thinking. Misgivings is uh, so popular with the audience. Yep. And everything he does is in character. He shared um, uh, one of the what am I trying to say? <laughs> the video. Yeah. Um, what he sent out to, for one of his shows, mm-hmm. and I got to see that, and it was really wonderful. Everything was in character. Everything was plausible and believable. If you ever grew up with an Irish priest in your community, you knew <laughs> that what he was saying and doing was right on target. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, is is he on the internet with uh, one of his shows? No, this is strictly live. Well, his, his, radio, his, oh, okay. his, his radio show is every Saturday morning. Uh, uh-huh, yes. but, but his, oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought he was talking exclusively about Father Misgiving. But I think, but what? yeah, Father Misgiving, he sends out a video to potential clients. and mm-hmm. But she sent uh-huh. a link to Patricia. And if we go mm-hmm. to his website, I don't think there's a link up on his website. I think that's a private thing but, he s- sends. Mm-hmm. Yes. I I didn't know if I could find Father Misgivings on the uh, on the internet. You in might. Clip there, or something. there is yeah. one one advertising type trailer type thing. It's only a couple of minutes long, and it is on uh-huh. YouTube. So if you look for Father okay. Misgivings, you will see mm-hmm. a, a clip of his show. Okay, well, I'll have to look that up tomorrow then. Uh-huh. Please do. So, I think you'll enjoy yep. it. Yep. Any word from Celeste? I was waiting for her call. You said you really had 
lot of lot of homework there for her, did you, or a lot did you of. Did you take uh, a nap again tonight? <laughs> do, do I now? Did you take a nap? <laughs> yes, I took a nap. Oh, good. Well, you took it in the middle of Celeste. <laughs> did I really? Did yes, I miss did. her? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I heard Dave and I heard Ron. I was so glad to hear Ron. You met, you swept you swept you swept through Patricia and and so we're talking for a good forty minutes, Dan. Your cap nap. That's pretty well, good. You had a good nap. I've been up. I I I got up at five thirty. I got up at four thirty yesterday morning. <laughs> And see, you can't remember your assignment from three weeks ago. You missed part of our show. <laughs> I won't remember this tomorrow either. <laughs> I'll catch it on Wednesday. You'll catch it on Wednesday. Hey, there I am. And, and you'll have oh. this is good. Now, you're going to listen to this on Wednesday, which means I will have an email in your email box with your assignment. You will have been what your assignment is tonight. You will hear it again on Wednesday. Now you're you're really sharp. You can with three three times. I think you can do this. What's the assignment? Do you think you're the only one who sends me emails? When <laughs> questions answered. <laughs> what is the assignment? <laughs> What is the assignment? You think you're the only one who does this? <laughs> you forgot your assignment already, didn't you? Oh, Shirley, you must be joking. <laughs> what? 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 You want you want to know what makes hurricanes go bye-bye. <laughs> I need to know about wind shear. Yes. Wind shear. Wind yes, shear. wind chill. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. All right, yes. all right. You yes, just we can do you, that. you think you're the only one who emails me questions? Get in line, sister. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> how many Dan, Dan, Daniel? How many Patricia's do you know from Florida? And I'm uh, well, email him. I had to email the question. This was by invitation, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to send it in large letters. <laughs> <laughs> we you didn't respond you to my... We will find you. <laughs> mm. Okay, all right, now, we've got... Big deal, here. everybody else does, too. <laughs> everybody else finds you, too. Well, in that yeah. case, I will not be a baron. This is good. Yep. Okay. That's right. Theme. We have a theme tonight, oh. twice. This week, in different shows, I heard the term bedclothes, which is, yes. a, you know what it is, but it's not something that we use today. We use blankets, mm-hmm. we use sheets, we use bedding, um, but we do not use the term bedclothes. Is there another term that fits the bill there? What, what was being used? I'll tell you about a Fibber McGee and Molly in a minute. What term was being used that we recognize and maybe hear in old-time radio, but we don't use today? You know, I don't know how many people really use the term icebox anymore. Very good. That's a good one, Dan. Very good. Very good. Mm -hmm. I mean, some of us old-timers do, but Mm -hmm. 
Wait, I think we we swing. I think nowadays we just swing, swing. Uh, going to the refrigerator. You know, we yeah, we shorten it. I yeah. I think that's true. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm I think you're right about that. Yeah. But. Yeah. But ice box. Or white walls. Every once in a while, I'll hear that. What about white walls? White wall. You mean tires? Mhm. Ah, okay. I mean, most tires aren't even white-walled anymore. Yeah, but I was thinking about what... Uh, about the old term when, um, when Tom Sawyer, when he had everybody white whitewash. Oh, whitewash the fence. Yeah, whitewash. that's a term. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Whitewash. You're right. There's, I'm, there's, I have not heard whitewash. Mm -hmm. There's a few people around here that do very few. Used to, I remember, people would whitewash trees. Why? Uh, but there's an there's an there's an old there's an old thing that not too many of us do. Some of us do, is hang your clothes to dry. I mean, how many people hang their clothes? Exactly. Hang hang them out to dry. Yes. That's what we don't. My do. mother used to. Yes. Or a clothespin. How yes. many people even know the term clothespin anymore? I know. Or clothesline. Yeah. I know what a clothespin is. Do you know why I know what a clothespin is? Why? And everyone else would as well if why? you visited my house. Why? The dollar store oh, still sells them, but they're plastic. Uh-huh. And I use them to clip bags instead of buying this ton of, of you know, the pinch clips. Right, right. And great big. I use, mm -hmm. I use um, clothespins. Clothespins. Mm -hmm. And it yep, works great. Works. They don't take up as much room in the freezer. It's good. Well, can mm -hmm. you still buy bag that way? Can most bags? I, I can't. No, and they're plastic. I have right. not seen wooden ones in who knows how long. But I'm thinking of Ziploc bags. Seems like almost all the bags are Ziploc. Are they? Or do they have them without zip zip oh, zippers? I, I was thinking of it like opening um, a oh. bag of frozen. I got beans, you. Yes. For example. Yes. And mm -hmm. I would have to put mm -hmm. that away, or even bread. I'll use it sometimes with bread. I'll use instead of a twisty or, tie. I'll use or what about potato chips? Yeah. You can also use a clothespin on potato chips. Well, you could, except not in this house because I can't have them. Oh, Patricia. Oh, I'll eat them every single one. Okay, <laughs> we, no we in my family, no that's interesting. The word, there is no word judicious when it comes to things like potato chips. <laughs> We use, in our family, we use, when we buy something and put them in the freezer, it's either, it's most of the time rubber bands. That's how we we wrap mm -hmm. up our, our pack. That's a thought. Yeah. I never thought about that. We use rubber bands or those little, you know, those tight, those tight, you know, the twisters, like, you know, like, remember the, the old fast? Yeah. Yeah. That's, right. That's how we do it in our family. But mostly rubber bands is where. I do that. And when I buy my big bags of lettuce at Sam's Club, it's a uh -huh. big plastic bag of two pounds. Right. There's no way you can twisty tie that, that no. tie. So I roll it and we'll, we'll use a clip or a clothespin yeah. on it. Yeah, that makes sense. It fresh. Wow. Yeah. You go, then, you go through the rabbit food. Oh, boy. Yeah, and, and I buy two of them at a time. So wow. I come home with four oh. pounds of lettuce. I, I how am. much would how much would a bag of lettuce cost you down there? Two dollars. Oh, that's not bad. That's it not really, what it is up here. You can spend two dollars on a head of lettuce, and when you get two mm -hmm. pounds, that's pre-cut and pre-washed. 
um, uh-huh. you know, you reach in and you get a handful and you've got your salad. You don't have to sit there and chop anything. So it really is worth exactly. a trip. Uh, it's worth a trip to Sam's Club, which is a couple of miles up the road. Um, and I had to renew my membership. Oh, 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 it's $45 a year. But I buy my olive oil there as well. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a good brand, and it's the extra virgin, so it's first press. Oh, natural. And yep. if I buy two of them, three, if I buy three, and they come in two-liter bottles, if I buy three of those bottles compared to what I would have to pay in the supermarket, I have paid for my membership just on olive oil. Wow. I know. I know. It really. And you, chicken, you, you can get chicken for 99 cents a pound. When was the last time you saw chicken for 99 cents a pound? When they crossed the road. Mm, gosh. Walden, you're pretty close about that. <laughs> I do I do remember chicken up here being like forty nine cents, but that was for like a whole chicken. Forty nine cents a pound? No kidding. Wow. I don't know you know, I don't know if you can even buy a whole chicken in the supermarket anymore. Oh, I didn't... Sure. I don't, I don't know. know. I think most of them are cut in parts. Well now you know nowadays with the big thing, people buy the chicken they're ready to go and eat and I think those mm-hmm. are quite either depends where you shop. How about four Four bucks, you know. About five bucks. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Four yeah. ninety-eight. They're pretty expensive. Four ninety-eight at Walmart. I, in in uh, Sam's Club, and uh-huh. I can get I don't know how many meals and sandwiches. Those are big chickens. They are. Those are big chickens. They are sure. And they sure I discovered are. when you get down to the bones and there's still meat on them and you don't know what to do with it. I broke it up. Make soup. I put it. No, I put it in. The toaster oven with barbecue sauce. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um. It was like getting spare ribs. It was great. So I used up all <laughs> the chicken. I didn't waste anything. But Larry had a Larry, Larry Gassman had a, a chicken catastrophe this week. Uh-oh. Yep. Uh-oh. Yep. He went, he went grocery shopping for he and John this week. And mm-hmm. he went to the butcher mm-hmm. and he wanted chicken breast. And he wanted them to, you know, to cut it up for him, you know, to slice mm-hmm. it and trim it. And so they, when they started to cook it last night, they realized they had, they like really small hunks. So, so, but the butcher didn't do it that way. So he had all these gigantic pieces. So he had to start cutting them up for himself. So he and John have enough for four meals rather than the two that they were planning on. <laughs> And I told Larry, and this is what I've noticed the last few years, when you go to the counter, if you want it done a certain way, you have to give the butcher the number. In other words, a number two cut, if you want a really thick cut of turkey. I did not know that. Yeah, the butchers have a certain number for the different slices. So if you really want to... Well, they're different... They're different dial settings. And that's what I think it is. And so I think, I told Larry, find out what the thinnest that you like, and then tell, tell if you go to the same place, they'll tell you what number setting that is. So you just go and tell them, I want the number one cut, or the number three cut, or whatever. He was was Mm -hmm. looking 
or cutlets. Right. I thought that might help. I thought it might help them. I don't know. I mean, it certainly would. I did not have a clue. Mm -hmm. That's a new piece of information for me. Thank you. No problem. This is this is where the green grocery shop every week here on Yesterday USA. <laughs> well, Dan, this, we were this show this show is nothing. This show is nothing if not education. It's entertaining. It's recommended. It's recommended. It's recommended by librarians and teachers. Unpredictable. Yeah. Um, a thirty-word definition of unpredictable, please, sir. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Now, Dan, does this does this mean you did not hear my introduction information about spam? I did hear some of that. Of course, I did send you information on spam. I sent you, you the uh, you sent, you website. Sent yes, to, you sent me to the Hormel website, and I went there mm -hmm. and I read stuff there, and I'm. I just love bits and pieces and history and stuff like that. So I hit history first on anything that gives me history. I click on that one first. Part of this was bits and pieces and facts and I don't know what. They've got recipes up there. So I'll give you the statistics first and one of the recipes next. Okay. We were talking, Walden and I were swapping back and forth. I guess we were talking about why so many troops from World War II came home and said, if I ever see the word spam, never mind spam itself, I'm running away from home. I figured that it was because they got it so often we would hear references to that periodically, but this is how often they got it. For the duration, and I have no information about when they started shipping it overseas, but from the time they started until the end of the war, the spam people, Hormel, sent 50,000 tons of spam. I can understand why the guys didn't want to see it ever again, even though it tastes good. It's a good product. There's nothing wrong with the product. It's just that if you get it seven days a week, it's, you know, it's, it's a little much. So anyway, 50,000 tons went overseas during World War II. And the second yes. piece of information I have, I clicked on some of the recipes, and I thought, you know, this, these must have been put up by cardiac surgeons who need work. Drumming up business, are they? Oh, boy. <laughs> this is not a, a low-fat meat. This is not a low-fat product to begin with. And they were talking about making fries out of it. They, they look like French fries made out of ham. And the beginning of the recipe starts with heat up four inches of cooking oil, four <laughs> inches of cooking oil, and you're going to put long strings like like um, French fry uh -huh. style strings of this in and fry it and fry it. I mean, the thing must be, it had no calories. There was not a single calorie listed up there. Wow. But I thought they looked good, and people were leaving little notes about how yummy they were. And usually, the better it tastes, the worse it is for you. So I guess it really is pretty mm -hmm. awful. But they fried this stuff in four inches of cooking oil. How do you? I wonder if you can batter. I, w I wonder if you can batter dip spam and fry it with a coating on it. Why not? Why not a panko batter? Sure. I think. 
I think we might have a new recipe for spam. Your Hormel on the line. I think they will gratefully accept it. And tell them, tell I, and, them it's I, less fat <laughs> and lower salt <laughs> because you've got more volume. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. And this hour, this hour of, US, of yesterday USA has been brought to you by spam from by Hormel. Spam. Yes, and, and you probably missed that as well. I said, gee whiz, we'll never get Maxwell House with my mouth about it, but now maybe we can have Hormel because it's spam. I think it's a great product. I never tasted it until about a year ago, and mm-hmm. it, it's a good one to keep in the in the cupboard for adjusting cases. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We do need to talk to them about getting the lid off these things. It's got a peel-back lid to it. You know, with a with a, yes. a ring, and you peel back the top. Is it like the old, like the way you used to get can in the ham with the little key? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Only you cannot get this thing off. It it is wow. Incredible. It is. Off. I have actually done things like take my can opener and put the handle through the uh-huh. loop uh-huh. to to give me more leverage to get this thing off. It's awful. Have you seen the individual packets that are like in foil packs? I saw it only up on the website. I did not know that they made them. Mm-hmm. But they do have yep, a they light do. product. Whatever light is in spam terms, I don't know what. But they yes. do have spam light. They claim it's light. <laughs> I didn't. I don't even look at the label on something like that. I just say, all right. Because I'm a label reader. I do read labels, if, especially if it's a food I'm mm-hmm. not familiar with or I haven't had for a while. I'll look at the fats. I'll yes. look at the carbs. I'll look at the you know, sodium, and I'll, I'll read the labels. But I don't want to read this what, one. What, you, you could take a handful of rabbit food, put it in your bowl, then take a little spam, chop it up, put it in there in, in your salad. Take a few I carrots, chop that. them up. I have yes. done that with onions and carrots and and spam and stuff like that there. Exactly. A nice tasty salad right there. I usually streamline it and stick with the lettuce and onions, but sure, for something like that, why not? Now, if anyone else would like to know anything about spam, we have got the words tonight. We have got poop. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. Well, sounds like everyone is doing well tonight. Yes. And we're trying. Uh, I will have to tune in next Wednesday and listen to Celeste, her little Oh, please. Yeah, we had such a great conversation. I asked her about drummers and how they Mm -hmm. wound up in permanent positions with bands. Her husband was a very famous drummer. So we had a really good conversation about that. I was out and about in my car, and I pulled up the phone app, and I was listening to you in my car. So I heard you oh. were wanting to speak to Celeste, oh. and it's like, oh, boy, I'm catching more. I, I would be missing this if I did not have my phone app. And there you missed it anyway. Well, well Dan worked hard today. He has why he swept through part of the show. Do I accept that as a reason for not listening? No. But which I'm gonna fix it. I'm gonna I'm gonna speak on behalf. I use the word reason, not excuse. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna plea for Dan Case that he ought to be excused. Never mind. Excuse. Never mind. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
somebody has to get to work and open the library. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm there opening the library seven, seven thirty in the morning. You know, just opening the library, the waiting for. We're holding down the fort right. at two o'clock in the morning. Well, you know, you know I, if you I, had I, a work I, schedule that was better coordinated, we'd all be up at the same time. Well, will you write a note to my boss? Certainly. You know I would. <laughs> well, here comes more job mobility. Okay. <laughs> and I'll say his assignment is wind cheer and to write 30 words about <laughs> what is the definition of ubiquitous. <laughs> we can do that. We are indeed ubiquitous. Oh, so, well, send me an I email. <laughs> thank, thank you for keeping track of me and um, well, your emails. And oh. I really appreciate it. All right, sounds great. Well, Walden, you take care you out too, there in Dan. California. I'll talk to you soon. Don't burn down the place out there. Yeah, if I do, <laughs> I, I if I do, Patricia will be will have to learn how to use all the buttons really quick. So somehow, that's right. Uh, I don't think she wants to do that yet. And I'd be by myself. I don't think she does either. By myself. Yeah, I don't think she wants to learn the buttons. Guys, no. that's right. That's yeah. why she's keeping you around. That's true. Shepard was so good. He could just start talking and not stop. I can do that, but I don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to start singing little uh, interludes. I know. Oh gee, oh gee, no. Patricia, I will collect money from everyone. Patricia, not to sing. Patricia can start singing her song. What? Well, Dan, Dan wanted to know what song he's going to sing tonight. So, what song do you want to sing? Mary had a little lamb. Very good. <laughs> I can deal with that one. Well, you, you, you've been talking about weather reports. You need to learn a bunch of weather songs like Stormy, stormy Weather. You know, everybody <laughs> knows it's windy. Yeah. I did reply to that. You were so creative. He listed out at least half a dozen songs <clears throat> with links to YouTube to listen to them Very that nice. had to do with weather. Very exactly. nice. Yeah, I threw one in. I, I threw one in for Walden. You know, uh, smoke. Uh, uh, what was it again? And smoke gets in your eyes. You did not do that. And the platters of smoke gets in your eyes is one of my favorites. Well, there was the Judy Garland song. Yeah, but that wasn't smoke. Oh, was it? Did she? Say? Yeah, she did. You're right. Smoke gets in your eyes. <laughs> You're right. That's right. Please look for the platters. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Gosh, did you watch the Judy Garland version? I did not. You won't get a kick out of it. It was from her show, and there's a surprise twist at the end. I will listen to it then. I, yeah, All right, I have, sounds good. I have boxed myself into a corner so many times. I might as well do uh -huh. it one more time. Judy Garland <laughs> That's right. is not well, we want singer. Ah. Uh... Yes. Well, when Patricia grows up, yes. she'll, she'll, she will respect <laughs> I mean, after all, That's right. after all, she's come a long way. She, now she's just starting to respect certain big bands. She's coming a long way, you know? Yes, and jazz. She, yeah. She, uh-huh. I mean, she still really. she, she still has youthful indiscretions. You know, at, while, while, she's, while she's listening to Bach, she can, you know, case would put on a beat me daddy eight to the bar. It, it, it's a very eclectic. Yes, 
Yes, and we had the Brandenburg concertos going in the background ah. while Judy Garland is singing <laughs> Smoke Gets in Your Eyes. This is good. That's right, exactly. All right. Well, I will, all I will right. let you all go and we have, have a great weekend. Sound good, Dan. Thanks so much. And I'll remind you of Thanks your Thanks so much. Homework. Take care. You too. Thanks, Dan. Homework. 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 Okay. Yeah. Well, we got two more. We we got two more callers tonight, and so I th- I think we'll we'll get time to get these two in. Uh, then we'll let Patricia get ready for the next day, even though t- the next day it's already today. It it is today already. Yeah. That's right. So, Patricia, I'm gonna hang I'm gonna hang up on you and call you back. Okay, I don't have to talk by myself. No, I'll be with you. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes, yeah. All right. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. You alone, you alone are the dream I have known. Bringing love to my lonely heart. Now there's heaven in view, now the dream has come true, for tonight I have Have told me. App, see updates. App, call mobiles you and space. You are my love, my own. Two, suggested zero. Come to my arms and hold me. I live for you alone. So. Say so, mio mio amor, quiero siempre en el mio corazón. All right, Paul, stand by. Hold on, I gotta get Patricia now. So stand by. back and we have but we have Paul now. Hello Paul, how are you doing? Hello, I miss you guys so much. Well, well we haven't talked with you forever. How are you doing? I uh, know, uh, I know. I'm doing pretty good. I'm hanging in there. Good. Paul <clears throat> in California. I know. Last yeah. week when you and I talked on I think on Sunday night you were being a bachelor, so how how has it worked out the last week or so? I know your wife or visiting uh, family, so yeah, she's still in Oregon. Um, 
with her dad just had a cancer operation. Oh, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. And, How is he yeah, doing? Yeah, but it's, he's doing good. Only only problem he's had is, uh, well, uh, the day after the operation, he, he's just throwing up like crazy, mm-hmm. um, had so much um, dark green, I would call it bile, so they put a hose through his nose and into his stomach to keep it drained mm-hmm. out of there. Yeah. And so he's he's not throwing up, and I guess they're going to try taking that out tomorrow. Good. See how it does. That does so, happen. I have a story about yeah. I have a story about that and throwing up. Uh, when I <laughs> I don't get came to mind, you know, when <laughs> when I was a little kid. <laughs> When I was a little kid, I I, okay. I went to a lot of eye surgeries. I think I went to like I five eye surgeries in two years, and one of the eye surgeries, well, Patricia can explain what they what what do they shoot you up with and turn you, put you asleep. I I I've forgotten the mixture of, you know, they have so many yeah. whatever those things. So I couldn't keep any of my meat. I couldn't keep anything down. You know, in the hospital. Remember in those days, there were 10 days hospital stays yeah. for eye surgery. Yeah. And I just couldn't keep anything down. And here, two days later, and here I was seven years old, and I was saying, I want pizza. I want <laughs> pizza. And, you know, you, you, you're sitting by the TV and hear these pizza commercials. Yeah. And, and so somehow the hospital staff, we're serving pizza that night, you know, out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I smelled it, so my mom took the chance and gave me. They brought a tray in, even though I wasn't supposed to eat. They, she gave me a slice, and somehow, remarkably, I was able to keep it down. So that's why they knew I was going to be okay. So you just never know. Well, yeah, that's pretty surprising because I wouldn't select that as something to <laughs> to eat when you've been thrown up. No, I you know, unfortunately, I, I'm a king at that. Ever since I was a teenager, I don't stop usually on my own. Uh-huh. End up having to go to the emergency room and and uh, get, get given all the good stuff. Yeah. And pain meds and, and uh, but, but. Yes. Uh, recently, recently, I just, well, uh, anyway. Anyway, it's spam. Spam, yeah. Spam. I've I've eaten a lot of spam in the Boy Scouts because I would take that when we'd be ba- uh, camping or backpacking. And I've never had I've spam. never I've never had spam. When I was in the Boy Scout. Well, you haven't. That. Okay. All right. We will. Oh. We will. It's a good product. Did you like it? Well, of course you liked it because you were taking yeah. it with you. <laughs> So yeah, what did you yeah, do? Did, did you fry it, Paul? What did you do in Boy Scout? Yeah. Fry it. Fry it, fry it. Fry it in a frying pan and then use that uh, fat for frying the eggs in it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and cut it about a half inch thick so there were rectangular pieces. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, that was good. Light sounds sounds like a, the way to go, though. It, well, it it makes me feel like I'm doing something constructive. Like this is this is only two arteries worth instead of four. <laughs> yeah. All right. Do you put that in in salad, Patricia? Sure. It's 
just like uh, without without it's already pre-cooked, right? It's pre-cooked and it's just mm-hmm. like canned ham. It's got a little bit of a spice to it and um, so really, yeah. You have to wipe off all the gel that's on the outside of it. There is there is almost no gel at all on the outside of it. Hmm. Okay. Maybe they're doing it different. I have another story to tell. Paul came up oh, with one for me. Larry oh. Gas Larry Gasman had a catastrophe in the kitchen last night. Um he couldn't find his dish cleaning soap and he was gonna and he cooked the chicken and he had all this grease and so he couldn't figure a way oh, how to get yuck, you cannot get that off without detergent. And so I told him what we did in Boy Scout, so Paul, you remember what we used to do to get rid of the grease when we were cooking outside? Use sand. Uh, no, I just remember. I, I don't recall that. I remember pouring it out. Uh, oh, you don't remember how to uh, clean? How did you clean no, your... Well, I, you, no, you didn't ask me that. You, okay. You said to take out the grease. I, I, I used to bring SOS pads. Okay. Use sand. Okay, well, mm-hmm. Patricia, yeah, Patricia is absolutely correct. That's what we used to do. We used to take dirt, good old clean dirt, and clean out our pants that way. It was a beautiful. <laughs> oh, oh, well, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would go over to the creek though and use sand. Yeah, yeah well, but that's what I would do. Yeah, but dirt better than sand. Well, sand is more abrasive, so it works faster. Yes, that's but, why it works. But th- but dirt is que- dirt is cleaner than sand, so it just you know. Mm-hmm. What? Dirt is cleaner. No, than dirt <laughs> is dirt is dirtier than sand. Sand. Yeah. Not, yeah it, 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 works, it works just fine after you rinse it out, you know. If well, you yes. Yeah. Uh, well, if you didn't have a creek, but but still nowadays that would be a no-no. Uh, with EPA and all that, and oh, even geez. if you had, you know, the, the well, soap, they, they, everything. What can oh, I, yeah, but, you know, but you're not, if you don't have soap, and you're out there in the wilderness, you got to use something to get rid of the grease, and so it's well, dirt. Yeah, yes, well, yes. It'll, SOS pads are, re- are really light. SOS pads are really light, see, and, and, and you, if you bring a couple of those, Cowboys you're all. Cowboys did not have SOS pads. <laughs> I know what it. boys? Cowboys. What boys? Cowboys. Cowboys. Oh no. They don't. No, they didn't have. It. Now, if SOS you were roughing pads. it and doing it correctly, you wouldn't have SOS pads with you. You wouldn't have Brillo. You wouldn't have detergent. Honest to goodness, I thought I raised you guys better than that. <laughs> so, Patricia. Well, no, but we've done. Uh, I've done it all the ways. You know, okay. I mean, with the sand. With the sand, but but nowadays I I wouldn't I wouldn't go do that in the creek now. Okay, Patricia, you I know I know how much no, you love. I, I know how much you love camping. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Have you ever cleaned any grease pants out with dirt? No. Oh, okay. You missed out on one of the great experiences of life. Okay, just wanted to make sure. I- Okay. You know, there are so many things I've missed out on, Walt, and I think this one I can live without. Well, here's one kind of in that in that vein. Uh-huh. If you're working on your car, you know, barehanded, working on your car, and you've got all kinds of grease all in on your hands, mm-hmm. what what's a good way to get that off? Well, I remember what John Bickerson used. 
What? The cat. The cat. The cat. The cat. Nature boy. Yeah, there's this whole routine. What John Baker said is hundred. I remember what Blanche said. It was something stupid like a rag is moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, 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 there, there's what? this whole storyline where John Bickerson's working on a car and he needs a car, and and Blanche comes out and said, and he said, well, let me get you. Let me go get your towel to clean your hands. He said, no, I'm petting the cat. You know, the the cat. Just, yeah, she she wanted to know. What the, what the I, cat? I wish I could remember uh -huh. exactly, but you're right. And, <laughs> and John said, I'm using him as a mop. Yeah, she wanted to know what he was using for a rag. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't bother, I've got the cat. <laughs> was using oh, man, now what, what a mess that would be. Cat hair all over greasy hands. Well, this is what you can do. If you just take fresh oil, clean oil, and, and put that on your hands, since what you're, what the grease is is, you know, oil-based. Yeah. Um, it, it, so that cuts right through and cleans mm -hmm. it off, and you can just wipe your hands off with the rags. That works great. I never thought. Well, didn't and, and, they used to use tarp, tarpon pine? Turpentine? Wasn't that a cleaner? Turpentine. No. Turpentine. Well, yeah, it is, but I've never used that for cleaning my hands. Well, if you can, not if you can, one of the recommendations for things like bubble gum in kids' hair is olive oil. So I'm not olive surprised oil. that any Ooh. kind of oil would work that stuff out, too. That's a flashback. I was in a, sitting in a movie theater on a 7, and somebody stood up behind and dropped their gum in my hair. I sat in that movie uh, to yanking my yanking the gum out of my hair. That I'll, I'll never forget that. that. Oh man, yeah, that's gross. That's gross. Yeah. I remember gasoline being used. Yes, gasoline that would be good. Gasoline lighter fluid. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm All the stuff that's safe. <laughs> yeah. Right. Good grief. That's right. Well, that was one of my favorite smells as a kid with gasoline. Because I guess it, yeah. really, it really does not have a smell. I guess those are oh, added. Yes, it does. It, it, those, actually, those are oh, added. You mean, you, oh, those oh, are oh, added I'm, elements. Those are added elements to make to give out that smell. Now, when you say gas, are you oh. talking about gasoline? Correct. Or the kind of gas that you have for your stove? Gasoline. Gasoline. Yeah, that's what I remember. As a kid, that would to me that would a that would a good smell. Yeah, it was, it, and it doesn't smell that good now. With the they stuff they it? have in it now, huh? It's it's not as good. Uh, yeah, boy, and to think how many times I've had my hands in that clean cleaning parts. Oof, bad stuff, and and with it being leaded too back then. Mm-hmm. So you could have gotten yeah. you could have gotten lead poisoning, I guess, theoretically. Yes, yes. Wow. Yes. So maybe maybe I did. I don't know. And we probably did after it got out in the environment all over the place. We probably did have people who wound up very ill and didn't know why. That's right. Well, that's why they got rid of lead paint, right? Because they were afraid people were getting oh, yes. sick. And well, little kid, kids dying. chewing on it on. They're chewing the windowsills and stuff, you know, and, and getting it and chewing cribs and and all of that stuff. Um, I remember hearing on the news about um, this, this certain neighborhood in San Francisco where 
uh, you know, they have a lot of raised freeway there mm-hmm. going going through the city and whatnot. Well, the the kids that were, I think it was like a housing project that were right there, and the kids were playing in the dirt and stuff out there, and the lead um, from all those years of cars driving by was in the dirt, and so it ended up poisoning the kids. Wow. My dad remembers in the 30s yeah. that my dad remembers in the 30s, all the soldiers, the toy soldiers, were all made out of lead. They were made out of lead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah in, the, in the movie The Patriot, the the movie The Patriot uh-huh. with Mel Gibson, uh-huh. he his young son got killed, and um, they show Mel Gibson melting down his um, toy soldiers for making bullets. You know, oh. as so they were special to him. Mm. It was interesting thing. I was, I was just thinking. My my, I have, my dad had my uncle her marbles, and I still have one here in my drawer. And in those days, in the thirties, the marbles were so much bigger than what we had as kids. I I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's yeah, there's two two sizes available. Mm-hmm. But these were gigantic compared to what I remember as a kid. Our marbles were a lot smaller. And yeah, I, th- I think the gigantic ones are. What what did we call those? The, were those the targets? I don't know what we called them, but the the great big ones weren't they the ones that you had to hit out of a circle? Maybe so. But. Oh? Yeah, I'm not right. sure because uh, we didn't. If if I ever played it the way that it was meant to be played, uh, I I really don't remember it well. So I don't think we were all playing marbles, uh, you know. Like we were probably the the generation where it ended up stopping. Huh. Yeah. You know, had their from playing it. I, I think I think if you had a ball bearing, you would call that a steely, a steely. Oh, yeah, I think that uh, I think that's what those. What? You now this is something I remember. Mm-hmm. To you have this is something they did to make the marble all crazed with cracks all throughout them. Mm-hmm. Um, I seem to remember my older sisters. They'd put it in a frying pan and, and make the frying pan all hot, and then they would throw water in it, oh. and the marbles would end up getting all cracked up. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I I I remember one thing. Occasionally, my uh, my uncle's marbles that I would pass down to that kid, they would break and they would split right in half. So I guess they they were made out of glass, and somehow yeah, they are. And when they broke, it was always interesting to kid to see it split down and there might be a little lump or whatever. But mm-hmm. it was all glass in those days. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I think. They were always glass. Mm. You know, and they would typically have little uh, different color on the yep. inside. It's kind of I remember that twisted throughout it. Maybe look like a flower-like kind of. And my grandma had decorative ones that were just without those designs, but they had little small, small bubbles all throughout yep. them. And mm-hmm. I used to take those and hold them up to my eye, and and it would look like outer space to me. There's all those bubble bubbles look like yep. little stars. 
mm-hmm. as, you, as you moved them around. I remember when she died, I got a bunch of those, if not all of them. She had them in like a little tray. I was just thinking of glass. I don't know. Paul might remember this. I don't know if you, you have this, Patricia. On the West Coast, especially if you lived in the desert, in the old days, remember what color, if you had a Coca-Cola bottle, Paul, what color the glass would turn Turn if you left the bottles out in the desert? Oh, well, I would say bluish. Bluish, any glass. Yeah, it, it was pretty much like out. a... It was like a purple bluish color, you know. It, it, it was. Uh, yeah. I did. Radiation. Yeah. I think the radiation, like uh, any a lot of old bottles, it will be that color, a bluish, bluish color. But the Coca-Cola bottles were greenish uh, color already, mm-hmm. so they probably had a head start. Head start to becoming blue. Oh. <laughs> uh, there, there's. I have never been to this beach, but there's a beach called Glass Beach huh. up in the northern Northern California. My brother and his wife have been there, and uh, it's right next to an old uh, glass factory. Okay. And so they they would throw their junk glass apparently over the cliff, and uh, it would get washed just like stones that get all rounded. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just full of this old, you know, polished glass, polished but be matte color, you know, uh, mm-hmm. glass from, from that factory. So that's got to be really cool to, to see that and walk on it and everything. Yeah, my my dad, when I remember, because for health insurance, he had an overnight job for Block Glass, which was a glass-making company. And mm-hmm. I remember as a kid how fascinated I was how hot those plants were. The, the, the assembly lines of making glass in mm-hmm. the fact it was like, it was, you could see, I remember just seeing the open flame while you while they were making, you know, ashtrays or bowls or yes. different things. It was pretty amazing how they would take the sand wow. and, and, and shape it into glass. Mm-hmm. I've only seen it in documentaries and films and how stuff is made, but those, those um, I think they call them, I can't remember. Furnace, the, the, yeah. The ovens, yeah, and the furnaces. Right. Um, it, it's just unreal. Unreal. I wonder if what they add to it. I mean, not all sand looks like clear glass, you know. No, it's so, not. Uh, in the first place, where are they getting it? It was hmm? some form of chemical. Sil- I, then I, silica. Then, yeah, the next time I get Dad on the show with Patricia, I will ask Dad yeah. about that. He can explain uh, what the oh, chemical do. We, we have silica in our beach sand. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's, that's one of the, the, the really white sand that they call the sugar sand yes. has a lot of silica in it. Um, and, and that's a dangerous stuff to breathe. Is it? It's very dangerous. Yes, it is. It, oh. uh, uh, I'm not sure if they would call it silicosis or um, very bad lung disease. So oh. yeah, I, it may say on this, on bags of sand, it may say do not use without um, protection. 
uh, I, I, I remember um, my uh, teacher that um, did the night school metal shop, uh, uh-huh. which I would go to when I was in high school. Um, he had me sandblast um, <clears throat> all these bricks on his house once. Um, I'm sure, though, that I was probably only using those little white papers, I hope. Uh, I hope that's. <laughs> I hope I didn't breathe too much of that stuff back then. Wow. Uh, oh. You know, I mean, I have asthma. Well. So, so I. So you know, I, it makes me think. With all the glass, uh, where are they getting all of this sand that they're using? Mm-hmm. You know, because they're 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 not just going to all the beaches and just taking out sand and having an endless supply. So, that's true. You know, where exactly is it get, coming from? You know, that's yeah, what makes no. me wonder. Well, I guess we're gonna have, to have my dad the next time. Yeah, we'll, we'll have him on the show. Yeah. We can talk about we can talk about my dad' days of making glass and maybe Patricia want to talk about my my dad's my dad days of being. A dynamite expert. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, my dad, my dad did a whole year as a hard rock miner, so he used to be the guy in charge of doing the blast. Wow. Yeah. yeah that, that's cool. <laughs> you know, that reminds me, um, at, up at my pastor's property, it's only like 22 miles away from here. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's way up in the hill, way up in the hills. And back in the day, there was all kinds of mining being done up there for a variety of things. And so there's actually, uh, you know, holes going into the sides of hills and whatnot. Uh, and one's going straight down vertically as well. And one time when I was wild boar hunting up there, now, I was going underneath all of this manzanita to try to, uh, who was working like a drive, to drive any out for my friend who um, actually was caretaking my pastor's property up there and was uh, the very first time that he was um, hunting. And I had spotted a couple running down into this stuff. So I was going through it and hopefully giving him something to shoot at uh, that would be running out of there. And down near the bottom, I found this this big rock, and there was a, just a very small little shelf like on the rock, and there was this old can that had a lid that was just like part ways open, and it was mm-hmm. 100% rusty. And when I picked it up, uh, and I looked inside, and I saw something was in there, you know, and you I shook it, and oh, you could no. hear it. So when I came out down in the bottom. I said, check out this can that I found sitting on this rock. Mm. And I poured it out onto the ground, and there was this little tin, and it was, had blasting caps in it. And there also was what was uh, the remnants of uh, sticks of dynamite, the very, wow. very bottom, very bottom of them. Uh, of them were left, you know, the, the round bottom, the mm-hmm. crease-like bottom. And then just part way up the side, maybe two inches at the most, but there was uh, sweated out crystalline on the outside, which my understanding is, um, uh, what do you call it, nitroglycerin, um, Mm -hmm. sweats out of dynamite eventually. And uh, my my feeling that 
all those little beads on the outside of that were probably nitroglycerin, all that was, was left on there. But we, I never opened the blasting caps. You know, it actually had it, the the lid was embossed, uh-huh. so you could you could read it, what it was. And um, my my friend said he had it up on the shelf in the kitchen uh, for the rest of the years that he lived there. Five years, I think. And um, then when my pastor comes home, I don't know what he has done with it, but. I thought it would be good. Uh, we've had some pretty big bonfires up there, and it would, would, <laughs> that would be a good way to get rid of it. Would just be to throw it in the middle of a big bonfire and then yes, step and way, way back. <laughs> and run, yes. Oh my! You remember oh. when we were kids? You know, when I was a kid, they they used to have commercials warning warning kids about blasting caps. If you ever really? find these, you know, huh. yes, they did, they did. So there must have been kids, kids getting killed with them, you know, or sure. terribly maimed with them. Uh, I, you know, there there are different mines in various places. I think up by mm-hmm. the Concord area, there's some uh, mines that, you know, like keep out, but people would go up there all the time. Because so, I remember that being the, in keep the news. Keep out doesn't keep people out. And no. I'm curious about why. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Gosh, I remember when I was real real young uh, and we were at Virginia City. And I actually met the priest that married my mom and dad. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, because uh, he was working up there. And uh, I remember us going up this hill because this, there was this family that was living in this pretty big, old, old house. And, and we ended up sleeping there, I don't know, at least a couple nights. But um, they took us up this hill, the kids, you know, up, up this hill. And there was no fencing around this or nothing. But there, there was these mining shafts that went straight down. You know, Ooh. and that would that would that would have branched off to the sides and stuff. There's nothing yeah. keeping I, keeping you from falling in there. I was at Virginia City where our our family were on vacation, and we stopped in. I remember two things: we took a tour of a gold mine, or uh, no, I guess it's been silver silver mine in Virginia City. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, it was the home for a while of a very famous American author, Patricia. You want to get through, spent some of his days uh, writing in Virginia City. Zane Gray. More famous. Oh. Oh, more man. Fam- more famous I, than Zane Gray. I can't, I can't answer, huh? Oh, you can answer. You can answer. Go ahead. Huh? Go ahead, Paul. Mark Twain? That's right. Mark Twain? It was, it was the home of Mark Twain, and I think... He, I think he it was where he wrote the famous story, the day where the the frog took the really long jump. I'm trying to think of the. Uh, oh, Calaveras. Yes. The Calaveras frog jump yes, one. Yes, that's why I think he wrote that story. Okay, he's writing for the saw, newspaper. Mm-hmm. I just saw a Bonanza episode that had Mark Twain in it, and uh, and he mentioned that book, or he mentioned the frog jump that he was going there. To, to see something when he was leaving this town, he yeah. was he was working he was uh, working uh, 
a, a newspaper. That's right. What what he was doing. That's sort of what I remember. Fog. That's sort of what I remember about Virginia City of almost 35, 38 years ago. So. Um, did you go to um, Carson City? Nevada? I know. I because I don't think I've ever been to Carson City. I know. I know. Um, I know my my mom and dad. My mom and dad really. My dad was thinking about staying there, but my mom wanted to come further west. So, I know my folks like Carson City. Your dad, your dad wanted to live there. Uh huh. Oh, interesting. But but my um, they my, have see they when you said you went into like a little mine. I'm thinking because uh, uh, Carson City has a little. Um, uh, what do you call it? A museum had a little museum, and right. you went underground, and 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 you saw every step of how they they you know with the mining and the separating out and everything with the silver, right? And the, and then I'm sure they they had a, a press too showing you how they made the the, the coins. For and people, because when we were in Virginia mm-hmm. City, I didn't I didn't know of any mine that we could go in there and see. It wasn't a very big mine. It was you walk into a building and they, you paid the money and you went into a mine. For people who may or may not know, Nevada was sort of the big silver rush, and that's why it still has a lot of that silver in in Nevada. Oh, speaking of the speak of the devil. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine's father, um, <laughs> him and his dad uh, had had a construction company. And they did a lot of um, uh, roads and stuff. In fact, they had uh, the Tahoe Airport, the small airport. Mm-hmm. Um, they they did that runway there, and and um, they did when they were doing roads, um, and uh, so all, a lot of stuff was getting destroyed, and inclu- including old wooden sidewalks. Well, they found a lot of silver coins. Uh, there wow. under buildings and under the sidewalks. Oh my goodness! Yeah, which probably would have been worth a pretty penny. I bet it would. <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul. Pretty, pretty interesting, huh? Absolutely. Well, Paul, I'm gonna let you go. I got get one more call in case it's a little late for Patricia. Because you know I gotta put her yeah, to bed at a certain hour. You know, if not, I'm so delicate. if not the. Uh, the b- the bug bites might yeah. bite or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you you're shooting to go to bed at uh, midnight our time. Well, no, Pat- yeah. For Patricia, I try to get her, I try to get her to bed by midnight our time normally. So we're gonna get one more call in, and then right, okay. I then I'm gonna tuck her in bed because she needs her she needs her beauty sleep after fighting the hurricanes all week. <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Paul. Well, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're safe, Patricia, and I'm glad I got through. Yeah, I, I too. I'm glad I got through. We'll talk. Okay. We'll you talk take, to you soon. You take care. Bye bye. Okay. Goodbye. All right, Patricia. I'm gonna hang up on you and get our last call. Okay. Goodbye. Master Fisher was back 
Forget the moment we kissed the night of the hayride. The way that we hugged to try to keep warm while taking the sleigh ride. Magic moments, memories we've been sharing. moments, when two hearts are caring. Time can't All right, mystery call. You stay right there. I'm gonna get, the, I'm gonna get Patricia. So you just stay right there, mystery call. All right. A Saturday dance. I got up the nerve to send you some flowers. Magic moments, memories we've been sharing. Magic moments when two hearts are kissing. Time can't erase the memory of these magic. Stand by, stand by. I'm, I'm, I'm getting. Uh, stand by. I'm getting. I'm getting her really soon. So stand by. Whenever our team was scoring a touchdown, the time that the floor fell out of my car oh, when I put the clutch down. Plus one, the penny arcade for days of replay, the fun and the prizes. The Halloween hop when everyone came in funny disguises. Hello again. All right. Mystery call, are you there? Uh-oh. No, no mystery caller? Did she hang up on us? Oh, no. I heard wet peckering. Oh, no. Hmm. Hmm. What happened? Hmm. Who's supposed to be there? Oops, there he goes. Okay, <laughs> we're, we're going to try one more time. Who's, he hung up, whoever. Yep. Who's supposed to be there? So, stand by. I'm going to hang up on you. I'm going to give it one more shot. Jaws Professional Skype Trademark Dash Call Quality Feedback. Cancel. O tab. Plus one three three four eight. O tab. Skype Trademark Dash Call tab. Star star tab. Star star star. O tab. Plus one. O tab. Skype Trademark Left. Tab. On tab. Walden tab. Search edit. Active favorite. Dan Fred from Mike Ron Martin Ed Clue Patricia from Bill Bragg Bill Enter Bill Bragg Alt button Alt tab Skype Trade oh. tab Online tab Walden tab Search edit tab See update tab Call mobiles and last space Call phones right, Enter number edit Uh huh Three three four Uh huh Eight zero seven six zero six two 
Enter plus one tab. Insert tab. Call button tab. Add the group call. Enter plus one three three four eight zero seven six zero six two. Bill Bragg. Well, let's see if this works. Oh. Okay, can you hear me now? I can hear you All now. right, you stay, you stay right there. Don't say a word. And I'm going to get... I will not. Yeah, okay, hold on. All tab plus one okay. three three four eight all tab plus one all tab Skype trademark left tab create a tab add a new tab recent tab plus one three tab plus one tab Frank Ressi John Frank Bill Brack Patricia from FLO application send invite to enter leaving menus plus one three three unloading jock hands okay enter all right this should work now who's there all right mystery call you can talk to the other person. Um, hello from Alabama. Did you hang up on us? <laughs> no, I didn't hang up. Something happened. I couldn't hear anything, and I thought the call didn't go through. Oh, it's because Walden was calling me. <laughs> it's one of those I... things. You're part of an adventure tonight. That's right. Apparently. <laughs> well, making hey, I have one. We're making do with what we're making do with what we got. You know what I mean? <laughs> There you go. Yes, what we're doing. And there you go. And um, are we are we going to mention who you are? I I am Patricia's sister from Alabama. There you go. How many sisters does she have in Alabama? How many sisters does she have? Last <laughs> <laughs> last count, I had one. <laughs> Are, are you planning on more? For, 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 I, I, I don't think so. For, for the audience who, who's never heard the beautiful voice from Alabama. Oh. See? I know how to soft shelf everything. You know, for tricking. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Barbara. So now, now introduction to a done for the family. Go ahead. You two. Yes, the, the person she should have come to um, to get away from the storm. What? I didn't have a storm. <laughs> the hurricane. I didn't have well, that, one. That was, that was, well, that was just in case, you know? <laughs> you could have come up for it just in case. <laughs> just, just in case. Well, I, ha no. I have something to say to you, Patricia. Uh-oh. Um, I had the, the same homework assignment in sixth grade. <laughs> you got in trouble, too? Do you, I'm sorry, do, do you know who caught? Do you know who, who caught trouble in your class? Oh, absolutely. Uh huh. And absolutely. how many? How how much of a part did you play? Um, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shuffle, shuffle, golly, gee whiz! That was what? high school. Yeah. Well, oh, that's even worse. Um, <laughs> I was prepared to forgive you for grammar school. <laughs> what did I do in grammar school? I, that well, was so if, bad. If, if your punishment happened in grammar school, I was prepared to forgive you. But since it happened in high school, you were far more aware of the rules. What did you do? <laughs> you know what I did. <laughs> oh, no. You got punished for that? Oh, no, I didn't get punished for it. No, nobody knew who did it. <laughs> Well, what kind of an assignment did you get then? No, in sixth grade. 
They heard about it from the future generation? Is that how that got passed down? I, I think this <laughs> is probably something that got passed on from father to son, from father uh-huh. to son. What was, something. What, what, was, what, what was the commercial for that, Walden? I do not. It was Wait a wine. It was a oh. wine. One that from was advertised on... Uh, um, I, I think... I think yes, 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 yes. Uh, um... Oh my God! Oh yeah, I know. I know. I know. We took good time to make good wine. It was passed down yes. from father to son, father to yes. son. Uh, yes. And they and they made muscatel. Yes. And wasn't that oh. a perfume? <laughs> oh, Walden, help me here. I, I'm drawing the blank. I'll, you know, I'll think of it. I'll think of it in a little while. It's the it's one. After you go to. I know. After you go to bed, please don't let me know. Forty-four to forty-six. Oh, I'll, I'll, you'll, you want me to call you the next day? Yes. Yes. This is good. Oh gosh, we have them. Oh my goodness! Isn't that awful? I think I think the bottles are very famous because the company's no longer being made, and I think they can buy them on eBay or something from some gigantic price or something. I'll come up with it. Bummer? No. I'll come up with it. You two keep talking. I'll come up with okay, it. Okay. If you do a little Google search, I bet you come up with it. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Look it up. Oh, I, look it up. Yeah, look it up. Who would ever ask who would ever ask who to say look it up on a phone call? Who, who would ever have? What did I, what would that ever happen? That's what we say to one another uh-huh. when yeah, we, they already we ask that. the question. Uh-huh. Oh, do they? Uh huh. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Patri- <laughs> Patricia shares all family secrets. You know that's, that that one that one been let out of the bag here the last couple of weeks. So Patricia have announced that to the Uh-oh. world. Yeah. What, what what else did she let out of the bag? <laughs> Petri wine. Petri wine. Very good. Petri wine. Petri wine. What else did you let out of the bag, Patricia? Well, as far as I know, that's the only thing. That's not letting it out of the bag. They keep telling me to look it up, and I said, you sound like my sister. <laughs> no. They said, you're, you're on the Internet. Look it up. Well, she's taking a- lessons from home here. <coughs> she's always got um, the computer in front of her. So it's well, easier to say to her, just look it up. <laughs> and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me ask yeah. you, Barb, let me ask you a really, really big question here. Uh-oh. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hang up. Hang up now. Okay. You when you when you when you were a little little girl, oh boy, really small. Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. And you ever and you had homework to do. Yeah. Did you ever go to your big sister and ask her to help you out? Um, actually, 
no. No. Uh, she was smarter because, than that. <laughs> no, actually, I'll tell you honestly, because she had her her own homework to do, and that was a lot. And um, <laughs> my mother usually had me at the dining room table, and if I had a problem, then she would come in and, uh-huh. and usually uh, work with me. But, um, you know, I, I knew that uh, Patricia would know the answer to everything, but I honestly speaking, <laughs> I didn't want to bother her. You can stay on huh? the phone now. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, seriously, I just didn't want to bother her. We, well, when we I was shared in high school, her... I was working all the time, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, mm. you know, it, it was usually my mother. That, yeah, my that answered yeah. questions. So the answer is no, Walden. Okay. I guess you why never I'm asked me. <laughs> I'm, I'm crushed. You never asked me. Huh. Well, you ne- you never asked me uh, to teach you the baton either. That's true. I didn't want to know. Yes, you I, it, did. It, well, it's illegal to hurt someone with a baton. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, she was good. She was good at that. Yes, I was. Yes, you yes, are. I was. Yes, I said she was good. Mm-hmm. She was yep. good. Okay. So what kind of weather are you having up there at this very moment? Well, the sprinklers just went off. They went and off. The See, I, I told you you talk New York. <laughs> they went off. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll say, no. and I have to go drink my coffee now. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, um, yeah. I think I had we had some wind uh, from the hurricane, maybe because it was pretty windy all day long. Uh, it's way but out in the ocean it. right now. I was I was hoping for maybe a little bit of rain. Yeah, no, but you're not. Nothing going to see happened. Any, nothing, and if you had wind, it wasn't from the storm either. It's out in the Atlantic. Um, did you hear anything about Jacksonville? No, they didn't. They didn't take a direct hit. They they got hurt, but. I haven't looked for any information about it. South Carolina mm-hmm. took the uh, took the hit. I had oh. uh, some friends in uh, Port Orange, mm-hmm. and um, I hadn't heard from them. And I emailed them, and they were on their way up the coast. And I told them, you know, that uh, I was here if they needed me, that they could stop in and spend a night or two here. <laughs> Pop but. in. You're 700 <laughs> miles from us. <laughs> no, well, they usually come through through Alabama. Oh, okay. To, you know, I don't know where their daughter's house or yeah. something up in the yeah. up in the Midwest. No, we but. we did okay. And I, the I, East Coast got. I have a trivia hmm? question for both you ladies. A trick okay. question? Is that what you said? A trivia question. Oh, trivia! Oh, okay. I thought you said a trick question. No. I was going to go to bed. I know. What okay, what what is, what's Jacksonville known for in in the in the whole United States? Oh, it's the largest city. Correct. The largest city of what? It's the largest incorporated city in the lower forty-eight. Right. I don't know about any further than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, the entire county. Right. It's I, almost I, the entire county that is. Incorporated as a city. Right. I think I think the, the what I've read is the largest amount of land incorporated in the counties in Jacksonville, the largest one in the whole United States. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just learned something tonight. Uh-huh. <laughs> See, you could have come to me for your homework. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could have, I guess. <laughs> but you were always too busy. No, if you, hired, you if you weren't doing homework, you were... I got hired. If you weren't doing homework, you were working. That's true. See? I wasn't there. It's not that you didn't want to ask me. You couldn't. I feel better with that. <laughs> there, there you go. There yeah, you I go. feel better with that. I feel better with oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, we'll leave it at that then. <laughs> we will leave it at that. Well, we are winding down. It is after 3 o'clock here. I was just going to say, um, Walden, thank you for calling me back. Oh, thank you. This is a long way you get to talk to your sister Then I do my Skype thing because the phone thing wasn't working. Now, maybe next week everybody will be fixed, but at least I want to thank everybody for playing the game. The oh, game oh. is giving me your number. That's, that's the game that we played tonight. So, and it was oh, an adventure. Yeah. I got to hang up and pick up and hang up and pick up and talk by myself <laughs> and talk to myself. <laughs> it was really an interesting night. Uh-huh. Mm, you're going to have to explain that to me tomorrow. And look how it tomorrow. finished. I know. Patricia will give you the facts of life tomorrow, What how we did things. I was just going to say, yes. <laughs> He'll explain it to me tomorrow. Well, I hope um, everybody has a good night's sleep. And uh, Walden, again, thank you for calling no problem. me back. And Patricia, I will speak with you tomorrow. Walden, you have a wonderful weekend. You too, Barbara. We'll talk to you me soon. Me too. Me but too. Thank, thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So that was our last phone call of the evening. It's Patricia and I the rest of the way, or... If she wants to go do her push-ups, that's up to that's up to her. My my push-ups. Or setting up. Are getting carried away here. Or just or, or just setting up exercises or whatever you want to do. All I have to do is sit on the floor and get up just, several times. Just keep doing it. Yeah. So we'll see. Right leg. Patricia said. Patricia said tonight <laughs> her goal by next Saturday. Mm. She said her own goal was what? What was the number you gave Patricia? Five times okay. before next Saturday. Okay, that's all we're asking for, five times. I can do that. Now, if she does it only three times, we'll give her 60%. If she does it four times, we'll give her 80%. That would be a B. So that we'll, go, we'll go by the grade scale. So. And then if I don't get an A, then for it. No, we'll just, we'll just say, what, what's your... What's Suppose your I get a D. What are, are you... No, no. I won't, but if I got a D... What would my punishment be? I would I'd say have to repeat the class. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, what what's your goal for next week? We'll just uh, we'll just goal setting here. Uh, That's all. You're too kind. You're too kind. Well, you don't give me 88 hours of homework. No, I would never do that. Not in one night. Uh, awful, awful, awful. Well, it was really scary. I'm only about fifty percent finished. I haven't even finished reading the assignments yet. What what did the oh, teacher God. say the next day when everybody turned into a party? She just accepted. She just accepted everything that people were turning in. Like I hope she felt ashamed of herself. Was she known? Was she did? Was she known to have that kind of reputation throughout the year? I never heard that. And I, honestly, I think she was just having. One of those bad days, uh-huh. and whatever happened in the classroom set her off. I can't honestly remember what went on. It couldn't have been that terrible if you can't remember what prompted such an awful reaction. That's true. But it 
well, maybe we didn't hush up or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. She <laughs> just kept knocking them off and knocking them. And here's something to add to your oh, great. list. And oh, here's great. here's another thing to add to your Oh, my goodness. Is it 3 o'clock yet? <laughs> <laughs> and the answer was no. She oh. was still going strong at 3 o'clock. Oh, uh, dear. Oh, well, oh, we Walden, it was awful. Where were you when I needed you? I, I should, you should have called me. <laughs> <laughs> Would you please take care of this for me? <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we've got all of your, all of your um, questions. If you'd like to go through, of course, of course, my dear. Okay. And anyway, just remind everybody after Patricia, we're gonna play the one the uh, Bite Zone drummer interview. So that's that's what we got planned oh. for the rest of the night. Okay. So I, I just want my extra cup of coffee. So, so we just want to let everybody know. Okay. Thank you for reminding us. That's gonna be great. Yep. He had a little oh. bit. He he was on a speakerphone, and so once in a while there was a little speedback whistle. So just don't mind that, everybody. It's just a good interview. In the eight ninety four, I didn't want to disconnect, reconnect. Mm -mm. So you no, know. No, 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 no. So. No. So. Nope. As long as you can, you know, I'm not a purist. So yeah. None of this ever affects me. There are some people who are very sensitive to that kind of feedback and artifacts. Right. And it didn't happen all the time, but but no. I guess... But, you know, you get an interview like that, yeah. and it just makes up for everything else. Correct. So I everything. guess I just wanted to warn everybody ahead of time. So the, okay. the rest of the floor is to the Florida gal, the adorable <laughs> one. The gal? The... <laughs> You the Patricia. Me a gal. The gal. Well, I'm trying to think what rhymes for Florida. I I prefer <laughs> lady, you know. Gal and Florida work together. I don't think. I don't think. How about the Sunshine State? The Sunshine State. What? That's what, what we are. What? What? What would What would go with Sunshine State and Patricia? Me. The lady of Patricia. The lady of the Sunshine State. No, our bright sunny person. This. Sunshine. Shiny face or something. Here he is. Here she is, sunshine. At three in the morning. I like that. Yeah. I can be sunshine. You yeah. can be sunshine. That's good. Yeah. We really are the sunshine state. Oh, what's California? Oh, you've got a bear out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, let me think. <laughs> That's our but big old mascot. It's a bear. You have a bear on your flag. Yeah, That's we do. Exact, yeah. Um, and Look. you are... Texas is the Lone Star State. Mm -hmm. um, what's your what's your what's your state mascot? <laughs> My state mascot. Yeah. We, <laughs> we I don't know that we have a mascot. We have a state animal. We have a state mammal. We have two state fishes. We have. Okay. What the animal? What the animal for Florida? A manatee. What that? That's the mammal. Yeah. Um, a manatee is a great big. Underwater elephant. Um, really? It's actually a mammal. It comes up for air. Okay. But very slow moving. Okay. And they get damaged by boats very often because they can't move fast enough to get away uh. from the So the poor babies, they really get hurt. So I, I forget. Honest okay. Honest goodness, I forget. What are you? Well, what the bear you, state. How did you get a bear on your flag? Well, uh, okay, I guess it's from the mountains, I guess. You know, California bears, the golden bears, you know. Okay. 
Okay. So Cause you are a New Jersey lady, and you grew up in New York. What yes. what what is New Jersey and New York animals? <laughs> <laughs> I see this as a homework assignment, with Dan. The current, with Dan, the this is political fiasco that's going on up there. Yeah. With the George Washington Bridge yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't think I should tell you. <laughs> You got what? The raccoon state. I don't. I really don't remember Walden, and, sh and I'm ashamed of myself. That's okay. So this is this is something. This is oh, I got an idea for next week. Maybe we can find a list of all stuffy animals, and we can ask. Pe we can give them out. All right, you can give a you can give out an animal. You can say which which state did this animal belong to. Okay, that's fine. And and many of them have more than one, such as Florida. We have. More than one of everything. But 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 you just said okay, like you weren't excited about doing that one. No, well, I mean that's that's really fun. I can do that. It wouldn't be very difficult. Okay. Um, it'll only take seven hours. <laughs> <laughs> but don't worry about me. I'll be fine. There's gotta be a site that lists all the animals of the, uh, you well, know. That's fun. That's better than listing the states. You know. Yeah, I mean, I don't do well, obviously, with states. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me look this up, Walden. What is it? Email to Dan. Have him look it up for us and send you the list. What do you think? No, I mean, I'll, I'll do the list. I need to know what California is. You keep taking right turns on me. What a golden bear. That's our, that's our animal. No, no, like we are the sunshine state. Texas is the lone yeah. star state. Yeah, I don't know. What is... You don't know? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you really don't know? I don't. <laughs> All right, hold on just a minute. <laughs> oh, there's no wonder you didn't want to answer my question. I have no idea. Maybe we don't, you know, the gold rush. I don't know. No. The 49ers. No. <laughs> California, the golden state. Yeah. You are the golden. Okay. <laughs> Try to make I sense. Can't forget it. I can't believe this. <laughs> please tell me. Please tell me. Well, this is a good idea for next week. We'll make a list. Oh, please tell me. Well, it's better than the states. It won't take too long. Would it be? Well, email Dan. What's the state one? <laughs> uh, you are the golden state. Okay. I would not have remembered that. No, I would either. This is where we take geography lessons, I think. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Poor Ed. <laughs> kept, kept my, my Monongahela River straight. <laughs> he's, he's, he's feeling sorry for me. He, he called me ge geography challenged. We are. And I, and, and I am. It, it's My brain does not do geography well. If well, you tell me... If you tell me something or show me something, I'm pretty okay on retaining it. But, you know, ask well, me where Moscow I, is in the middle of Alaska. You know, partly, I don't think in the, in the 30 through the 80s of school, or let's put it this way, maybe from the 50s through the 80s, I don't think mm -hmm. geography was that big of an important subject. It didn't spend a lot of time no. in school, no. was it? No, it wasn't. 
It was, it was abstract. Yeah. They would talk about Pearl Harbor having been bombed in Hawaii. I didn't know where Hawaii was. No. I never did until I grew up a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot of bit. You're still trying to find the where the George Washington Bridge is at, you know. <laughs> what a mess! That is. <laughs> do you do you know? I I keep in touch with so many different newspapers. Do you know what the fiasco is up about about the George Washington Bridge? Well, the one the one I've heard was about three or four years ago. That whole is it that the the shutdown of the bridge, right? It the yes. Yeah. Our New Jersey governor's office, yes, as a result of a mayor not endorsing uh, Mr. Christie right. for governor, wound up being punished by having two entry lanes to the George Washington Bridge closed down ostensibly for a traffic study, which mm -hmm. of course was, you know, blowing smoke. It was a retaliation, is what the prosecutors are talking about retaliation for non-support and endorsement of Governor Christie. And it turned out, it, I think it was a couple of days this went on, and there were traffic jams. It might as, might as well have been down to Georgia. It was just awful. People and, you know, somebody yep. had a heart attack. in tra It was yep. really a serious thing. And that's what they're going after now. It's in court. They've They've got a trial going on, and um, Governor Cuomo from New York has been pulled into it and said, oh, well, he knew what was happening, and he says, no, I didn't. I didn't have any idea what was happening. So this whole thing is just a boiling pot up there. So when I say George Washington Bridge, yeah. it really does refer to a specific problem. So, and, and I'm saying a trial. There is, a, there is not a trial. They're, they're doing testimony right. as uh, as a result of this, it's not a trial. But if it doesn't go to trial, I don't know who will. But wow, it it was a wicked thing to do. It, it was really was a wicked thing. It to was do. stupid. I mean, it, it it was stupid, yeah. and it it put people's lives in danger. And uh, you, you just you just don't do that for joking. Yeah, about. it's hurting it's hurting the citizens, and you're not supposed to. It, That's exactly it, right. It wasn't. It wasn't. Nothing to do with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just had not. nothing to do with the mayor. Had everything to do with the people yeah. who were caught in this. It, it was just a horrible mess. It was horrible. It, the, the, they were absolute standstill. They couldn't even get emergency vehicles on the bridge. Shame on you guys. Stupid. Like Patricia would say. Stupid. You do yeah, do do, do stupid. Do do really good New York stupid. Go ahead, Patricia. It's stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. There you go. Nobody says nobody says stupid better than Patricia does. Go ahead, Patricia. There you go. Not on Yesterday USA anyway. <laughs> I'm the only one who can say stupid like this on Yesterday USA. Yes. Patricia okay. Patricia has a trademark on that. <laughs> yes, it is. It is indeed. Okay, we have Stump Walden. Uh -huh. We have a brain teaser, a colonial question. Ah, uh, your presidential question, a uh, presidential quote, a first lady question or quote, and in this case, it is a question, and then we have your baseball question. 
we have the full array. It can be exciting next year to see what Patricia adds to the kettle of fish, you know? I mean, every year, seeing what she adds a new category. Yep, I'm looking forward to what 2017 will bring. Okay. I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go with the brain teacher tonight. Geography. Oh, my gosh. Are you going to... I promised that months ago, and and I told you I get the first question. You're going to ask me where New York City is. Yes. And I was going to ask you where France was or Paris or some stupid thing like that. Okay. That was as far as we got. That will be that will be good. You can work work on geography together next year. That will be good. Listen, that will make Ed happy. That's true. This is his... Uh, I'm going to say this incorrectly. We use the word forte, mm-hmm. and that's not the correct pronunciation. The correct pronunciation is fort. I always t- I stupid. always heard it forte. Yes, everybody does. Yeah. It ends in an E, but the correct pronunciation is fort. And I did not know that until two years ago. And why I know it, I have no idea. <laughs> 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 well, let's, let's stick with forte. No, that, yeah. that is... His business, that is, his... Specialty. Uh, yes, it's, it's what he does. So having mm. someone who scratches her head and says, I think Maine is in this country, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, must be very frustrating. Uh-huh. He'll teach me. He'll teach me. I know uh-huh. he will. Okay, which one would you like first? My brain teaser, please. Your brain teaser. What do pandas have that no other animal has? The name Panda? Well, that's, that's not too far off. <laughs> but that's true. That's, um, no, that, that's not the answer I'm looking for, but that was very good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really good. Let's see. What do pandas, what do pandas have that no other animals have? I'm remembering what a panda looked like. I've had panda teddy bears. Um, well, I'm going to tell you, you were darn close with mm. your first answer. Yeah. I don't know. That, all right, you got me, my dear. All right, well, you said what I said, what do pandas mm-hmm. have that no other animal has? And you said the name panda. panda right. And the answer I'm looking for is the only thing pandas have that no other animal has is baby pandas. Oh, that's pretty that's cute. cute. That's very and good. You were, so, you were very close. Very I'm going good. to give you credit for that one. Partial. You, you, came, you came in under the radar on Partial. that one. Partial, yeah. Okay, what, what's next? What, 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 what? My baseball question, please, considering this is the playoff okay. week. Yeah. Uh, um, okay, well, this is something I have to work on here. Hold on just a minute. Do not go away. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's Patricia from Florida. Send her an email this week. See how she's doing with her sit-up exercises, you know, sitting on the floor. <laughs> and you can send her an email at floridawriter at hotmail.com. She says she, her goal this week is five. So, so we, we, we want to see she gets to five by next Saturday. On October the 15th at 10.30. And we'll see how she does. You know, that oh, yeah. that will be the oh, goal. Yeah. That will be and, the hot topic of the family. Yes, and if I fail in my mission tonight, 
fail in the sense that I cannot complete the exercise that I'm supposed to be able to do. Somebody, please press your ear to the window and see if I'm yelping (laughs) and call for help. I'll be on the floor. I've fallen and I can't get up. Um, I've got this really great piece of information. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm banking on you're knowing the answer because I forgot to put it in here. Okay. <laughs> That's a good way to do it. All right. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It is. Okay. This was October 8th, 1956. In a World Series game. Don, when Don Larson picked the perfect game? Thank you. Is okay. that who it was? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, I looked at this and I thought, what a great piece of information. Yes. He pitched the end, it is, tell me if this is correct, because this is what I pulled in mm-hmm. today, the only perfect game ever in World Series history. Absolutely. Very that good, Patricia. Yeah. Oh, that, well. Oh, great, great question. Great question. Yeah. I'm so glad you knew the answer. <laughs> <laughs> because, because if you said, I don't know, I'd have to say, neither do I. <laughs> okay, what else? Uh, my colonial question, please. Your colonial question. We have, I believe we have a couple for them. Let's see. Your co- no, only one. Okay. Approximately half the passengers died in, uh, passengers meaning on the Mayflower, right. died in the first winter in Plymouth. Yeah. How many died in the second winter? Ooh. Let's say none. That is correct. Wow. Not one. Had a milder winter. They knew how to plant goodies, yeah. and they had stored away some food. Now, there was, there's a sentence in here mm-hmm. that I, set as, I should have set aside for Celeste. It said, the 86 pilgrims, that, that, was, that was the number left in the colony. Right. And when the next winter rolled around and said... The 86 pilgrims survived without any deaths. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my mom read this gigantic book on on the pilgrims here mm-hmm. twice. It's a big, bold book. You know what okay. they did by the third winter? That what they, they, they tried something the first two years, and they realized it was not successful, so they dumped it and went to a different system. Oh, gosh. And I do remember yep. that. Oh, they were they they went from a communal system to an individual. Correct. It was, it, it was a communal. Yep. Somebody grew the beets. Somebody grew the corn. Right. They did. Helped build the houses. Yes. Yep. They went with. Like they went to a colonial yep. system, and they realized that just was not working. They were having hunger issues and everything else. So mm-hmm. by the third system, by the third year, that's when they gave everybody their own piece of land, and, and it worked yep. out for them. It became a capitalist society. Yep. And that was good. This sentence, the way it was written, though, we had 86 survived. All 86 survived without any deaths. Well, doesn't that make sense? Yeah. Duh. Duh. Celeste must surely be night-night now. I'll save that for Oh, me. no. He, turns, he leaves it on all night long. <gasps> really? Yeah. So she might have heard my magic sentence? Here. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll check with her next Yeah. Time. Okay, yeah. what? 
What's next? Uh, the first lady question. Your first lady question is, hold on. Yeah, so, so what's the, he likes to leave in the, uh, he likes leaving the computer on all night long. So I, I, yeah, I, so I guess Dan does that. I think a lot of people yeah. actually have it on in the background. And you know what? I think that's pretty nice thought considering, I think that's one of the beautiful mm -hmm. things about radio. It's a very intimate thing about hearing voices. Yeah. I agree. And we're non-intrusive. Mm -hmm. We don't say any bad words. At least I haven't yet. Um, you're doing very well about you're, you're doing very well about that. Fred, Fred's been teaching you very well about that. I'm I'm proud of you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, we've got a first lady question. <laughs> All right. Whose whose father? This is a first lady. Which first lady's father was known as Blackjack? Hmm. I've never heard this one. This is good. Um, Mamie Eisenhower. Mamie? Mm hmm. Mamie Well, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's an all purpose name, isn't it? Right. In, in his case, it was pretty specific. Hmm. No, it was I'm sorry. No, it wasn't Mimi. Pat Nixon. Was Jacqueline Kennedy. No kidding. I never knew that. Yes. She was born Jacqueline Lee Bouvier mm -hmm. in East Hampton, New York. Very upscale family. Her father was John Bouvier Third, and he was known as Blackjack. He was a stockbroker, a playboy wealthy, and wound up divorced. Wow. He was called Blackjack. Wow. Never knew that, my dear. I never did either. Never did either. Very I, colorful family. I live. I learn a lot from you. <laughs> I learn a lot when I have to look this stuff up for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wish I could sit here and say, oh, I knew that. <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> okay. My presidential quote. Oh, this is good. This is good. I've got several. You think we're gonna? You think we're gonna get any any new quotes on Sunday night? On Sunday night? Uh huh. New quotes from a president? Well, it's our new. It's our next debate. Oh, oh, of course, and I've even got it on the calendar. Okay, okay. Well, I suppose I have to take notes for both of them. Yeah, I guess so. These yes. I'm not looking up for one of them. This week. <laughs> Uh, but but I'm wonder, I'm wondering I'm wondering if we're gonna get any new quotes on Sunday night to add to Patricia Hurst. What do you think? Well, I, I'm going. That's what I said. I'm going to have to take notes on both of uh -huh. them, and whichever one, then I'll I'll be covered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! What an embarrassment. Okay. Oh, your presidential quote. Oh, oh, oh. Last week, I'll just I make one. I don't think George Washington would have necessarily be in this predicament that this, that, that we're seeing in this current cycle. That's all I, I want. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I 
don't think so. <laughs> it is just getting worse and worse and worse. Oh, my. Uh, oh, my. John McCain yanked his, uh, his endorsement. Yeah. Oh, well. I, I'm really surprised he gave it after, yeah. you know, they, well, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but anyway, okay, this is from last week. Remember I mentioned that one of the presidents, and it was President Nixon, who said the worst thing you can be is boring? Yes. And I do have the correct quote. It appeared in Time magazine in 1996. Uh and it said in the in quotes, Richard Nixon used to say that it didn't much matter if a politician was loved or hated, so long as he commanded attention. The worst sin in politics, he said, and that's a quote, the worst sin mm-hmm. in politics is being boring. So F- I wanted to make sure that I put that in the proper context. I was pretty close. Very good. These are very good. Uh, uh, that was the quote in Time magazine. Oh, right. I don't know about that. The worst sin in politics is being boring. We haven't had to worry about that for a long time, no, have we? No, uh, uh, not this year. Not, well, certainly not this year. <laughs> 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 My goodness. Okay, we have a real quote this time. If one morning I walked on top of the water across the Potomac River, the headline that afternoon would read, President Can't Swim. Uh, well, the guy who used to do the skinny dipping, John Quincy Adams. Let's go with John Quincy Adams. Was not John Quincy Adams. Mm. I thought this was pretty good. If I walked on water, mm-hmm. they'd, tell, they'd, they'd print that I couldn't swim. That was good. Yeah. That was good. I don't know. Let's go with Jimmy Carter. Let's go with Lyndon Johnson. No kidding. Wow. No kidding. That really surprised me. Wow. You know, I know the guy had a sense of humor, but yeah, it, it doesn't usually come out in in such good ways. Mm-mm. Okay, what else? Let's see here. We're down to my stump volume, my presidential question. Anything else? Is it, are we still two categories? Uh, we've got your stump volume and your presidential question. Okay, my yeah. score was presidential. Your presidential question. Who was the only president to have studied to be a medical doctor? Oh... You are so hot on this. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna bug me because I think I've, I think I've heard it and forgot it. Um. I may have mentioned it once. Yeah, you could have. Years ago. You could have. I think I'm in the right time frame, but I'm probably gonna miss. Um, let me just give it a little more thought. Let's go with Rutherford B. Hague. William Henry Harrison. Yeah, I, it was one of the ones I would think. Uh, one, yeah, yeah, okay. You were, yeah. You were in that little booth yeah. area. area yeah. yeah, And he did not, of course, complete no. medical school, but he was the only one who studied medicine. Which is kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got, we have everything covered. Okay, so now we've got your Stump. drum roll. Stump, Stump Walden! I know I've got you on this one. I know it. I know it in my heart. In oh, my heart. all right. Who was Captain Midnight's arch enemy? Ivan Shark. 
oh my gosh, you got it. I don't believe yeah. it. Yeah. I, I was in. Oh, when I got over to the kids, I thought. He was an honorary. Jack Armstrong. How come you knew this answer? Well, he was an honorary Spurback member. His name is Boris Applin, who played Ivan Shark. And what is one of fun interview we should probably play it out on the Spurvac show. Right now we're playing a Sherlock Holmes starring the guy who played Jack Armstrong, uh Charles Flynn who's playing uh Dr. Watson and then oh my. and then Boris Apple who was Ivan Shark playing uh Sherlock Holmes. And so that's what we're running in, in this in this cycle right now. Well I think before I, I create any additional questions I would like very much to have a complete program of what you're working on. <laughs> Everyone who's in the pioneer group. <laughs> this is great. You you did extremely well. All right, well, let me ask you a follow-up question. Hmm. Captain Midnight was the nickname and then the undercover name for our, our an ace flyer. Yeah. What was... What was his original name? Was it Red Albright? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you just—you are just over the top tonight. And Ivan yes. Shaw had a daughter. Her daughter's name was Fury. Fury, yes, very good. And Chuck, uh, Chuck Ramsey with the young young man on the uh, mm -hmm. group, pa Patsy Davidson, later Joy, Joyce Jordan, Joyce. <sighs> Remember Patsy? I don't remember Joyce. 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 In, in the forties. In the forties, mm -hmm. they went with a different gal. Who, ironically, by the time she was Joyce, she was a widow twice, because he lost husband with airplane crashes or something. Oh, oh my. Joyce. And I can't think of it. Or maybe one of them, at least. Yeah. And maybe an one. Aviator. Yeah, and that was uh. Tinker? No. Um. Oh, I can't think of it at the moment, but, you know, but, Ichabog. Ichabog? No. Icky. Icky. His nickname is Icky, and I'm trying to think what it stands for. Can't think of it at the moment. Oh, well. Ichabod was in Sleepy Hollow. Right. Ichabod Crane. Right, but I think, Icky is what they nickname him, I think, the, 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 the mechanic. I remember coming across that icky yeah. name today. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I if can't help you. That's you okay. Know. Well, the next time you go to Captain Midnight Wikipedia page, you'll be all with it there. Just for me. That's right. Look it up, Walden. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you. I got you. Uh -huh. Okay, well, I'm finished. All right. What I'm going to do, I'm going to play one song of Perry Como. That way, give people the chance to stand up and stretch. And let Patricia turn on the computer, and that way we'll hear. And then after that, we're going to hear the interview that I just did with Joe Syracuse, Spice Jones drummer. It runs 35 minutes, so so we'll play a song. That way, it gets Patricia time to get ready to have a cup of I coffee. Can do that. I can do everything. My coffee's in the microwave and Perfect. everything. All right, my dear. Get some sleep, and I'll talk to you this week a bit. Right. Good night, everybody. Thank you for being with us. I had a great time tonight. It was super. Good night, Walden. Good night, Patricia. All right, everybody. Let's just throw a little music in here with Perry Como, and then we'll get ready.
Forget the moment we kissed the night of the hayride. The way that we hugged to try to keep warm while taking the sleigh ride. Magic moments, memories we've been sharing. Magic moments when two hearts are caring. Time can't erase the memory of these magic moments filled with love. The telephone call that tied up the line for hours and hours. The Saturday dance, I got up the nerve to send you some flowers. Magic moments, memories we've been sharing. Magic moments, when two hearts are The time that the floor fell out of my car when I put the clutch down. The penny arcade, the games that we played, the fun and the prizes. The Halloween hop when everyone came in funny disguises. Magic moments filled with love. And after I call more, sir, pray I do, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity and being here. But this wonderful country we're in, help us choose the right leader, help our allies, look over the Middle East, put your loving arms around everybody out there, help the country of Israel. We are this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Alright, I interviewed Joe Syracuse this past Monday, so that's what you're going to hear. He's 94, drummer for the Spike Jones Band, and he had a little... Speedback issue with the speaker phone, so please don't mind that. Here we go. Jaws professional, Jaws professional. Windows M to hear the JAWS help topic Windows M Desktop M Micros M My Conference M My Documenter Document One Saturday One Sat One Saturday One Zero Dash Eight Dash Enter Once Joe Syracuse edited One Zero Downloading Jaws Okay Enter One Sat 
Hi everybody, I'm Wong Shoes, and I have a gentleman on the line who uh, had a wonderful career with Spike Jones, Joe Syracuse. Thank you for being on the show with us today. My my pleasure. <laughs> did you always want to play the drums? Was that something you did as a child? I played yes since I was uh, maybe about six years old. In fact, when I was about twelve years old, I. Uh, well, first of all, my family's come from my, I come from a family of musicians. Okay. My grandfather was a musician in Italy, a concert musician. My father was a concert musician with the Buffalo Bill Circus Band, and then he was a concert musician in Cleveland, Ohio, where I was born. And so I've been exposed to music all my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was 11, about 11 years old, I wanted to do something musically and entertaining. And I had a washboard with... Uh, two tin cans in front of me, and a frying pan, and a kazoo on the washboard. <laughs> and I had my, I had a friend of mine play uh, uh, a drumstick, a, a broomstick on a chair, and I had my cousin play on a, a, a jug. And the three of us were used to, to play and try and do funny music. So I've been playing <laughs> funny music almost all my life, but I, I got into the in the concert field, playing legitimate music, too, uh, ever since I was 11 years old. So, not, necessarily the, not necessarily in the drums, though. <laughs> I've been through the clarinet, the trumpet, the French horn, and the string bass, and I always wanted to play the drums, so in high school, I ended up with the drums. Hmm. So did you play with your dad in, in the circus band, or did, what did you... No, not, oh, not in the circus band. I, was, I wasn't born yet. Okay. But I did play with him in the concert band in Cleveland, Ohio. I finally played in the, in the parade with him because I was still in high school, and uh, they, they were concert musicians, union musicians, and I was kind of young. But I finally got to play with my father in the concert band, the marching band in Cleveland, Ohio. So in high school, when you picked up the drum, did, was, there, was there a high school band? What, what kind of band? Yes. We had a, uh-huh. a tremendous, we had a fantastic uh, teacher, music teacher, band director, teacher in John Adams High School in Cleveland, Ohio. We had a championship high school band, national championship, and a national championship orchestra, all because of Mr. Wessler, Amos G. Wessler, who was a teacher. And he's the one who uh, was my uh, my sponsor since junior high school in all the other instruments, and he kept uh, getting me to play, tried to get me to play other instruments that were needed in the band and the orchestra. But I always said I wanted to play the drums. So in senior high school, he said, okay, Joe, go play the drums. Get back there and play the drums. And I started playing the drums, and after about a, a, one semester, I was the head of the drum department in, in the school, and in that later year, I won a, a second na- second division national contest in drums in the high school band contest. What would they have the contest? Would they be in New York? Where, where would you guys go to oh, No, we were in Cleveland, uh-huh. and we went. The, the, our national contest was Elkhart, Indiana. Oh. We went through on the train. We went there the train there, and it's the first time a lot of us kids travel. With a high, you know, just with a high school band, mm-hmm. and we were in Elkhart, Indiana, and uh, our high school band won an award there, and it was just uh, amazing. And I ended up finally ended up in Cleveland, 
playing in the Cleveland Philharmonic Orchestra, which was the next step to the Cleveland Symphony Orchestra. Wow. And I was I was only 17 years old when I was 17 years old, and Mr. Wessler was in charge of the public school music, and he hired me during the summer vacation to teach the drums for the Cleveland Board of Education when I was 17 years old. And one of my students won a national award. And uh, we just had a fantastic music department and a fantastic musical life. So, so were you assigned to work for the school district or with that private tutoring or when you were teaching drums? No, when I, was teaching, I was teaching for the Board of Education. Ah, okay. Um, so, so I imagine then you must have a real strong background in classical music then at that time. Yes, yes. I'm still doing it whenever I can. Oh. You remember the very first radio broadcast you might have played on? I'm sorry, the, the you, what? You remember a the first radio broadcast you might have played on? Would it have been with, in Cleveland or uh, like a... Uh, no, I, I can't remember any radio broadcast. We, uh, no, I never got into the radio in anything uh -huh. around Cleveland. No, no. So what happened? Oh, it, was mostly, it, was mostly, it was mostly high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, after the high school, I played little nightclub jobs while I was, while I was teaching and playing with the symphony orchestra. Right. Then my next step, I was drafted in the Army, and uh, through a stroke of only God's blessing, I ended up in, a, in an Army band instead of in going into combat. And what was that? What, what were you stationed with the Army band? I was stationed at, at Fort Bliss, Texas. And uh, I have to tell you the story, how that happened. Yes. I was, I was drafted into the Army, and uh, at, I ended up finally at Camp Wallace, Texas, after going through all our, well, first they, uh, they interview everybody, takes the, they took a test when you get drafted. They give you a, a test, and they took my, my, my grade, and they uh, interviewed me to become an officer, an Army officer. Mm -hmm. And I said I would, could not accept that because I could, I could not accept taking the, the responsibility for a man going into combat and killing people or getting killed himself. So they just dismissed me from any uh, uh, military work. They said, no, and then sorry, we can't have you here. Mm -hmm. So they sent me back into the regular Army, and that's when I finally ended up in the uh, Army band at Camp Wallace, Texas. And while I was at Camp Wallace, Texas, uh, uh, a friend of mine was uh, in the... Uh, with the, my friend from high school, the clarinet player, Joe Giamo, was with the Glenn Miller Band at Fort, uh, Fort Dix, uh, New Jersey, uh, in the uh, Glenn Miller Army Band. And I was at uh, Camp Wallace, Texas. Mm -hmm. And uh, Glenn, the Glenn Miller Band, they were looking for a drummer who could also play uh, symphonic work. And Joe Gimo recommended me to uh, Captain Glenn Miller or whoever ran the outfit, and uh, he said they, they would said they would send for me. So I was so excited. So a couple of weeks later, I got a notification. They told me, "Hey Joe, you just got your shipping orders. Pack up. You're leaving here in a week." So I packed up 
And then next week, I was on the train. That night, I was on the train going out. And I woke up in the morning, and I looked out, and I saw the sun in back of us. And I, we were going west instead of going east. Uh-oh. Of Fort, Fort Dix was at, uh, you know, east at Fort Dix. And I was going west. So I made the, our corporal in charge. I made him open up the sick, the, the secret record, records, of, and they looked at my record and said I was going to Fort Bliss, Texas, instead of Fort Dix. Now, how that got up, mixed up, I will never know. So I ended up at Fort Bliss, Texas, mm-hmm. and uh, I ended up there. Are you there? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I hear some noise. Okay, so I ended up at Fort Bliss, Texas, and... Uh, I didn't. End, I didn't get there in the band immediately. I had all odd jobs there, and I ended up in the uh, uh, brigade headquarters making maps because I had a, an art. Uh, I had a little art talent of drawing, and they they checked me out. So I was drawing maps, and I was so just so disappointed. Then one, one night, I was. Uh, they used to have a. Uh, it, they had a service club, at, like it did at every camp. And on one of the nights, they would have they would play music and play dance music for the uh, the, the uh, all the members of the the, com- the members of the company. They're all the, all the soldiers and the officers at the officers club. They play dance music. So uh, one night, I was I was still working out with the in the brigade headquarters. And then they had me doing things like uh, guard duty and things like that. And they even had me playing the bugle because they could play the bugle. But uh, I still wasn't playing in the band. I was just doing that separately. So I talked to my officer one day. He said, you ought to go see the chaplain, see, you know, because I was so unhappy and griping about everything. So I took a walk that night up to the chaplain's office, and we had a talk, and we prayed together. And he prayed for me. So on the way back to my headquarters, I heard the music, and I heard the music. It was coming from the service club. I had never been there because that's where people went to dance and drink and help, and, and I didn't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went to the service club, and there they had this dance band playing for the uh, officers and the soldiers to dance. And uh, I went over, and I introduced myself to the drummer in the band. Tom, Tom Seish was his name. And we got to talking. He says, hey, Joe, Joe, you play the drums, huh? I said, yeah. He says, would you like to sit in for one number? I said, I sure would. So I sat in for a number while the band was playing. And uh, he came back to me later. He said, hey, Joe, would you like to join the band? I said, would I? Oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. So Tom Seach made arrangements for me to come and audition to the, with the warrant officer for the band. And I passed, I passed the audition, and I got into the band. And that's how I got into the band at Fort Bliss, Texas. Now, the, in Fort Bliss, Texas, they had uh, the big band, the concert band, and then they had the dance band. They had two dance bands. So I got to be the drummer in one of the dance bands. And we used to play the officers' club and the NCO club. And uh, I always had a, a flair for comedy and showmanship. So the dance band uh, the, the, was headed by a vocalist, a professional vocalist named Ralph Young. And we used to play officers' clubs and stuff, 
and I was with the band, and I was probably a little bored. So uh, one time we were playing at the officers' club, and I went up off the stage, and I put on uh, a, a fake wig with a. I used the uh, a mop, one GI mop, put over my head like a wig, and I came out. I rolled my my spikes up so to show my bare legs, and I put a maracas in my blouse, and I walked out into the, the while they were playing, and I had made the arrangements with our ranger and Ralph. I walked out and I sang "Pistol Packing Mama" with the with the, the with the maracas in my breast and my bare legs, and did a dance with Ralph where I put my hand in the butt. We danced, and the people they, they were flipping. They loved it. So what I got to do is start doing more comedy every time I come up with a funny, funny gag. And uh, there was the band, and we got to be known as an entertaining band as well as a dance band. And I was having fun. In the meantime, uh, in the uh, over this loudspeaker system at the camp, they used to play music for you know for to entertain the all the all the uh, all the soldiers. And they started playing Spike Jones records. That's when he came out with the Furious Face. How? How? Right in the Furious Face. And he started doing other records. And they were playing all of his records over the loudspeaker system at the, at the camp. And I started listening to him. And every time I hear the record, I go get up, sit at my drums, and I play along with them. Because that's my style of music. I love entertaining that way. So it, it worked out nice. I, I memorized a lot of Spike Jones fan, uh, songs just by listening to them. So then it uh, things the way things worked out, a lot of things happened. The war, the Japanese came in, bombed uh, Pearl Harbor, and, and so many things happened. And so we were at war with Japan, and it finally came to the point where our band was scheduled to leave the camp because we'd been there a long time, and it would be replaced with another band that had been overseas. So we were scheduled to go to uh, New Guinea, now, when we got to New Guinea, we were no longer musicians. We became uh, litter bearers with the uh, medics. Yeah. So yeah. W- here we are going into the ocean and worry about being uh, you know, uh, bombed by the Japanese and the submarines, and we're on our way over. And that's when President Truman dropped the bomb on Hiroshima, and that's when the war with Japan ended. And instead of us going to uh, New Guinea, we went to uh, the Philippine Islands, to Manila, and we became the entertaining band at Manila for the troops and the officers. And I, that's when we did more and more entertaining. And uh, I met the, the, some musicians, and we had our band on one side of the camp, and they had a all-black band on the other side of the camp, and our boys... Would, some of our boys from Texas wouldn't mix with them. But I never thought about that. I went over and I became good friends with all the members of the black band, which I'll tell you about later. Sure. So in the meantime, uh, I finally get many years and I get discharged from the Army and I go home and I start playing with the, uh, the concert uh, orchestra and uh, some little side jobs. And I was getting a little bored after everything I was doing with the... Uh, uh, the band and the army entertaining all those people. So in the meantime, I became such a fan of Spike Jones. Everyone said, Joe, you should be with Spike Jones. I said, yeah, sure. 
he's he's in Hollywood. <laughs> I'm in Cleveland. So they said, well, you know, think about it. So I talked to my wife about it, of course, my greatest supporter and lover, my dear wife, Eleanor, and her, her, her three children, our two children at that time, our two girls. And uh, I said, how, how could I ever go to Hollywood? So I sat down one day and I wrote a letter and I composed a letter to Spike Jones, Carol. Oh, I'm sorry. The way it happened, uh, we got a, our daily newspaper came out and said Spike Jones was doing a picture at Paramount Studios called Variety Girl. So I said, "Oh, wow, Spike Jones." So I sat down and I composed a letter to Spike Jones, care of Paramount Studios, Hollywood, California. Are you there? I sure am. You're doing great. Okay. So now, what are the what are the odds? of a letter like that getting to Hollywood, Hollywood, California. Wow. And what are the odds it would get to Paramount Studio? Right. And what are the odds it would get to Spike Jones? Right. Well, I just forgot about it. And a day later, a couple of days later, I get a letter. Are you there? I am. I, am. I, I get a, car- a caricature card from Spike Jones telling me he should be at, uh, they're going to be playing in Cleveland, Ohio on a certain date, and he's anxious to see me and meet me. Now, what are the odds that he would answer that letter? So I couldn't wait. They had this date coming up in Cleveland, and he ends up coming to the Palace Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. And to make a long story, well, I can't make it too short, <clears throat> I finally made arrangements after a couple, a couple efforts and I got to go backstage to meet Spike Jones. And uh, I went backstage, and uh, he says, Joe, he said, I got your letter. I was really impressed. He says, uh, what, is it, what is it that you do? So I said, well, I'll tell you. And I stood up, and I said, I'm the sheikh of ever be. You should be with me. I'm the, no, I'm the sheikh of ever be. All the women worship me. You should sit and follow me account. I'm the chick of all chicks and the best of all chicks and the best of the, and I did the whole spike I did the whole chick of everybody like congregation to end up and Spike turned around his office to his manager and said, Hey but Bruce, he said, We got somebody to take Red Eagle Red Eagle's place. Their star who did that all that that fancy music and the, the vocals was leaving the band. Wow. And they were looking for somebody to replace him. So I said uh, I was so thrilled he, that he even thought about that. So he says, well, Joey said, the trouble is, he says, we're going on this tour, and I have a drummer for the, the right tour. And he says, besides, I can't hire anybody unless they belong to the local in Los Angeles. So I said, well, I, uh, all fine. I just said, what if I go to Los Angeles and join the local? He says, well, here's my number. He said, when you get to Los Angeles, go see my, my wife. And leave, get your number, and I'll uh, let me know where I get in touch with you. So he left. Now, what do I do to go to Los Angeles? Are you still there? I sure am. I sure am. Are you bored? No way. No way. Okay. So I again to make some long story short. I go to Los Angeles, and my friend of mine, Paul Bernardo, who was a saxophone player, he and his family had already moved to California. And again, what are the odds? So I, I called and talked to them. They said I could come and live there in, uh, 
in, in their home up in the valley, in the valley. So they uh, they said I should meet them. They gave me the number where I should meet them in Hollywood. So I finally got on the on the the uh, the El Capitan train. We didn't fly those days. I went to Chicago, got on the El Capitan train, went to uh, got off of Los Angeles at the uh, the the the, the station, and I walked to where my friend had gave me his address to go and pick to meet him. And his address was on 3rd and Main Street. They had a bar, a beer and wine bar on 3rd and Main in Hollywood, in, the, in Los Angeles, California. So I get off the, the train, pick up my bag, and start going down there. And here I am on Main Street. I couldn't believe it. All the drunks on the thing, the, the guys falling all over each other. And, oh, that was Main Street, you know, of, of Hollywood. Of, California. So anyway, I end up working in the bar, uh, taking, helping his brother and uh, my friend Paul and his brother Joe, helping them, helping them run the bar. And when they needed help, I went in as a night manager and bouncer. I had just gotten out of the army when I was, but I used to lift weights in the army and teach bodybuilding, and I was in good shape. So I became the, the manager of the nightclub. And uh, to make another long story short. Spike finally came back to town, and uh, I met him, and I went and to played my first job with him at, as an audition. And the first night I played with him, and, uh, he just started a new uh, company for himself called uh, Arena Stars. And he had a, a new manager, and they had their own company, and they were booking the, the band all over the country. And they were starting a new tour, and they needed some new people. He wanted to get rid of the guys as a band who were drinkers and uh, who missed the jobs and who weren't capable. So he's looking for new help in many areas. So I got to meet him, and I, I arranged for uh, an audition for him. I rehearsed with the band and arranged for audition. They were going to go out on a, a one-month tour and, as a break-in for the new uh, show, and playing, no longer playing nightclubs, now they're playing the arenas, the big arenas and auditoriums, and uh, this was a breaking in a whole new uh, method of, of entertainment. So I got in uh, with the band, and I rehearsed with them, and uh, for for one month, Spike said, well, Joey said, I'm going to hire you for one month for an audition. He says, um, I'll pay you $125 a, a month, he says, if you make the audition, I'll make it 200 Now, in those days, that was a lot of money. So I said, okay, so I'm going to go out on a 30-day audition. So we got to, uh, uh, oh, got to North Dakota, and we played our first night. And I, the first night with the band, uh, oh, I'm sorry, the first night with the band, Spike stopped the band after the show says, Joe, at the first night, he says, you got the job, you got the raise, because I played this music, that Spike Jones music, like it was never played before and hasn't been played since. I played it real hard. I followed George Rock on the trumpet, and we set up a whole new uh, uh, routine and rhythm for the band, and I started doing more comedy stuff. I started uh, building props for him, writing new material, and I was with him for six years, one of the, the six most prolific years in my life.
and that's how I got with the Spice Jones band. Uh, was there a favorite place to play of those six years that you guys really enjoyed? I'm sorry? Did you have a favorite place that you guys like to play at? Well, no, but we did have a, we were doing one night stands mostly all over the country. Uh, Spike had, uh, had his own train, a train, two, two Pullman cars and a baggage car and a coal car. And we would get in the train and we each had a berth, assigned the berth. We would get the berth, go to sleep, wake up the next morning in the next town. We had our, our own stagehand, electrician and prop men. They would get off and go to the auditorium, set up all the equipment. We would go out and have dinner, whatever, come back, play the show. After the show, get back in the train and go to the next town. In 131 nights, we played 125 towns. We played every, eventually, we played every state in the Union. We played Hawaii before it was a state. But the most important thing is we played for President Truman. We were chosen by the, uh, the, the Washington Press Association as the Outstanders Entertainers of the Year, and we were assigned to entertain President Truman. And we played for President Truman. We each met him personally. He shook our hands, and we each got a, a, medal, a, a medal engraved by President Truman with our name on it. And that was the most exciting night with the band, I think. Wow. So with that kind of schedule, you guys did not really rehearse too often. I'm sorry? With that kind of schedule, you guys did not have that, that much time to rehearse. Oh, no. We, once we rehearsed the show, we, you know, we memorized the whole show. And we did, the same sh we did the same show every night. Just repeated the same show. So we didn't have to rehearse anymore. Mm. We were doing the same show. Did you have a good friend on the band? Who were some of your friends with the band? Oh, they're all my friends. Uh, Earl Bennett, who was Sir Frederick Gass, uh -huh. who played the twig like a violin and had the bushy hair, and I made some props for him. Then Roger Donnelly, the bass player, was my friend. He became my compadre. I was the godfather of his daughter. And uh, all, we all became like a family, all of us. We used to meet uh, for the holiday. I had... I had the whole band come to my house for the holiday. My wife made lasagna and for the whole band for the Christmas holiday. And they met at my house. And it was just a fantastic. We used to meet like that. We became family. And we used to meet with them all the time. And in the meantime, Spike met Helen Graco. And uh, they got married eventually. And she became part of the group. And it was a whole, really like a whole family uh, outing all the time. Uh, and occasionally, I know during the radio broadcast at, at that time, Spike would have a, a movie star or somebody on the show. Oh, yes. You guys, you remember anything that stands out in your mind with like that? Well, one of the exciting things was uh, we were playing and... Uh, Fred Astaire... Was one was the guest star, and we were playing. And Fred Astaire was standing in the in the, in the wings, watching me. And I said, "Oh, uh, he was one of my favorite entertainers of all time." Yeah. So he was there watching me, 
And after that, we played the number. I said, "Mr. Sarah, is everything okay?" He says, "No, Joe. I just watching your 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 the way you synchronize yourself with your hands, your feet, and the drums. What the job you did." I didn't realize he was a drummer, and when he did the uh, Easter parade, he played a fantastic drum solo with all the drums and the hats and the kicking and stuff. But he was such an inspiration. People were like that, and I, we played for Frank Sinatra. In fact, I tell the story that I substituted the voice for Frank Sinatra. We were doing a radio show, and Frank Sinatra was a guest. And uh, during the show, Spike and Sinatra had a little uh, repartee. They did a couple of jokes to each other. And uh, Spike said something. Uh, no, uh, no, Frank. Frank said something to Spike that was funny. And Spike says, and so Spike tried to top him. And he said, well, what do you think about that, Mr. Sinatra? And Frank was supposed to make a, the, the sound effects, but he couldn't do it. He had to do <laughs> But he couldn't do that. But I did the sound effect for Frank Sinatra. But on the radio, people didn't know who they thought it was him. It was the, the voice. So I always said, <laughs> I replaced the voice for Frank Sinatra. <laughs> so those things like that were just such happy times. We played with such wonderful uh, movie stars and radio stars all those, all those years. So I had six fantastic years of radio, and then when we got into television shows, I I built so many props for the show, and uh, did uh, created new numbers, and it, it was just a wonderful experience. After your days with Spike Jones, what did you what did you go jo after that, Joe? What what was the next step? Well, when a friend of mine that I uh, grew up with in Cleveland, were in, one of my friends was in the animation business as a producer. And uh, I was with Spike for six years, and then uh, we had two daughters, and then my wife became pregnant with our third child, uh -huh. which happened, turned out to be our son. And when he was born, uh, I've been on the road now for six years and been on the road for 11 months at a time, and I ne never had a family, family life. So I said, I think it's about time to try and, you know, retire. So in the meantime, my friends at the studio made me an offer for a job to become a sound of, a music editor and sound effect editor at the at UPA Pictures, where they did were doing the Mr. Magoo cartoons. So I took the job, and I earned my keep there, eventually becoming the uh, supervising film editor, doing music, sound effects, and I even did some voices. And I had some wonderful years there. Then, then we formed format films later on, and uh, uh, then we uh, eventually I ended up doing working on the the first uh, the first Spider-Man show with Stan Lee. We did the, we did the Pink Panther, and I did the music with the people in England, recording music in England for the Pink Panther show with, with Henry Mancini. Oh, and had a wonderful. Time and with I work with we work with Dr. Seuss and I was uh, his sound and music editor with Dr. Seuss. I've got records of all these things that just had a fantastic, beautiful, creative life, and I can't complain. And I'm still doing as much of that as possible. I've retired from the studios, but I'm still doing my music. And I belong to a dance class where I'm the teacher, and I belong to my church, and I have Bible study with the church, and I raise a family of four children and so many grandchildren and great-grandchildren and uh, there's I could go on for years about that. Wow. Any stories about Jim Backus? 
I'm sorry? Any story about Jim Backus? Oh, Jim, yeah. Well, Jim did the Mr. Magoo series. Yeah. And uh, he was a natural at that. But then uh, he had a, a, a little disagreement with the studio because he thought they weren't paying him enough money. So they, they were going to get rid of him, and they were looking for uh, someone else to do the voice of Mr. Magoo. And my friend that I talked about in the Army, Ralph Young, right. who was a singer, became a, a member of the uh, uh, of a, a, a singing duo, Sandler and Young. But Ralph was also had a great uh, uh, could do voices and had a great sense of humor. So I recommended Ralph do the Mr. Magoo voice. And when Jim Baggins heard about that, he said, "Forget it." He went back and got the old salary. He didn't want to lose the job. So, but, so we he played the rest of the series. Uh, so the music you do today is it still from the forties and fifties, Joe? What do you when you do play? What kind of music are you playing today? I play all the time, whenever I can. Wow. But primarily. Primarily, uh, we play, uh, at this point, we've been playing a lot of uh, entertaining music for the, uh, in the senior element. We go, we go to the, the, we've been going to the Jewish home here in the valley. Uh, every month, they have a birthday party for the people that month. And my dear, dear friend, Leo Lyon, the Lyon, the piano player, who's a dear friend, we, he, we and a group of people would go out to the Jewish home and entertain them. And I would do, I would sing and uh, do uh, imitations, and uh, I would imitate tap dancing with my teeth, <laughs> stuff like that. And I, and I did my, <laughs> I did my chicken singing, and we entertained them. And I did the same thing when I go to my dance class every Tuesday and Friday. I have a dance class here at the senior center, the other senior center, and I'm the assistant teacher. And I do all the sound effects for the dances. Every time they, every time they do their, they, they do a kick up. I blow my whistle and I play my my bells and I play my castanets. So I keep them happy there, entertaining as much as I can. And I, and I, I even play my harmonica, which I do seriously. And I play my harmonica at church, doing actual hymns, nothing comedy. Wow. But it, wow gives me an opportunity to express myself musically. So uh, I'm keeping active all the time, and uh, the most active thing I have in my life right now, my my son who was born uh, in 1952 when I left the band, uh, became my favorite drummer, he, my best student. He was my best student and my associate at the as a film editor at the studio. He became a pastor. He baptized me, and then, recent, then in later years, uh, he and his wife, who were both pastors, were involved in an accident. We lost her, and he suffered brain damage injury in 1952, and has been ill ever since. And I've been having him at home. I've been taking care of him with my family all these years, and he's my main concern and biggest uh, love interest at this point in my life. So it, it has limited to me in many ways, no. but not not forever. You've been doing your good. He's, still with, you, you, he's you, still with me, and I love him and hold him, and I cherish. I thank God for giving me this ability to stay with him all these years. 
You've been doing God's work that way. That's wonderful. Amen to that. Yeah. I, I, thank, I thank God every day. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank well, you for doing this. I really appreciate your time. This has been wonderful for me. Thank you. If I could do anything, any time at all, for a wonderful person like you, it'd be my pleasure. Perfect, Joe. Have a wonderful Thank evening, you. and I will keep in touch. Where Where are you located? I'm down here in Costa Mesa, California. So I'm down oh. here in you know, about a half hour from Disneyland. So I'm down here, down this neck of the woods. So. Uh, and anytime you need to stop by here, I'll show you photographs of all the times I talked about with, this, with all the uh, cartoon people I worked about. Uh, I'll show you my awards, my son's awards. Terrific. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to show you those things in person. Anytime, Tour. give me a call and be my guest. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. We'll, we'll be in touch. Okay. Take care. God bless you. You too. Have a nice day. You too. Bye-bye. And with that, we're going to turn it back to the automation system. We'll talk to you tomorrow, everybody. Jaws Professional, Groove Music, Groove Alt F4, 1 Saturday, 1 0, Alt F4, Yes Button, Alt Tab, Sound Forge Pro 11 Point, Escape, Escape, 0 Point, Enter, 0 Point, Enter, 0 Point, O2, Menu, A, Save as Dialog, File Name, Colon, Sound 1, Edit, to set the value, use the arrow keys or type the value, Alt plus N, File Name, Colon, Edit, Combo, Sound 1, to set the value, use the arrow keys or type S A T U R D A Y N I G A T one zero dash eight dash one six dub I T eight P A T R I C I A Save as type save but enter data window type and text zero point oh two nine seconds. Jaws Professional plus one three three four eight zero Alt F four Alt Tab Skype trademark left right Alt F four plus one three three four eight Alt F four Windows M S S C K S Sound for Enter User Account Y